and sometimes autocorrect, just needs to sit down. Mm-hmm. Like you're writing a real word that's just not a common word, and autocorrect's like, oh, you can't possibly be saying that word. Here, let me change it. I'm like, no, no, I just have a vocabulary. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> you calling me stupid? <laughs> Look, I didn't just guy to duck himself. I know what I typed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The best part is when I'm like, am I misspelling it? And then I erase what autocorrect did, and I type it back in, and it doesn't have the red line underneath. And I'm just like, you... What the f*** is going on down there? Okay. Holy I just, sh- <laughs> I just saw it. I didn't make it. No, I that's mean... Some of that, uh, that's like that YouTube thing we were looking at. The, uh... You know, those, those, those technology engineering pitches that make absolutely no sense. Yeah. Oh, Dahirin shot. <laughs> yeah, Dahirin shot. This looks like some Dahirin shot. <laughs> oh, you had to say that word. Oh. There <laughs> <laughs> up my mouth a little bit. Flashbacks! Like we should say we never we, should, we never did that. We never sat him down with like the real like <sighs> painful videos. I didn't want to hear him like die. It's just I was just sitting there and I'm like, man, it would be weird to hear my friends like brain liquefy. <laughs> hear the spirit leave my corpse. <laughs> just like the these indeterminate noises of anger. <laughs> I uh I just I really like the artful placement. Not just of the obvious thing, which is the VTOL things and the rotors, but the ducted fans the, versus the rotors. Well, also then the other wings under the VTOL things that are under the rotors. Yeah. Uh huh. And then, like, so I mean, some helicopters do have that. That generally those are used like more as stores. Let me look up. I mean, I've seen helicopters in toys even with little yeah. winglets that got um, missiles. Yeah, so actually, like that Battlehawk, those wings are actually also designed to give lift because they put a lot of extra weight on that thing. So, mm-hmm. like, they do intend to have it give lift when in forward flight. So you just got to add some VTOLs on top of that to have it be like a hot war helicopter, as you <laughs> yeah. can see on the propellers there. Uh, would In a real helicopter, would you write the, the word war on each propeller blade? Probably not. Okay, okay. What about the rainbow spiral on the top of the rotor? I mean, maybe. Like, if that's a... Um, oh, shoot. What is it? The uh, Kiowa? I'm imagining you making eye contact with both of us and both of us yes. just staring back. Like, so, why are the, you? <laughs> the Bell Kiowa is... Uh, that's another one. I'm going to copy and paste over here. Okay. Thank uh, you, Panda Chronic on Twitter. Uh... I mean that has What a... is that thing on the top of that helicopter? That is a a um an, an intel pod. It looks like it makes so, beep boop noises. So the the idea is isn't you that could the thing, isn't that the thing that we're scouting Hoth with in Empire? A little bit, yeah. Um so those are um sometimes they're they're radar dome, sometimes they're just like IR and vision cameras, but the idea is you can be flying below treetops and have just the the dome thing pop up over top of it and get a look. 
It's like beep, 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 just yeah. peeking up over the trees. I bet you if you squeeze at it, it would honk. Yeah. So part of that was a design to go along with attack helicopters where you could also use that thing to, like, laser a target, to designate a target. And then you could have your attack helicopters or jets or whatever then fire a bunch of payload at stuff that maybe it can't see, but the that armed reconnaissance helicopter can. And then when, when people try to shoot at the ray dome, uh, when it pops, like confetti comes out so they know yeah. they hit it. And it makes like one of those horn sounds. <laughs> All right, air horns. No, not an air horn. That's a bit that's a big huh. I'm talking oh. like the, the sad confetti sound. Oh, like the Yeah. It's gotta have that downswing around. Yeah. I'm thinking air horns. I'm thinking I'm thinking uh, you know, the big the big kind of air yeah. horns. Uh Aaron, as I said, welcome to our podcast. Hey, thanks. With our, our excellent opening topic. Uh TJ, thank you for providing uh that uh, conversation starter of an image. Oh, anytime. Like I knew that would immediately be just the perfect thing to show my friends i also like the thing that's partly in view behind it the package of a, a dart board uh, uh some kind of plastic semi-automatic rifle and a rubber duck <laughs> i'm thinking that's some sort of target shoot game thing none of those things go together though <laughs> well the, the... oh no that's that's the idea of like everything i saw at this flea market like every toy was some super like weird chinese hybrid knockoff thing where does the duck go it's a t- it's a different thing it's a different thing you shoot you ain't never been what? out to a farm put cans on a fence have you <laughs> that's not a can that's a duck oh, have anyway. you ever played duck hunt i i have i'm a fake hi tj hello uh, I think I said hi to you already, but I'm just capping off that greetings as we begin another episode of WTF and TFW. We're going to do us uh, just some what we got, some listener questions. We're going to catch up on the summer's listener questions. Um, and I have now logged all the ones from the last month or so. Uh, and guess what? The next listener question on our list that we haven't covered yet was sent in October. So we're actually a lot closer than we thought, well, than I thought uh, we were as far as listener question backlog. So go us. Um before we talk about that, though, we're going to do a little bit of the uh, the good old on-topic what we got this week. I got something on-topic this week that was a normal retail transformer. I'm very proud of myself. Uh, I had to get it from Japan because I've still never seen one here on a normal shelf. But I got that Studio Series Voyager Optimus from the Bumblebee movie, finally. Yeah. Uh, never looked at a video of how it worked because everyone kept telling me about the transformation and it is a very cool transformation. There, There is a thing about it, though. And I, I corroborated one video after the fact. It's Piaw's video. He seemed to have the same problem. The leg transformation is very clever. The tabs that hold the leg transformation together are not as clever. By which I mean they don't really work very well. There's a lot of them. But none of them really work all that well. So his legs don't crumple under him. But the intended locking together that's supposed to happen doesn't really hold together very tightly on mine. Because it's all tab slots, I'm sure I can fix it. But uh, that was a little bit of a buzzkill after this uh, nine months, I think, of buildup ever since people started getting the figure. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, the legs don't actually... The legs kind of studios, mid-tier studio series themselves <laughs> together. I said this on Twitter and someone told me theirs works completely fine, so it might just be a real case-by-case thing. Um 
I don't remember anymore what either of you might have told me about the figure as far as the legs. So I don't know if I'm a special case here or not. Uh, I mean, you're always a special case. It's me. But, um, but no, it's, it's otherwise it's a cool figure. I love the transformation. Um, ho- hopefully I can tighten all the leg tabs so that they lock together satisfyingly. I'm sure the... Uh, there's already, I think, one already out. I'm sure there are more coming, but the sea of upscale knockoffs with minor mold improvements that will come off of that figure um, make me curious to see what they do. He's definitely the next Evasion Prime. Uh, and a very solid figure. Like, I, I recommend him. Uh, just bear in mind the legs might not, like, have that satisfying hand feel. They might be kind of jiggly. Um, but the uh, the rest of it's pretty neat. Uh and I, I did pick up Long Haul, but I haven't opened him yet, so I got nothing to say about him. Um, just trying to think if I forgot anything else. I'm, I just remember I was, I was like, borderline celebrating finally getting a hold of that Voyager Prime for under retail. Uh, it, it took a very long time. Um, but that's about it for my on-topic what I got this week. Other than Transformers TCG cards, I got, you know... Couple, oh, yeah. couple boxes of that Siege 2. Um, aside from the super rares, I'm character complete. Uh, I messed around with an Omega Supreme deck. Uh, and it was it was a real just like dumbass some ping damage in a bunch of blue deck. And even then, that deck was kind of closing games real close. Like, if I, I didn't win most of them. But. Is, is it like it needed some tuning or just it's maybe at best uh, a like a B minus C plus. Definitely needed tuning. Um, aiming okay. for blue in a in a meta that is chock full of black pips, and then not really having a lot of anti pierce stuff in the deck was definitely a huge problem. And even in those situations, it it was astounding to me how close the games were coming because I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm just going to get tranced, and I would kind of get kicked around until Omega Supreme combined, and and I didn't think it was going to be that much of an event, but like. It really is an event when he comes together. It's it's the seven attack and the Pierce four put together, uh, and then if you manage to draw cards, his um, robot mode ability where you drop four cards when he attacks, you wipe the mm-hmm. upgrades off the defender and then deal one damage to all enemies. Like that is a thing, and so I think that if you want to run Omega Supreme, I, I rebuilt the deck. I haven't tried the new one yet. I rebuilt it for more ping damage. And I'm okay. I'm really thinking about throwing in a couple universal network accesses for card draw. Currently, I have Heroic Resolves in there because I had a lot of fun with that card in a draft we were playing a couple weeks ago. Um, and it seems like such a thematic card for Omega Supreme, but I'll, I'm probably going to end up trying out Universal for the card draw. Um, but yeah, and, I, and my super rare was Octone. Uh, friend of the podcast, Ryan Hublot, nice. was running an Octone deck uh, when I was running Omega Supreme. Octone is terrifyingly powerful. Uh, well well beyond what I thought when I looked at him at first. I thought he was kind of cool. Uh, I didn't quite realize that like against Autobots and Decepticons, he is basically uh, eight attack base. Um, and then if you flip to adjust, he also deals a ping damage. It's like, that's ridiculous. Uh, that plus head on collision was brutality. Um, Aaron, what about you? Any, any, any siege to, uh, you've done, you've done some pulling. Have you gotten to play any yet? I, I haven't gotten to play any yet. Um, I'm also character complete minus SRTs plus three sound blasters. I still, yeah, I, I've still not seen one myself. There was there was someone in Toronto looking for one. I don't know anyone in Toronto who's got I, one. 
I I know somebody that has two extras, so yeah. uh, um He seems pretty cool. But he yeah. seems he seems like someone who could become quite a deck. Oh yeah, for sure. Um more so I'm I'm going to reiterate, I think what I said was Siege Two. I really feel that uh like two boxes and then singles is probably the wise way to go, not you know, opening five boxes. Five boxes is for when you um, want to roll like me where you want like multi play sets. Of, of battle mm-hmm. cards, then you then you know four or five for sure over time. Yeah, maybe make one of them packs you're buying to play draft or sealed. <laughs> you know, tune it all yeah. once. Yeah, if, if you yeah if you have other things, um, you know that that that's kind of the better way to do it is to boost your sealed, not sit there with a camera pointing at you. Uh, uh trying to. I would actually say do uh, if you can like two booster sealed's fine, but if you can have like four people together to open a box, doing some uh, yeah. four pack draft. Uh, oh, yeah. is incredibly like I was. A, I was really into draft. Uh, I was. I was really happy with it. I sucked at it, but I, was, <laughs> I didn't know how to draft a deck. I had a horrible, just this n- lousy homunculus of an undying deck that couldn't win. It just would survive until time, which is the antithesis of the entire game. <laughs> yeah, uh, I hated playing it, and everyone who played against it hated playing against it, and it was all my friends. And I was just like, yeah, I can't wait to. To never make this again. <laughs> now I know. Uh, but hopefully you can get in some gameplay. Because um, I want to hear some reports from you as well. In the meantime, Aaron, what about what about on-topic stuff? You got any... Uh... Um, so I don't think that I had talked about uh, Blue Streak before. Uh, the, the not Walmart siege, ex- the red package Blue Streak? Yes, the red package Blue Streak. Yeah. So I saw that whole wave at uh, at Walmart, the Sound Blaster that's just kind of sound wave but a bigger chest. Although maybe I need to go back and buy it now that I got three of the card. Um, he's your, he's your the, SRT. Yeah, the uh, animation colors, Optimus Prime and Megatrons. Um, while those looked okay, uh, it's like it seemed like it was maybe gilding the lily a little bit. After having some of those molds a couple times for other reasons as well, hmm. um, so instead I went with yet another, you know, constant repaint in uh, Blue Streak. Proven and, good mold uh, though. Proven good mold. Yeah, yeah. And this one seems like his fit. Like my Prowl was good on fit. Barricade was good on fit. Blue Streak feels great on fit. Hooray! Like the little like sometimes on. I think it was Prowl. It felt like I had to crack his back a little bit too hard in order to get the top to all line up so it all go together, mm-hmm. right? Uh, my blue streak doesn't need any of that. It just does. Excellent. I, uh, um, I, I, I'm I looking to pick him up uh, to hopefully someday go along with the smoke screen that I, I pre-ordered a million years ago <laughs> that has still never shown up. Uh, yeah. Um, then the other repaint that I got was I picked up, uh, Thundercracker, hmm. um, because I had a $10 coupon that was expiring at Target. You know, and I said, why not? Eh, I'll, I'll do that. And my Thundercrack, this Thundercracker is much better than I think the very first production run of Starscream that I had. Yeah. Um, where he actually comes together and goes together. His chest plate doesn't fall off. Everything seems like, you know, like Starscream had the worst case of 
first run um, issues. That was how I felt with the Rainmaker trio. They all felt way better than my Starscream. Yeah. I don't think I'd go for the trio. And there's a part of me that's thinking, ah, do I go and get the, like, isn't the Amazon exclusive Skywarp? Yeah, he's with in the two guns. He's the worst one though, because he's the one who's like in a very expensive box, and it's expensive because of Battle Masters. Yeah, I, that I already that we already have. The ba- no, yeah. Well, one of them's that, also the, one of the Folden Halfman Battle Masters. Yeah, which, like I forgot. Yeah. I saw that news item where it's like wrong and Singe reviewed, and I'm like Singe, and I'm like, there's another one, <laughs> <laughs> another Folden Halfman Battle Master. Okay, sure. Um, and then the last one that we'll probably want to talk about the most is I got me one of them uh, ape faces. Oh, yeah. Amazon Canada says they're going to ship me one on December 1st. And I have seen a whole lot of people talking about him. I'm going to ask you the big question up front that seems to be a point uh-huh. of contention. It's, uh-huh. It sounds like his white plastic is incredibly variable as far as tactile quality. Yeah, it's a bit further along in the... Um on that, like, a good plastic feel to, like, I'm not going to say, like, KO quality. No, but, like... Um, that I've seen some people talk about, but it it just doesn't have... It, it It's just the property of that, like... Oh, sorry. Of that white plastic. <laughs> when as I, I just, slam like, him against... Ah, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Probably sounds horrible for you. Uh, yes. Um... <laughs> But uh, the digi camo slash mud paint apps can just go away. I'm tired of them already. I have good news for you. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're almost there. <laughs> yeah, Ape Face showed up a couple months too early. They they slathered him. He's like, oh, I thought I was in Earth. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> um, but uh, excellent robot mode. The other two modes getting there. Uh, and getting it right is a little bit difficult, but uh, once you kind of get it finally locked in, they're good, mm-hmm. other than a really strange ape mode, um, just because the way that like his gorilla arms are like out of the back of his robot legs and are weird and long and spindly just look kind of odd from all but like two angles. Mm-hmm. And there's the, but, whole, uh, the whole trickiness of getting him together, too, uh, that I've yeah, seen. Yeah, so it's like he's got a, a panel that has to clip into the sides of certain things, and then his, like, the the chunk that the ape head sits on has a set of tabs that have to lock into, or has a set of slots that have to lock into a different set of tabs, and it's... It's a bit of a feat of, again, the the classic frustration of kind of chasing that gap around and getting, you got to get this. These two things, if you tab them first, you've got better odds of getting these other tabs. It's it's like a whole bunch of things that you kind of, you kind of have to tab like six things Mm. in one motion. Yeah, I was going to say. To get it to go very well. um, Camzilla51 on Twitter, Cam, your local Toy Hacks man, has an excellent thread because he has an ape face who comes together beautifully. So he took close-up photos of what everything looks like on an ape face beast mode where it's holding together, right? And Mm -hmm. as far as I can tell, that has been helping a ton of people out. (laughs) 
so if you look up Camzilla yeah. 51 Ape Face, there should be a thread that should have a lot of retweets on it and faves. So uh, hit that up. If uh, you out there have an ape face and are getting confused, I am probably going to need to do that myself because it sounds like the story I've had with a lot of Transformers this year of like, this is a great idea and the tabs don't work. Uh, yeah. And it's a thing that's just kind of frustrating because, you know, it's the, from his links, the the black tabs that go into his, like, lower abs from his legs along with the, the parts in that second slide where you have that kind of shield-shaped piece that's in the middle of it, the small of his back as a robot, mm-hmm. that then is the other part of that's like the inside part that's at the front of his shins. When all of that comes together, there are like six things that all have to tab all at once. And it's it's a thing that's just Where are the video little instructions for tricky. this? Tricky. Yeah. That and then like for his jet mode, you're tabbing tabs from the cockpit part into the the feet that end up as part of the gorilla collar except for it's up on a part that's past any other support so that whole thing likes to flex a little bit so it's like the the best way i found to do it is you like hook your fingernail behind it and then you push so that you're pushing against something that has more support yeah but it's, it's just little things like that that like yeah this is definitely a place where Video instructions would be top tier coming out of Hasbro to to say, you know, hey, this is, you know, yeah, this should go until you hear a click and this should go until this happens. The the way that there's kind of two ways that the like hinge for the gorilla neck can go because you've got a that like offset double hinge piece mm-hmm. that. You know, without a good vid- uh, images like that, it'd be pretty easy to uh, to miss how it best configures. Yeah, so that's why I think Cam's thread is so helpful. It's just like, here's a close-up of a multi-hingey thing on a modern triple changer and how it's supposed mm-hmm. to look. Because I'm, like, I'll... I wasn't even going to ask. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to assume the instructions were not terribly helpful. <sighs> not really. Yeah. Again, it's the... It's the... That syndrome of... Hey, I'm going to show you the whole of the transformer for this small movement. Yeah, you know, get out the, of a magnifying glass if you were looking at the CAD, <laughs> but you're not. The like <laughs> second, the second or third <clears throat> step that I just totally missed what it was trying to show was the classic, you know, rotate the wrist and hand into the forearm in order to compact it up, but it was showing the whole robot. With a little swoosh arrow <laughs> around his midsection. I hate that so much. It makes me smile. That's one of my least favorite instruction things of late. Um, yeah. It has bro, but also sometimes third-party stuff as well, where it's like, we're going to show you the whole figure, and there's there's some purple on the wrist, and there's an arrow. Have fun figuring out what that means. I'm like, I yeah. thanks for the puzzle. Puzzle play, right? That's a word. Yeah. Hooray. Yeah, puzzle plays, <laughs> puzzle plays great. We, we love puzzle Woo! play. Uh, well, grats on the ape but face. Think it, was- it sounds like he's still oh, yeah. pretty fun, like regardless of all the hinkiness. Yeah, he is. Um, you know, classic triple changer dude, cla- super classic toy. Um, waiting for Snapdragon because they've been great about uh, making sure Finish that uh, everything that they start as a set gets finished. Yeah. All right. Anything else on your end you want to hit up? 
Uh, no, that's it for on topic things. All right, TJ, what about you? Any on topic stuff in your uh, periphery of this uh, recording? That was a weird way to put it. Uh, I actually have a bunch, and I will, I will keep the ball rolling and just say, ape face, ditto. Oh, all right, nuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I do, I do need to look at. I, I need to look at some photos of exactly how things were supposed to go because a lot of things on mine felt really tricky to tab everything together solidly. Mm. Um, besides that, yeah, I, I think I think they went way overkill on the splatter on this one on this guy. It just looks ugly. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I saw some in one of Camzilla's um, photos actually on the collar. I think of the beast mode I hadn't seen up close before. Uh, not the collar, some of the black stuff like the the robot knees, I guess. And yeah, I the, like it doesn't look like splatter, and it also doesn't look like camo. It's yeah, just, it's like it's like a digicam type of thing. Like kinda, but it it's just messy enough to look like that's an accident. It's it looks like it looks <laughs> like a really bad grain filter on a photo. Yeah, that yeah, that's a bummer, man. I hadn't I hadn't really looked closely at that stuff. I just seen the silver on the nose cone, and I was like, oh, that's funny. But yeah, the on the black parts there it looks awful. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you something that's really quote unquote fun about the toy: All getting right. the shield off of him. Yeah, that's 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 a rough point. Yeah, because it's sure. a it's a really long translucent plastic peg that's a mm-hmm. little bit tighter than it needs to be, and it's Yee. like. Like, the shield's all the way flushed down in the Jet and the Beast mode, and it's a lot of little wiggles just to make sure you don't rip that tab off. I've seen people... Yeah, to get that that first bit of clearance to get it moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen people already broke the thing off. Well, I'll, I'll throw out my recommendation, having not handled the toy whatsoever, but I've, I've had that syndrome before. It's like a two-part thing. It's like, number one, don't mess with the peg, but widen the hole. If you have some kind of file, like even like an exact, a good exacto, you can spin around in the peg hole. That'll get like a couple micrometers off the inner surface. Uh, if you have any shock oil and it's really tight, maybe add just the barest little droplet to the bottom of the peg and then spin it around inside the hole a bit just to like loosen some of the friction up a little bit. Uh mm-hmm. I would say the exacto spin inside the hole is probably going to be your best bet. Is the hole white plastic? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, it is. Okay, uh, that means it shouldn't show much of your exacto spinning. If it was black plastic, it'd be like, also get ready for it to look ugly, but hey, that silver paint already looks ugly. Uh, but yeah, a little exacto spin in there might be a thing if it's too tight. That would be my initial recommendation. I'd want to handle it first, though, <laughs> to know for sure. Uh... Yeah, the biggest trick that I found actually was to, like, use the wings and the rest of it as kind of like a lever. That feels... Like, I'm just imagining Where, it, though. No, you're not... You're not... Okay, so... <laughs> let me let me, let me me change how... Like, a, like, like a twist lever, you mean, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so you're using you're using the lever like a like a bottle opener. That's not necessarily the best, either. That's, that's what I was thinking. Um, I was like, you're using it to, to get the twist, but from afar, so you're not, like, flexing the yeah, peg. And, yeah, like, so it's like... How, how I, I, I sat here and I did it a couple times before I said anything because I was fighting it. What I'll do is I end up grabbing like either part of the wing with like my pinky finger and like the, the meaty part of my thumb and then use the back part of my hand against the wing, like his, like the jet wing parts of the wings. And the peg is at the other end of that. So by doing it like that and giving it a little rotation, 
like you're using the whole thing rather than trying to dig at the point end. Hopefully, hopefully that can be helpful to to some folks who might be on on the brink of breaking it. I, I didn't know people were already breaking it, TJ. That's really unfortunate to hear. That means it's widespread enough a tolerance thing that it could be a bummer. Uh, it, it's yeah, always it's a just, shame when just, this stuff is common because it's like it's, it's just not- a poorly thought out design, and I have no idea why it's translucent plastic when the same pink plastic is all over the toy. Like, yeah, it the- just seems like it was really unnecessary to make it that bad. I didn't know he had any translucent plastic on him. Yeah, he's so he's got uh translucent the- plastic for his cock for the jet mode cockpit and then his headmaster's cockpit part. Uh. Because that's actually the part that sits underneath that is where the headmaster sits in jet mode. Okay. It's, yeah, it's it's a shame that that made it way, it's way over to a load-bearing <laughs> peg as well. That's <laughs> Man, yeah. that's unfortunate. I'm still looking forward so it's pro- to messing It's with probably them, just but. a matter of, like, on the production side, mold sizes, that's a kind of big piece, and you were making a a a run of a plastic that was a smaller piece, and... and Like, definitely widen and, the hole and don't try to sand the peg. That, that's what I would say. Uh, yeah. Messing with a clear plastic peg is a lot more dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, these these, all these, like unfortunate like uh handling qualities aside like tj how are you feeling about the design like are you into it more or less hey, the des- the design is fine if you take a look at g1 ape face like the weirdness in his ape mode and his jet mode is absolutely accurate yeah yeah <laughs> uh the improvement to him the desperately needed improvement is uh how it rearranges the ape parts for the robot mode because mm. like the g1 most of the ape just hung off of the back yeah and it, yeah. it just made it massively back heavy it's really common on that figure to have the hinge on that broken so it can't hold that big backpack up at all mm. like it's an extremely streamlined design without giving up the original look and that's far better far better take on ape face yeah yeah that's now just one one hopes that uh some of those tolerances are tweakable uh Kind of like that Studio Series Optimus. I'm like, this is a great figure if I can make these tabs work. And with Ape Face, mm-hmm. it's like, great figure if I can make the locking mechanisms work and make the shield not terrifying to move around, it sounds like. Well, <laughs> it's not really the story of them, but I feel like the story of the Siege Triple Changers, like the newest modern Triple Changers, is like, these are really cool, but production is having trouble kind of keeping up with all the moving parts to some degree. Because, like, mm-hmm. Springer is Springer's not, like, falling apart, but Springer has bits on him where it's like, this probably was supposed to work a bit better, and it, it kind of just doesn't. Like, on mine, for instance, like, one of the knees lost its friction so fast. Because <laughs> uh, there's a lot going on in those knees. Um, anyway, TJ, uh, aside from Ape Face, what else was on your, uh, on your on-topic plate? Okay, uh, let me hammer through repaints and remolds really quick. Got Woo. the 35th Optimus, Megatron, and Blue Streak. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Blue Streak does feel nicer. I like the added shoulder cannons, so he has a little bit of distinction from Prowl. Um, 35th Optimus. I love the look of the toy. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, like seeing it in person, the paint applications are extremely impressive, how they manage to line up in both modes. 
and I'll say the same of Megatron. I will also say, do not order yours online. They're fairly easy to find now. Most Walmarts have a pile of them. Go mm-hmm. sort through them, find the one that has the best looking paint, because it's really easy for this paint job to be wrong in really obvious spots. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm but, guessing, like, it's sort of off-center from what the quote-unquote center would be. Well, yeah, because things are just shit. Like, for me, for a lot of it was uh, uh, looking straight on at the head. Uh, a lot of times there would be, like, a ridge of gray that overlapped on one of his, like, essentially what would be his eyebrow. Hmm. Which looked, a, which looked a little bit off, so I had to sort through before I found one that didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's still incredible to me that they did those paint apps in mass production. Like, that's, it's really hoping that that can carry forward and be like a, a recurring variant. Uh, also, because as you had said, like, sure is a nice preview of what a, a cool Earthrise repaint would be. <laughs> well, of any Optimus Prime. I think this one in particular was the time to do it since the normal version was battle damaged and silver splatter muddy kind of look. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, okay. Fair enough. And you know what? Yeah, went the extra mile and made all the cartoon accurate parts, you know, different shades of white and gray instead mm-hmm. of just gray. So, I, okay, you know what? I, I, there's a place for you in my shelf. Yeah. Uh, Megatron, much the same way. It's just because he starts off gray, like, it's just not nearly as big of an effect on him as it is Optimus, especially because Optimus has the windshields, which look super like a cartoon. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and Megatron is also like, like you said, like he he's he's a he's already a flat palette. I feel like the effectiveness I saw on him uh, in photos was the, you know, the the lines of cell shading because he has those big flat surfaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- those seem to to be really like punching out at my eyes harder on him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope they do more. I really hope they do more. Yeah. Uh, for uh, to just. Just to get this one out of the way, too. Uh, see Dratchet? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's a lot more remolded than I thought he would be. Yeah. I have no like, idea, because I've still never seen Iron Knight. <laughs> oh, my God, <laughs> dude. So, yeah, the accessory count changed up. So mm-hmm. He's got his own little wrench welding gun and like the, the missile launcher from the G1 toy, which is all cool. He's got uh, like extra tools molded into his arms. Mm-hmm. So like he, it looks like he's like he's got like spark plugs and are just ready to be the field medic. I had no you know, idea. And all that aside from just like a really well remolded head and like the front of his like the click in bumper piece, like that yeah. was remolded and was one of the side panels also remolded. I don't have mine here. I, I think it was. It wasn't as extreme, yeah. but because they had to fold back no over on top idea. of each other. Yeah, I was totally surprised too. Did I did I yeah. not mention that? Did I? When I had mine, I can't. I can't remember. I, I don't think we talked about that. Okay. I think, or if we did, I might. It might have glossed into like you know the new head and the weapon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, I didn't know so much else in him was remolded. Like, I'll, I'll clarify. I could buy Ironhide on Amazon, but he's thirty-two Canadian yeah, on Amazon. No. I don't want to pay that for him. That's that's like a buck or two above Canadian retail. So I just don't want to. And this other weird thing, I've never seen an Ironhide on a regular shelf. I'm seeing more and more six guns on regulars. I've seen like th- triplicate six guns everywhere, 
And I'm just... You know what that means. It means who the hell is buying all the iron eyes? 18 gun. And and 18 gun as well. (laughs) But also, who's buying the iron hides? Like... The people that don't understand the wonder that is 18 gun. Chromia was was in a lot of places, and then Chromia and Six Gun were everywhere. I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Prowl and Ironhide. Prowl shows up now and then. Ironhide absolutely never. But uh, TJ, did you did you do Ratchet's amazing bed mode? <laughs> you mean I haven't finished the transformation mode? Yeah, except. If I remember right, it's like it's not even really half transformation. It's like half transformation, but then start undoing the other half. So it's uh, yeah, it's kinda. like this non midpoint that looks like a midpoint. Yes, yeah. it only looks like a midpoint because you have to start attaching tools to it. Yeah, <laughs> I love it, but I also love making fun of it because it's like it's trying real hard. It's like absolutely that's a real good attempt to. St- stuff a third mode into that figure but it's also hilarious like his arms are just like Hi, what's yeah. Up? <laughs> I mean, I, yeah commending it's it's widening of the bed of the of the the repair space and yeah. there's hands <laughs> yeah yes <laughs> like, it reminds well me- that way like if you're kicking a lot the hands can just be like it's okay Shh. It's like, it reminds me a lot of like the work mode that cybertron metroplex had I would still say that was more of a mode, though. (laughs) Yeah. It was was him. He hadn't stood up yet. Well, he he also had, like, he had sort of defined different limb shapes and, like, that other head. Like, not literally other head, but, like, the the helmet-looking... The back back of his head. Yeah, but with the face covered up and all nice, like... I always like to stand up for that alternate mode, but also, like, partly because when I realized how much engineering there was based around it and how every version of the animation completely just skipped it, I was like, y'all failed this toy. You guys let Metroplex down. You let down Megalo Convoy, not me. Megalo Convoy's a good boy. I like that toy. (laughs) (laughs) Also, if if anyone out there is looking for ratchets, let me tell you, Canada is drowning in ratchets. We have so many at the the downtown EB games. Is it's like six or seven there. Okay, uh, so for new mold stuff, mm-hmm. I have Mirage and Impactor. Hey, welcome to the club. Hey, just in time for the next wave to start showing up. Yeah, I saw that yeah. front page. I was like, whoo. <laughs> yeah. So Impactor, not a lot of surprise to it. He looks about what I expected. He's just. He's got the same thing going as Ironhide and Ratchet, where he's got a little bit more hollow area, so he can look bigger and buffer than the other toys in the line. Mm-hmm. Which I'm finding I actually like that. I like that as a trick to create variation between the figures. Yeah, I, I, lo- I love the fact... I mean, it's, it, it's annoying to me sometimes how much it gets complained about. I love how much height variance there is now, like, kind of regardless of the price point. Because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. it's, like, it's like the price point just means how much stuff is going on not not how tall the toy is and also that's a real common complaint to see floating around online it's like i can't believe how short these are and i'm like it's like i get it because they use the word size class i get it but also god (laughs) yeah like i hate to break it to you but your toys have been different sizes your whole life just yeah now 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 you're paying attention like the whenever it's like, look, the the siege leaders are Voyager size. It's like, yeah, because you didn't. You, you all the other stuff in the box is off screen in that photo. 
Yeah, and it, mm-hmm. uh, come, 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 come with me, kid. I'll let me tell you this little story about Wedge. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh man, oh and man, let me I tell forgot you, about him. <laughs> let me tell you. Yes, you paid a lot for what should not have been ten dollar for a ten dollar toy. He's also the best figure in his set, so have fun. <laughs> and let, let me also just say, like, especially about Astro Train, from what I can tell, it's not like all those extra bits suddenly make the figure exponentially better. I'll argue Shockwaves do. Astro Trains certainly don't seem to. Uh, but, like, you, you can't, like, just ignore... You, you can't say that because they're bad, they're not part of the price point, in my opinion. You, you can say it makes them less worth it. I would agree with that. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like i don't know i saw this i saw like the the side by sides of of new astro train with titan astro train and i was just like yeah but you know you don't like this answer but take the caboose box that's not in the photo and stand him on top of it now he's taller there i solved the problem <laughs> uh yeah uh yeah impactor's neat no terrible surprise just he's a really nice solid figure hmm uh mirage is ridiculous I love Mirage. I was astonished how much I like Mirage. Yeah. Because I thought he looked stupid until I got him in hand. <laughs> well, you were listening to that backwards. guy complaining yeah. about how aerodynamics work in F1 cars. Well, that's... That's, that's, just, a, that's, that's just a dumb <laughs> thing to worry about. That's for... Man, boy, wow. The, all the engineer... I'm just going to call you all engineers. All the engineers I know. All the people with knowledge of some ve- vehicular type I know just having the salt today. Uh, friend of the podcast, it's, Slayer Soup, was saying something about helicopters to Aaron earlier. I caught yeah. bits of it's that. A, it, it, number one, it's a space car. Two, aerodynamics doesn't exist on a planet with no oxygen. So I then why does that? he have aerodynamic fins in because, three places? listen, that's a weapons rack. Look at all the peg holes on it. That's just where you put all his extra guns. So what about the one in front of his front tires? That what one, about the one behind the car? Okay, so the one. Okay, I got these. All have different answers. You got to give me a no, second. No, no, the, no. The front tire is like. Haven't you ever watched Ben Hur? That's to pop other tires. Yeah, yeah. Like, Except one, for it's yes. not as wide as the tires, so you'd hit well, your tires before you'd hit their tires. Well, you this, if it got wider, they know it's coming. You got to drive real cool, and you slice through. And by the way, the rear one is because that's his robot mode chest, obviously. Uh. Yeah, he transforms backwards, and it's, like, such a good transformation, and, like, for such a dummy-looking car mode, and a kind of, like, like, in photos, that car mode looks super dumb, and in photos, the robot looks like a big old box man, and then in person, it's like, you know, the, the old Classics Rodimus thing that I always, that's what I always call it, where it's like, oh, when I tilt him slightly in my hands, he looks completely different. I mm-hmm. like this guy now. <laughs> well, aside from just, okay, they trans- they, they engineered him backwards, to make his robot mode work, make it more cartoon accurate. I kind of appreciate that insanity. Yeah. yeah. Also, what are you re- what are you psychos remolding this into? Because this could be anything. Uh, yeah. Like I, mean, I, just... I have expe- I have expect this to be where we get needle nose. You, yeah, he just turns into a cool shape with a pointy yeah. front. Because the the leg trick, like, I agree. The, the leg trick means he doesn't have to be a car. Like the wheels are could be anything. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. It's it's mostly that he's shifting mass to form a sort of arrow shape, and uh, yeah, yeah, if they did him into a, into a, a jet of some kind, I'd be so into that, or like a boat, like I don't know. In the TCG, they it's siege related, but they put in the boat micromaster and gave him the boat tag, so it's really on my mind now. Of like boat meta, boats. 
Boats are in the meta. Boats are in the franchise meta. We get a space boat out of that, oh, out of that Mirage. Oh, Mirage into imagine- Mirage. Well, you no, no. My first, my first head goes like an Omega Supreme style card set, but for Tidal Wave. Okay, a yes for the yes, yes, uh, emphatic yes. I was going to lay that out now. Yes, uh, in fact, now I forgot what my argument was about anything. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was. Uh, I, I should have clarified. Mirage into Energon Mirage is what I was meaning to say. Okay, because he turns into a boat. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Super cool toy. Yeah, and I I love I love how we've replicated the car kibble by just like reusing his spoiler. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just it's still mm-hmm. well the the chest is just on the back. It's like yeah, <laughs> like just don't look back there. All right, then your problem yeah. solved. <laughs> I think I think the last time I was harassing someone who didn't like it, I was like, oh no, it's just it's uh it's where the engine is. It's like those cars with the engine in the back. That's the hood. It's back there. And they're like, well, what's the front hood? Well, the front hood is obviously the frontal hood. Well, that's the rear hood. Duh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like Mirage. I, I would like to try... I, I have a new thing, because I got the clear one as well. And the clear one, it, I didn't realize it had a completely different head. Uh, which looks really cool when you can look at it in person and kind of see the detail. Uh, but now I really want to get another clear Mirage to paint all the silver parts silver. But I don't want to pay money for one. Because I've seen so many people talk about how they want to just throw the thing in the trash. And I'm like, all right. Someone super doesn't want their clear mirage. You want to pretend I'm the trash and just throw it at me? So as I can paint it up? <laughs> uh, but yeah, good good figure. Real real strong pair of deluxes uh, to, to form the penultimate wave. Uh, I would say Spinister has a lot to live up to now. Or Crosshairs. Oh right, you're, him. Ju- you're just yeah. you're just there to finish this toy line off. Yeah, crosshairs, aka Ironhide. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be how I get the Ironhide mold. Is crosshairs? Even in the not to keep saying it in the TCG, crosshairs is so weird. They called him a, was isn't he a tank in the TCG? Yes. Yeah, he's a tank. While Ironhide's a truck. Okay. <laughs> no one cares about crosshairs. He is a tank because that suits his function in the game. He's like, but I'm a, and, I'm a retool of that truck. No, yeah, well, for the game, you're a tank. No one cares about you, crosshairs. <laughs> so, so the new, to- the new toy is a truck. The new card is a tank, but he's supposed to be a buggy. Yes. Yes. What's, <laughs> what's difficult about this? <laughs> the, another fun part is his card is tagged as a, as a tank. The artwork is clearly of a, a truck. But he has double armor slots, so it confirms that tanks are just very, very thick trucks, mm-hmm. uh, which which is good for my arguments I've had. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, anything else, TJ, on your end that's uh, on topic? Uh, uh, I will finish it off for a rarity of mine, which is a third-party toy. Yeah! Cause, yeah, because I had all my little New Age figures, which yep. I like so much. They need an Optimus Prime, so I was looking up. Let me get. Let me, I think Magic Cube looks really nice. Let me get Magic Cube. Oh, the Magic. Uh, sorry, I, I hate is, to do to actually it's, it. It's Magic. It's Square. the light. Yeah, their name. The name for it is Light of Justice. Yes, because Light of so Light of Justice is the small one because Light yes. of Freedom is the tall one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That doesn't get confusing at all. It has screwed up my eBay searches for weeks at a time when I was deciding to pick up those figures. 
Uh, I was actually just messing with, uh, now I got them mixed up, the small one. Uh, yeah. I was just messing with him today, actually. He's sitting on my desk. Yep. He's here for me, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how are you digging him? Because I had a couple things I had to tweak on him. Um, uh, I haven't had to tweak anything yet. Uh, like, I do actually, I really like his transformation aside from the, you know, the, the I guess the robot diaper that shows in the truck mode. Yeah, you kind of just don't look back there. <laughs> yeah, just ignore that. Ignore that. But other than that, like, the transformation's super nice, like, for such a small figure to be able to hide all the wheels as well mm-hmm. as it did and get well, the right shapes going. What's incredible is it is all, it's like 90% identical to the Masterpiece size one. So like the that transformation on the masterpiece one was already kind of neat, kind of kind of classicy but neat, and I'm like, hey, this is cool. And then the small one was just like, how did you compact that down? <laughs> <laughs> um, like I think he's just like he doesn't have a matrix chamber in the th- in, unless I'm forgetting. Does he? Wait, does he? Yeah. Yeah. Oh right, yeah. You have to you have to take the matrix out, right? Uh, yeah, take it, yeah, take it out because it's his bumper. Yeah, I think on the masterpiece one you don't have to take it out. It just has a door. But that's like one of the only changes I could notice, like off the top of my head. And I should say to tweak on mine, that mostly just means neither pair of smokestacks stayed in their tabs. You know, that's like, my problem too. Yeah, I I went in, I figured out whether it was the tabs or the slots, and it was a mixture of them. And then I used a brush applied super glue to thicken things where necessary, which was highly risky. But uh, it was really annoying me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's very frustrating. I can't, I've not been able to transform him without one of those falling off. I usually just take him out just to save the frustration. I am, I am adamantly tempted to glue a set in place because like I don't really care that there's two different types of smokestacks. Yeah, I I think I, the the long ones actually just look bad. <laughs> from yeah, being yeah, I've got the short ones on him right now. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I almost glued the short ones in, and then I was like. Maybe it was just me having my hubris about tweaking tab tolerances, but I was like, no, I'm going to make this work the way it's supposed to work. And it, it kind of does. In my head, it's like, well, someday I might someday I might want to make room and just sell them off, so I better not permanently affix anything together. Yeah. Although, at that point, you could always just sell him, and then I bet you half the people who would buy him wouldn't even know he's supposed to have swappable smokestacks. Probably. Probably. Uh... Because, uh, yeah, other than that, the only problem I had on mine was the uh, one of the two pectoral windows would not stay fully closed in truck mode. But I've realized after a while uh, that that was just, yeah, I had to just kind of mush the shoulder on that side around a bit. And then eventually it stops pushing against it. Because, um, yeah, otherwise, I love the thing. I'm, it sounds like you're digging them. Uh, yeah, I do like the toy. Yeah, but by far the best small Optimus on the market, in my opinion. I need to, I need to go figure out where I put his trailer. Actually, <laughs> uh, I put all of his stuff in there because it turns out I didn't really care about a majority of what was in his box that wasn't the truck cab. <laughs> uh, same story with MP44. If I'm being honest, so the nice thing about the Magic Square one is you can you can just like use the truck cab as a box, um, because he has all that extra stuff and has nowhere else to go. Yeah. Um, 
TJ, are you thinking you might look into any other uh, Magic Square stuff? Because they are, they are definitely an acquired taste, and now that you have one of their things, you know what their specific plastic feels like, which is kind of the acquired taste from talking to mm-hmm. people. I mean, he feels fine enough for me. Like, I could see myself getting uh, something else. I want to say... I want to say there was something else they produced that I was really eyeballing. Because I, I have handled most of their release year stuff. Uh, there's, a, I think there's a couple things of theirs now I might not have handled. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm thinking well, of New Age. Yeah, because they, they did a Magnus that was good. That yes, I nice. like that Magnus a lot. And uh, they did it, They well, they did a Trailbreaker. I think that Trailbreaker is, is very good. Yeah, that's one of my sweet spots. My issue is he's... They're slightly different scaled from all the New Age figures I already have, mm. which I feel like that's going to bug me to see him kind of towering over the likes of Iron Hines. I oh, just, you know, pretend he's um, the buff, because there's buff Trailbreaker and Pudgy Trailbreaker, right? Anim- so. Animation mm-hmm. Era Trailbreaker. Yeah, so you just say he's Animation Era Trailbreaker. Because <laughs> the, the, the Trailbreaker design they did is probably one of, it, it's always vying for the best transformation of theirs I've handled. Uh, I really like how they did that figure. Um, and I, yeah, I think I have handled all the Magic Square molds now. Uh, it's just, it's the New Age stuff that took me by surprise, and I'm I'm way way behind on. Yeah, uh, well, they're getting ready to release Megatron and the Seekers. Uh, oh. Megatron's out. Oh, is Megatron already out? New Age Megatron is out in three variants now. <laughs> yeah, because they keep announcing other variants. So I was like, is anything out yet? I just keep hearing things on the way. Yeah, Animation One came out. Uh, and then Toy Colors one came out, and the gold one just went up for pre-order or just came out. And there's uh, a clear one, too. And I always, I always ignore the clear ones. Uh, I saw them in person. I, they are a draw for some folks. I looked at some of them at TFCon. I was like, I see how this is cool. I just don't want this. Uh, and it's a great excuse to not buy a variant, because I'm, I'm just not feeling anything from it. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's Seekers. The first three, I believe, are due out next month. Um... They're they're active that new age. They uh they yeah they woke up this year. <laughs> um, but yeah, any any other um, light of justice stuff uh, that's popping to mind? No, I think I'll leave it at that. All right, I am glad you. I, I'm always glad to hear someone picking up that figure and digging it because uh, it is it is a real. It's not divisive, but there are a lot of folks who kind of just feel um kind of eh on it. Uh, and I, and for very valid reasons, but I love it when someone just connects with the thing, cause I love it. It's, it's such a nice little piece. Uh, well, that, and that closes out our, what we got this week. So we can do some listener questions. Uh, we got, I lined up four of them. So, uh, and these, these date back to August and September, but they are the only ones remaining that we have from August and September. So that chapter is now behind us. Uh, this first one comes from Jetfire Prime 760, uh, whose question is about the fact that for a hobby that consists mainly of collecting transforming robots, as that's in the name, uh, Jetfire Prime finds it funny that there's been such a surge in Transformers figures that don't transform, like uh, Flame Toys and 3A, who, in their words, have been killing it. Uh, there are also multi-thousand dollar statues out there, which boggles their mind, and I agree. Uh, 
goes on to say, personally, I would like to see Flame Toys in 3A find a way to include small versions of characters' vehicle modes to display alongside the actual figure. What do you guys think of the recent rise in non-transforming uh, action figure statues, uh, the, that market in Transformers? Where did it come from, and how far do you think it will go? Thanks, guys. Click. Uh, I'll really quickly, bluntly answer where it came from. Uh, Hasbro, has, in the last decade, I guess, has been a lot more friendly about um, putting its its... IP out there to be licensed officially. Uh, I always call it official third party, which is true, but third party is such a tainted term now. A lot of folks don't actually like hearing that um, uh, for you know, understandable reasons. But uh, that's that's why this exists: is they are allowing other companies to officially use the IP, uh, and that often comes with the agreement that whatever they do, it can't be an actual transformer. That is the only clause um, mm-hmm. that is immobile for a lot of these deals, and that's why. I will flip out when I th- see things like uh, the Mega, is it Mega SAS? or Those really tall articulated yeah. license figures. The Soundwave has an actual transforming laser beak. And I'm like, how did they accomplish that? How did they get that approved? Um, so that that's that's where they came from. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, had, I don't know, um, Aaron, TJ, we have talked about Flame Toys a whole lot. Um, I'm the only one who's really digging heels deep in their expensive stuff. But uh, you know, like TJ, you've you've built one of the model kits. Aaron, and I have waved these figures at you a whole lot. The yeah, well, I mean, I've built the Furai model um, Optimus Prime and Megatron. Oh right, yeah. you had the Megatron as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I knew TJ had the Megatron. I still have to build them. I bought the Megatron and haven't built it yet. Uh, yeah, but, I've got Thundercracker and Nemesis Prime just waiting on the wings right now. Yeah. Uh, not not to divert already, but what are you thinking about that announcement that they're going to start doing for seventy five bucks, like pre assembled, pre painted versions of those? Because I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing the benefit. I think it's neat. <laughs> yeah, I I, but... I see it both ways. Like I see the benefit, um, and and doing up like a premium paint job. I think that's kind of cool. But on the flip side, it's like mm, I I really would want people to bear in mind that they're still model kits. And I think that yeah. some folks are kind of like, all right, action figure version. I'm like, well... <laughs> well, well, not really. Uh, hold on. There is yeah. a very thin, fine line. It's the line the Gunpla walks. A yeah. lot of it has to do with polycaps. Like, yeah. polycaps are not... They're not, like, super robust action figure joints. Like, it's still a, still a model kit, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my opinion, anyway. Um TJ, you just recently built that Megatron. Uh, would you have paid seventy five bucks for one that was already built? No. All right. <laughs> for seventy five bucks, I better be like not only like spot on paint accurate to the original source concept. It also better be better be have like better engineering than poly joints. That's poly the caps. thing, right? Like I, I think it's still going to be poly caps, and and that's that's valid. I just hope that's clear for folks who want to pick them up because. Like you can, I've had gunpla that have survived my handful I've built. Like they survive pretty well. I don't mess with them every day, but like polycaps can survive. You just got you got to treat them like they are fragile because they kind of are. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, like uh, I don't know. From your perspective, like like let's start with you, TJ. Like you know, you've built a model kit. You've seen Flame Toy Star Saber. I've yelled about the 3A Deluxe Bumblebee stuff specifically a whole lot. Like, uh, how are you feeling about the current state of non-transforming Transformers? I mean, it's kind of surprising in that these are super high-end things that Hasbro's letting other companies produce. But 
Bigger picture, it's not terribly surprising. Every now and then, Hasbro has allowed people to use their, I you know, uh, characters and objects for their you know their own marketing, their own toys. So like I remember it was a big, I remember being like really freaked out that Hasbro allowed someone to make like Energon Optimus as a pen. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, okay, that was weird and random, and it actually transformed. Like, just it's little it's little things like that, but. It's it's in a market that does not directly compete with Hasbro, so I feel like as long as they can make money off of licensing something and it's not directly competing with mainline product, go for it. You know, they have no intention of making like a movie sound wave toy. So yeah, have your big fancy super expensive statue. Or, or we're not making super expensive statues in the first place and we're not marketing to people who have that kind of money. So have at it. The super expensive statues, I still am side-eyeing so hard, though. Like, I, I maintain. I get that they're attractive. And, and, and I've had people tell me, like, no, those things look cool. I'm like, yeah, I get it. But but who's buying them? Because that's all I ever hear is, is, <sighs> I, is I, those look cool. I think it's Shame one of those I can things never afford that, it. <laughs> like, when it gets up into whale territory, like, they only got to sell a hundred of them. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. I just, I, I never seem to see the people, I mean, there are a lot of Transformers fans, but I just figure, like, I I don't know, one of those hundred would would pop up in a, in, in some position that's kind of loud. Like, I've seen folks do YouTube videos about them, mm-hmm. but, like, and this is this is not a bad thing, it's just the, the, the YouTube videos I've seen of them seem to be coinciding with some form of sponsorship, and that does not mean the video is bad, it just means, like, it's not necessarily someone who went out of their way to purchase one. Right. Uh, and so I'm like, obviously, the fact that they are still coming out means everything's fine. We've had this conversation before. I think I've frustrated people with this, too, and I don't I don't mean to. I'm not, like, mad about it. I just think it, it is a strange enigma within this, like, triple-layer niche that is that licensed third-party stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, Aaron, what about you? Like, what's your take on uh, on the, the, the licensed non-transforming stuff right now? Um, I, I think it's a thing that really goes to show just how much deeper our fandom is now um than than where it was before um for for yet again all the people that talk about how horrible uh certain certain movie choices may have been or or however (laughs) you want to say things it's definitely brought a a larger audience to our our humble little toy line Oh, um, we we are that, a strange that, case. Yeah, where like like the we are the I would say the only uh, franchised entertainment property where the argument of of yeah, but it made money actually held any kind of weight. Right. Uh, really begrudgingly. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like it actually did hold weight. So with Transformers. So I, I I think that it's neat. I mean, I've been enjoying building the the um furai models that i've gotten um mm-hmm. i i like i like model building a little bit and so this is a nice place where those two those two worlds get to go mingle um yeah. how far on do i think it'll go man i don't know it could it it's a thing that i always kind of feel like like is this the point where it's going to pop and then it like yeah. goes another and gets a little bit bigger. I'm like, okay, so this is the point. <laughs> like, I'm seeing these models at at uh, you know GameStops, or I 
have one of the Think Geek like physical stores. See them there. I see it at Barnes and Nobles. Like that that like, bluefin like, connection that Flame Toys has, I think, has yeah. done enormous work. So, for seeing this stuff. seeing those cross connection things happen and being like, you know, being somewhere else entirely and going, oh, there's this other neat Transformers thing that I hadn't seen before. When I kind of feel like I'm a person that's got a decent knowledge of Transformer stuff. And it's like, how how does this come around? And like, yeah. like are you seeing yeah. this too? Yeah, okay, cool. I just wanted to be sure. Yeah, like to find like just finding finding things like that in the wild gets really weird. I found one of those at Epcot Japan. Mm-hmm. They had Bumblebee there. I was like, really? Yeah, I mean I mean this is actually I would say a real big credit to Bluefin. Uh Bluefin has been in the last like what? six seven years incredible at at uh i'm going to use the phrase mainstreaming obviously it is not the big mainstream but i just don't know a better word for it bluefin the stuff they distribute they have mainstreamed so that it's like i don't even blink now when i see flame toys stuff when i see sh fig arts when i see common rider toys in a domestic store where they did not go to japan to buy them and bring them there mm-hmm. uh like the the bluefin connection is is massive um, for flame toys, I think. Uh, and three A have their own, obviously, like their own connection that gets their stuff out to a lot of stores too. And I think the DLX line is where they're really coming to form with their transformer stuff because it lets them get these transformers figures out that are not intimidatingly tall and intimidatingly expensive. Uh, so I, I think that's a big part of it is is flame toys and three A getting to do licensed transformers figures that seem reasonable in both size and price they're not like cheap but they they aren't they aren't an 18 inch tall figure who is 500 dollars, for instance uh even the mega scale stuff uh that we're talking about that was like 18 24 inch tall figures they were like 150 200 bucks i think is a great deal for what they were they're still enormous which can be off-putting um Mm -hmm. it's like for eye model kits it's like hey do you want like a high-end uh, official, but not for kids. Transformers thing, uh, and also when it's done, it's like what five, six inches tall. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, and yeah, like that crisscross of gunpla with Transformers that Flame Toys did. Flame Toys crisscrossing Transformers with the Chemical Attack team. I have yelled about now for a couple of years. It's still one of the most exciting things I've ever seen. Uh, still makes me really uh, just chomping at the bit every time they announce a new Kurokara Kuri. Like they're expensive things, but to me they are like pieces of toy art done by artists I really respect. So and I'm not to say the Ferrari model kits aren't, it's just that the, the Kurokawa Curry stuff is a whole nother level. Um and I, I think it's not that the bubble's getting bigger, it's just that the bubble keeps adjusting. It's like a, a 90% filled balloon where people keep squeezing different directions. And like at one point the balloon was squeezed where we had, you know, the label figures, the music label, sports label stuff. Yeah. Uh which was super super weird as well and I think less effective. And that was uh, also like Japan only. It was Japan only. It was coming out of Takara Tomi, but it was certainly not a part of the main Transformers yeah. push. Right. Uh, I think I think like one point in time I saw what I was pretty sure was like the knockoff USB drive. Yes. In the U.S. And that was about it. So, like, I think that with the way it's developing now, I think it's not nearly as reliant on, oh, wow, look at the weird 
you know, stuff that's leaked out of Japan. Now this feels more like it's either like co-developed or developed for the U.S. market. Well, and it's also not relying on like the label stuff. Let's be real. They would rely on the shock value of the bullet points of what they are. Mm-hmm. And then you would they would come out. You'd see them and be like, oh, it's the shoe. And you'd be like, wait, he costs how much? Or like the device label stuff. It's like this Trypticon dinosaur turns into a working mouse. That's awesome. He's $70? What? Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, the new stuff is very expensive, but like, I feel like you're not, you're not being told that there's a value there that is like the, you know, the MP3 player sound wave, classic example. It's a, a piece of garbage for an MP3 player at the time it came out. It was mm-hmm. still a piece of garbage MP3 player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and it was like yeah it's hundred some dollars and you're like you're like my, my man you're really trying to convince me this is something it's not <laughs> this is an MP3 player with no onboard storage and no software <laughs> it just plays stuff in the order it went on the card <laughs> yeah didn't somebody sell like an adapter there was a um, there was a the speaker thing. set. There was a, the tr- an Optimus Prime trailers that turned into speakers. Was that uh, the one that had like then the adapter where it, it it had something that you plugged into it and then it was Bluetooth, and then you could connect your. It would play. I don't, that is something else. I don't think uh, Bluetooth was, was a thing. That was not when around. the sound wave was made. Yeah, that, the Bluetooth thing you're thinking of, I believe, are those cell phone transformers, where they turn into a cell phone that doesn't work, but it can Bluetooth to a cell phone that looks exactly like it. Uh, no, kind of. There was one that had some other thing that you plugged into it, and you could get like, other functionality out of it that you wouldn't have been able to otherwise. Oh, crap. This sounds really familiar, too. Like, I, I think you're on Because right I, I, th- I think it was, like, a... Tr- <sighs> I want to say it was the trailer. I'm th- I think you're thinking of the Optimus Prime trailer that had speakers in it. But it had... But instead of plugging in what it wanted you to, but, there was like, some other was thing a, that plugged into it. Yeah, that, that was just an iPod dock. Yeah, well, it, it transformed though, which is what really made me like it after the fact. Yeah, maybe maybe it was re- like there was some other like iPod docking like yeah. other cheat thing. There there was some other thing that was like, oh, if you get this and then this other thing to cheat it, then it it has a lot more functionality. I uh, I'm I'm really sure it's from the last like five years. It's because there was uh, is that whole run is uh, it's not it's not this, but it's like stuff like the Optimus that turns into a stand for an expensive watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was the Soundwave that turned into the replica of a tablet. Uh, it's in this mental path. Yeah. It's before those two. Yeah, I have uh, the, I have the Soundwave tablet, and that's a special thing. That is a good toy. I will maintain. Uh, it's a transformation. It's not an action figure. It it, tra- it transforms. Mm-hmm. That's its whole thing. But it, I think it's pretty good at it. I'm really sure it was related to those phones. But if you're not remembering the phones, it must be something else. We'll figure it out later. Hopefully, a listener can just run in and go like, "No, nah, I know what it is. In fact, I have one." Uh, was it the Optimus Prime that was a power, like a battery? No, because there's the Optimus Prime that turns into a battery that actually works. Uh, that was somewhat that, that came out alongside the sound wave. 
Uh, it was like a working power bank. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to stop trying to figure this out. Let's <laughs> just start rattling off everything it isn't. Uh, but yeah, in general, I love a lot of the stuff coming out right now that is licensed and is non-transforming for sure. But I think that like the the flame toys and three A the flame toys Kurokawa Kuri and the three A DLX stuff is like they, they are such good robot action figures. I don't care that they don't transform because they're really they're like Soul of Chogokin tier in my opinion. Three uh, A is like right on the heels of Chemical Attack Team or sorry three zero now I guess and and that, that's really impressive. Uh, and and then the the Kurokawa Kuri Star Saber has so much on him that transforms basically. Uh, you know, he doesn't change modes, but there is so much stuff on him that that shifts and and changes function. It's it's a excellent piece. Uh, so hope that answered your question. Uh, Jetfire Prime seven sixty. We got another one here from Spine ninety eight, uh, who has a question about play with this too. Uh, Spine ninety eight says, uh, if I recall, a number of years ago, Evangelist you did the voiceover for a Kickstarter video for a company called Play with This Two. For those who don't remember that Kickstarter, the toys they were looking to manufacture were homages to G1 Pretender shells, among other things. Uh, they were articulated and covered in 5mm ports, with Hasbro recently making Transformers that can be pulled apart to form weapons and upgrades for other characters. Do you think these two ideas could be mashed up to give us new Pretenders? I know we got some Pretenders in Power of the Primes. <laughs> like, yeah, we technically did, I guess. But as someone who loved the original ones, I was a bit let down. As you should be, Spine98! Uh, could you see Hasbro selling two packs of Monsters or Spacemen covered in 5mm ports packaged with a weapon? Maybe I'm crazy. I figured I'd ask. Thanks, Spine98. I think it would be still a stretch for them to just sell an action figure with ports on it, uh, even if it comes with a weaponizer. I feel like there's... With with official non-licensed out, like first-party Transformers stuff, there's this constant kind of requirement of of obvious conversion being part of the main hey. play pattern. Hey, 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 hey. What's up? What's up? Hey. Uh, I don't know if you've heard the rumor mill. But uh, that might that might be in question. Is that I haven't checked. I haven't kept up with the rumor mill. What's the rumor mill saying? The rumor mill is we're getting a Quintesson. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, you uh, didn't catch that. <laughs> I did not know about that. There, there's a listing up for a Voyager class Quintesson that is like actually labeled Quintesson, and then there's a listing for one labeled Quintessa at deluxe size. I'm and looking are, forward they, to they them not... transforming into space fish or something. <laughs> <laughs> I got. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. It would be cool if it happened. I'm also saying get ready to find out the alt mode of a Quintesson. <laughs> it's surprise. It's a jellyfish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you know, they're not going to do this. But like the real easy answer is yeah. It's 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 Alpha Q, and he just turns more into a Sharktacon. You know, that thing he's wearing, the dead Sharktacon he, he kind of has yeah. on him. Uh, also, I just wanted a reason to say Alpha Q. I was, in, in Toronto, we have TCG players who do not know tons about Transformers lore, and it's fun telling them about stuff. And one of them, we, like, we, poor guy, it was like three of us loudly explaining to him Alpha Q. Uh, and how Alpha Q was only said a handful of times in the English dub before they very specifically would say Alpha Quintesson. Yeah. Because if you say Alpha Q enough times, you say, so you say Alpha Q, Alpha Q, Transformers, Alpha Q. You say it enough times, you're like, oh, wait a second, what am I saying? Uh-oh, that's a bad word. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's fun explaining. That and Solar Storm Grappel were two things we explained to folks who were card gamers first. 
Uh, that's a tangent. Uh, I want that. Quintessa would be cool, too, if they did, like, a... You take take the handful of cool stuff from the last night's Quintessa and just repackage that into, like, here is a, a Cybertronian goddess. You know? I mean, I was... Like, Quintessa made me think of things like like the like the one-faced Quintessons. Oh, that, too. Yeah. Hmm. What it... <laughs> This is cynical, and it it won't happen. I'm just making a joke. What if we talk about Quintessa a whole lot, and then when they reveal her, it's like, surprise! It's L- <laughs> Moonracer again! <laughs> she turns into a stick-shaped oh. car! <laughs> oh, that's it. That's it. It's going to be that mold again? They're just going to throw in all the heads that you have. So you've got five heads to pick from. Yeah. On your Quintessa. Okay. Because <laughs> that's the joke right now, is like, the you know, after after a couple years of, like, real big strides forward for female Transformers characters and stuff, they they just, they have now made six separate characters basically be the same toy, with a, a, a jump over to Chromia and Nightbird being technically a different toy that is functionally nearly identical to the other four <laughs> that they made. Everyone turns into a stick car. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I should admit, I don't keep up with the rumor mill a whole ton because I, I, I find Toy Fair reveals and convention reveals are just far ahead enough in the future that I feel cool about. Everything else, I'm kind of like, I'm just going to make up something that's cooler than what we get. Uh, but I guess that answers a p- bunch of this question. <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe they will do that. I don't. Do you guys think they would ever do the thing of just straight up? Here is like Bludgeon's Pretender Shell as an action figure, and he comes with a tank transformer that can break apart into weapons. No, no. Like I just, do I you- think it's 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 feasible enough to sound like it could happen, but just I- separated from transforming enough that it might not. Here's what I could see. I could see like a smaller kind of basic level transformer, similar to how the pretender inner robots were. Yeah. That have that kind of like siege or like, I guess for war for Cybertron trilogy peg port system all over the place. And then just have like sections of armor that you put on to create the pretender look. Yeah. Like, and you, you could take the armor off and build it into something mm-hmm. or you can swap it with the other figures. Yeah, that that sounds that just sounds more in line with what Transformers tend to be right now. Like it's just little patterns you notice where it's like it's very rare for there to be a mainline Transformer who is not built on the back of changing form. Even even you know the more kid oriented stuff, even the Cyberverse Scouts who don't fully turn into a vehicle, they still they transform into a half tra- a mid transformation robot. Right, like they still are on the backbone of changing form. It just seems like a, it's kind of a thing right now. Uh, I mean, surprise, surprise, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I would be down for a new Pretender play pattern stuff. I just think that, you know, like Bludgeon is in Cyberverse and it's just following the current thing you do with Pretenders, which is the shell is the robot mode and you figure out how that transforms. Um, which I, I've always liked ever since, you know, back in, what, 2010 when they did that with Bludgeon. Uh, the first time around. But I uh, hope that answers your question, Spy98. Uh, we also have one here from Inhuman Elm, who says, Hey, Podcastabots! Uh, here's another question to further build up your backlog. You accomplished that. 
And that's that's completely fine. Have you ever purchased a figure more than once when it wasn't for troop building purposes? Uh, that's the main question. Uh, there's also a sort of subsequent one here that we'll pass to Aaron uh, the, yeah, later that, on here. That felt aimed directly uh, at me. <laughs> Literally. Also, since I missed the whole UPC variant craze, maybe you can give a fans a brief overview of what it is. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Inhuman Elm gives some some examples, like like they got uh, three copies of Black Series Phasma um, because it's you know it happened. Uh, bought one, had to sell it. Got another one, then found one discounted. I've I've I have done stuff like that. Granted, with troop builders. Uh, and then the other example was a Studio Series Jet Powered Optimus. Um, and then got Jet Wing Optimus, and then one of the trailers. So, kind of getting very similar toys over and over again. So, yeah, I've, uh, I have definitely once or twice bought a figure more than once. Um, this is a weird example, but the Aveo Swerve I have gotten like at least three times. Not entirely on purpose. I just kept getting a hold of copies of them because I was in Toronto, and that's where they all ended up. Uh, half a joke. Um, also. Uh, this is not Transformers, Lightning Collection Goldar. I pre-ordered one, and then I bought one at Fan Expo, and then I held on to my pre-order because I think Lightning Collection Goldar is begging for a paint wash, but I wanted to have a backup in case I really screw up doing the paint wash. Uh, so that, that's been a thing, too, of, like, you know, this is, this is for, uh, for customizing. I did, I bought Reveal, is it Reveal the Shield or Generations? You know, Pickup Truck Cup with the big shotgun from Um, Generations, yeah. Yeah, so I got Generations Cup before I moved to Toronto. Then I came to Toronto. I didn't bring him with me, but then I found one on sale. And so I just bought him again because I like the figure. So I have two cups <clears throat> for, like, no reason. Um, but, that, you know, those are some examples on my end. Uh, TJ, have you ever bought a figure more than once that wasn't for troop building? I mean, for similar reasons. Uh, you know... Basic things like uh, I've ended up with multiples accidentally. Yeah, like that happens a lot, especially when people were just, like sending me things for Plastic Addict. They just throw things in. I was mm. like, I've already got it. Thank you. Like I had to set down a rule: stop sending me things by surprise. I love it, but <laughs> but we got I, I... so many backstops <laughs> to not put into landfills. <laughs> um, and I have also I've I've done the the extra figures for customs you know like i my what turned in my energon rid night cruise which is still on my desk right now a little nook over my monitor mm-hmm. like the one full transformer custom i ever did yeah because you know what that shark mold looks so good in those colors yeah i need that- to make new photos of it now that i have a decent camera yeah the Sharktacon is is one of like there's some figures like Sharktacon where I've just been tempted to if I see them at a convention loose just pick them up because I like them and I don't like I don't want to go get them from out west. Uh, I will say it is in my long term collector plans, quote unquote. I would like to get more Omega Supremes, the Action Master Elite Omega Supreme. Uh, I'd like to get a nice one on cards someday, and I'd like to just get a few more copies just to have you know backups of the gear motor system. No, not motor, but you know the gear gimmick system. Because I have I have the four Action Master Elites, but on at least one of them, the gears have completely shredded apart before I ever got it. And then I w- I wish it was more of a thing to find Junker Action Master Elites that I could tear apart for parts, like with Machine Robo and Gobots. 
But uh, like, there's one machine robot and GoBots. I have bought the same figure multiple times, but it's so I can just keep Frankensteining all the good parts onto a main one. Uh, and then like with uh, with Psykill, like I have a Psykill from my childhood. I got a nice loose Psykill. I got a carded Psykill uh, to have like a completely pristine one, and then I also. I was hoping to track down a Machine Robo one. For Copter, I definitely tracked down a Machine Robo one to have one that is, like, pristine. And then, yeah, like, Psykill's the main one where I have, like, a stunt Psykill who's okay but kind of banged up. And then, like, a pristine one that spends 99% of his life living inside his sliced card. Um, so, yeah, there's some more examples. I just I just realized those. Aaron, what about you? Any uh, Before we talk about the UPC variant craze, which is maybe giving it more credit than it deserves, uh, <laughs> have you ever purchased a figure uh, not for troop building but multiple times? So, uh, I guess you'd say the couple of times I've had issues with Viacons, that's kind of troop building. Um, that's 100% troop building. That's, that's yeah. not in the spirit of this. <laughs> um, but beyond that, I don't, I don't think so. Okay, then uh, because I don't think me and TJ ever ever interacted with it. You're kind of our our main, you're our main uh, point of interest for this. Explain the UPC variant. Craze. Okay, so here's the thing. Um, so kind of in a way, maybe sort of this I've been guilty of, but. Not, but kind of, sort of. Okay. Um, as I'm entirely descriptive on it. So, there are packaging variants. It's not necessarily... It'll be the same uh, UPC, which is the barcode. Uh, UPC's universal product code. Um, but um, it'll be something like... Uh, what was it? In Beast Wars, there would be one that would come out... And then later on, they might put a now on Fox Kids sticker on it. Well, those two toys are exactly the same, but it's different packaging. Um, even all the way back in G1, um, I know specifically like the the waves that would be all the combiner limbs. There would be some of them that were just the toy, some of them that came with like an iron on patch, and some of them that had. Like I can't remember if those had decoys. I know that some of the other ones had, but they would have other stuff, and you would be it would be the same toy that you'd buy, but there'd be different either pack in things with it or different, um, you know. Yeah, because because had those super simple ones yeah. that could pack onto the yeah. cards too. Um, yeah, and then on top of that, I mean, we even got that when we got the um, the power of the primes, where each of them had the the different, you know, they had the whatever, 12 the or 13 different cards. And there are yeah. some people out there that specifically went hunting to get all of those cards. And then, invariably, there's a subset that says, but it has to be sealed. And so you but end up... But was there not... Well, was there I, not... Because I really specifically remember from Armada, there were very... Quote, there were variants mm -hmm. in Armada where the variation... Was it amounted to like serial numbers on the card being different? So okay, so what that was is you would be looking at the date codes, and so right, the right. date codes, yeah, those date codes change every day, and because that, that's what I would always call the UPC, yeah. and it wasn't. Yeah, no, but. those are like those changed by the day, and s some I can't remember if they would also be by the shift, so you could tell if it was. 
like you know first shift of day 147 of the year and so yeah. where you would say of like hey there's a a changeover if they change the paint scheme or if they changed something else about it you would know okay this is the code where that change happened so if you've got a number before that code you've got version 1 if you've got it after that code you've got version 2 I just, I really clearly remember it was Supercon, you know, Bendy Prime. Yeah, because what was it? He had his elbows assembled backwards at one yeah, point so in it time. Wasn't even a paint, it wasn't even a paint change. It was like the most, it was, it was one of the most like deep, thin cuts of a variant you could possibly right. have. But that was, that, you could identify that was the way that you could identify it in sealed. Um, yeah. Was, was that or no, that was because, no, that was the, uh, the color of the lights on him. Oh, did that change? Yes. Okay. Oh, the Bendy Prime had like three yeah, or four because variants, he went he went he from had like the, the light silver change, lights to yellow lights the, or yellow lights to silver he lights. Had it, he had Autobot symbol without Autobot uh-huh. symbol. But that that is how you identified that sort of thing of knowing when that break was through that number range, and if you had one in this range, it was this. If you had one in this range, it was a different thing. So. That's where yeah. those two different things come in. So, yeah, if you're talking about the the date code that's embossed, and you could probably grab any of them, and you know, you find a five digit code embossed on it, you can figure out what day it was made. And what's the code I'm thinking of? It's not the UPC. It's the it's the one people say like you know when when people. <laughs> want to really irritate poor people who are just working at Walmart trying to get by through the day where they're like, I've got this code so, only to look up in the like warehouse. Walmart has their stocking codes. Target, it's called the DCPI or DPCI? DCPI. DCPI That's code. That's what it is. That's what I'm that thinking is, of. That yeah. is related to the UPC code, but is their own internal number because those will recycle every few years. And mm. so that's occasionally... Um, like when they go and they clean out a box in the back, you end up, oh, hey, here's a deluxe, and you go and scan it, and it ends up being like a $60 toy because they've recycled the information internally so that they're, the database that they have to track isn't millions of items. And it just goes, oh, no, yeah. this is not, uh, you know, this is no longer a, a deluxe. This is now the giant $100 playset thing. Mm. Yeah. That's what happened to me a few weeks ago when I found like a Generations Armada Starscream just sitting at my Walmart, and the, I wouldn't buy it because the scanner thought it was Springer. Oh, <laughs> and there's there's no way to argue that, by the way. There's no way to convince some some just someone at a register. No, no, this is the wrong UPC. It's supposed to be half the price. Like, sure it is. Uh-huh. Let me let me pull up the TF wiki. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now I'm a fan. All right. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and then you, have to, then you immediately have to give some unsolicited opinion on the Michael Bay movies. And, and at that point, they're like, uh, could you just... Look, we'll just take $20. Just just stop. Uh, I think I once accidentally attritioned myself into a deal because I grabbed something where the DCPI at a Target was not showing up, and then they just assumed it was 15 bucks or something. Um I can't remember this whole story now. I got a toy for cheap, though, and I, I didn't even do what I do at Customs and try to over-nerd my way through <laughs> some kind of war of attrition. Uh, 
it just happened because I think that the cashier was tired and wanted to move on, and I I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. Uh, War of Attrition, by the way, great card. We've all been playing it in Toronto. We like it. Uh, it's a TCG joke. Um, but yeah, I hope that answered your question, Inhuman Elm. Uh, that brings us to our our last one here of uh, of. Of it's from not of that's the wrong article. Lightning Blade Three. He says hello and good day to you folks at the WTFTFW podcast. I've been listening to you guys for a few years now, and this has become my go-to for transformer. Whoa, Transformers related podcast. Here's my question for you: Have you ever bought an entirely new batch of figures, Transformers or otherwise, because it was the only way to have a complete cast of characters? Recent example for me is Studio Series. I feel like I had the best versions of the movie line with Leader Optimus and Ironhide, Human Alliance, Bumblebee, and Jazz, but no version of Movie Ratchet ever satisfied my needs, so my 2007 Autobot cast basically went incomplete until Studio Series came out. I initially didn't feel like these figures were as good as the previous ones, but this is the only way for me to finally have that 07 cast. Now I'm actually glad I made the switch, as I'm enjoying the figures quite a bit, and there's the added bonus that there are other figures to have an even bigger cast that also look great together. Thanks for taking the time to answer my question. I bid you all a great rest of your day. I primarily bought RID 2015 Legends toys because that was, I believe, the only way to assemble the pack. Because that was the only place that there were figures of characters like uh, Jim Cummings as a crab, whose name I forgot. You know what I mean, right? Jim Cummings, the crab Decepticon with the wood paneling doors. I have forgot his name. Uh, Thunderhoof hates him. Anyway... I have totally done that. I have not done that to the point of, like, trying to replace existing figures necessarily, and I think that's one of the only times I really all out went for it. Studio Series, though, did get me when it was clear they are finishing 07 casts, because I feel like a lot of, there, there are a lot of specific bits and pieces of the 07 robots who kind of just have fallen through the cracks. Masterpiece Movie is trying to hit some of them. I doubt Masterpiece Movie is going to go as far as getting all the 07 casts done before that line kind of closes its doors. So I think Studio Series is the place to go. And I I definitely fell in with Studio Series partly because of that. Uh, And it has since proven to be a a better toy line than just allowing you to fill out cast lists. But uh, yeah, absolutely in my case. Um, TJ, what about you? You ever ever just gone for an entirely new batch of figures uh, because it was a way to complete a cast? I spent a long time doing that. Mm-hmm. Like there, there is the one. There was that time where it's just, it's easier to just order an entire wave off a of big bad than track these toys down individually, or to try and buy them one at a time. So, I want this and this and this, and well, it's just easier to order this thing. You but know. have you ever had it where it's like you had a cast you were building, or like if they just make this one figure. I'll have the cast complete, and then they start a completely new line, start over, but they do the whole cast. (laughs) I mean, isn't that what we're getting now? Kind of. In fact, I was going to say, Power Rangers Lightning Collection is going to start doing that eventually, I think. Well, I mean, well, Lightning Collection is doing that already, because they're they're cycling out all of Bandai's toys. Transformers is doing it constantly, because they're always cycling through. Here's a slightly better Optimus Prime. Mm Hmm. Or like, okay, uh, we did a really good jazz. Here's another jazz. Oh, and here's another iron high because the last time was like, like, I've already had a complete cast, but I have to have a completer cast. Mm-hmm. So I'm still buying all the new ones. 
Yeah, and in, in Masterpiece movie, as an example, like they just put out Jazz, and Jazz, uh, it sounds like, is as good as Barricade and Bumblebee. So, like, you know, Masterpiece movie, great for cars, not so great for trucks. Uh, studio series, great for trucks, hit and miss with cars. <laughs> it's like, okay, sure. That's, I've, that's... Heard, I've heard the I've heard the car drop kicks actually came out good too. So, oh, the car drop kick, it makes me so upset over Shatter. Yeah, I, I can confirm that that car drop kick is excellent. Uh, I saw Shatter once at Toys R Us, but she wasn't on sale, so I let her go. And then a sale happened, and she was gone. Someone else bought her. Why did someone buy her? I wanted that figure, and I know it's not very good, but I want it anyway. And then someone swooped in, was like, oh, "I'm going to buy Shatter," and I'm like, "They must have poor motivations." That's the only answer. Uh, but for for me, part of the way that this, I guess, I avoid this problem slash give into it is I treat every figure as a separate entity, and whether or not they form a complete cast is more of a bonus to me than a focus. Uh, that's why I have very little in common with a lot of the common, you know, discussion threads of like, oh, does this replace this old figure? And I'm kind of like, well, for me, it doesn't because it's a new figure. So it's, yeah. Yeah. it's completely different. I've, been, I, I've spent a long time trying to get over this little thing in my head where I have to complete the set. I have to complete this particular cast. I have to have all these particular ones lined up. Like, yeah. It's so like, and like, I was like, I, I think it was with like, the triple changers, like all six triple changers, finally had new toys. Like, okay, I gotta have them all. I gotta have the whole set. Gotta have the sandstorm. Gotta have the rod side. And da, 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 da. Cool. I've got all six of the original triple changers. I I don't like this one or this one. Why did I get this one and this one? <laughs> <laughs> also, they're all headmasters. I have to kind of just intrinsically be okay with that. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Springer and Sandstorm avoided that. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, but then they, yeah, so they, but they both look very similar. They're very Nick Roshi, and now there's a new Springer who fits in with the Titans ones, but is a bit smaller and isn't a headmaster. And there's also a new Astro Train who's not a headmaster. And yeah, the cycle always continues. Uh, that's why I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of like, if you can get into the idea, and it's not going to be for everyone, just treat them all as separate figures that are cool for their own merits, make the rest of it bonuses. Uh, Aaron, before I forget, what about you? You ever, uh, you ever gone for cast completion to the point of like restarting purchasing a cast? <sighs> I'd, I'm sure that that has happened, but that has not been the intention. So kind of like my situation yeah. then. Yeah, we're yeah. like, I'll, oh, it's a new toy line and I'm dumb and I got to buy everything out of the new toy line because I'm dumb. And then I end up buying, a, you know, how many, how many dozens of Optimus Primes do any of us have? Oh, yeah. That, because that's he's got to be one. in every line ever. Because it's like, oh, they're making another Optimus. And I'm like, they are. But they they tend to make nice toys out of Optimus, and they're all different figures mm-hmm. to me. So, <laughs> like, I just um, on Amazon Canada they had a daily deal where they marked uh, Galaxy Prime from Siege down thirty three percent, which puts them into the price range I'd like to pay for them. Uh, so I, I snagged them because it also came with free shipping. Uh, and one could say, obviously, yes, it's another Optimus. And I'm like, yeah, but I like the Magnus, and I want to see how I feel about the retool. Yeah. And then if I don't like it, it's, you know, I'm lucky. I can I can put things on a table a couple times a year. Uh, it's sort of it's sort of an out. Um, I was gonna say outside of Transformers, there are like Power Rangers. I think is the big one because it's like Lightning Collection is not aiming to do teams as a focus. I think mm-hmm. they're still going to finish some teams, you know, just as happenstance. But like the way that they like the way that they've almost pinpoint just stuck nails into the hands of the Bandai Legacy collection of like, oh yeah, you guys ended on Draken. Yeah, he's a regular figure for ours. 
It's not an exclusive. Uh, oh, you guys did the Psycho Rangers. Cool. Yeah, we're, we're just kind of mm-hmm. doing them, too. You know, one of them is actually in a two-pack with, with in-space red, you know, very thematic. Uh, yeah. And it's like, yeah, okay, cool. So there's also, like, there's no scale relevance between Legacy and Lightning Collection. So in my opinion, you can't, if you're going for team displays, you can't just start swapping them in and out. So it's like, this, this is going to be a thing. I, luckily, I avoided Legacy Collection despite getting tempted many, many times. And I'm really happy I avoided it because Lightning Collection's way better, in my opinion. Uh... But yeah, I was going to say Overwatch is another one, but it's more so that, like, Overwatch used to be, if you wanted the cast, you would just get the Funkos, uh, and now they're getting a good Hasbro line, but then Blizzard got all scummy, so I'm like, hey, good excuse to stop doing Overwatch for me. Uh, I can f- My Hasbro 6-inch uh, can be Power Rangers, and then I can just spectate Overwatch and spectate Marvel and uh, Star Wars. Wow, they do a lot of 6-inch. Anyway, I hope that answered your question, Lightning Blade 3. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to throw in about that topic, or shall we go into some off-topic what we got to close up? Well, Aaron, you're so eager! Punching my hand into my palm, rolling up my sleeves. Uh, Did you do anything off-topic? I got a bunch of dice. I saw! Those are the the Andy Roo dice, right? Those are the, uh, yeah, the Andy Roo team uh, dice for our Extra Life efforts. Yeah, the uh, the two dice there, uh, the the blue ones that are actually like green to blue to purple, and Ooh. and kind of iridescent a little bit. Um, I got like a hundred and twenty of those yeah. for giveaway purposes, or no, two hundred and twenty of those for giveaway purposes. Yeah, and then uh, twenty five of the red gold ones for team members and and special like. Um, people that have helped us out along the way. So uh, that was that was a big uh, surprise because it was just like, ah, it'll be to you in four to nine weeks. And then I got a shipping notice and a delivery confirmation notice within like eight hours of each other. So, and then I had a bunch of dice. And nice. it was good. So. Oh. Uh. Someday yeah. I'm going. I'm going to earn myself one of those die. That being probably just donated. Well, well but, you're a, you're you're a team member, right? Yeah, but I haven't been active, so I have yeah. to I have to well, earn my my you, not my stripes, my di- you, my dice. You, you signed up as a part of the team, so the next time I'm going to a place where you're going to be, at least that red one will come with. Aw. I'm gonna do better. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do better. I'm gonna try to raise some. I, I really want to raise for Andy Roo with table topping. That's like one of my my production goals, mm-hmm. just for my own satisfaction. Uh, that's I still want to do that. Um, but yeah, those dice look really cool. I, I like the logo a lot on the dice. It came comes through really clearly. Yeah, uh, I've seen. I it's kind of a weird blanket statement. It's just true though. I've seen custom dice where the custom face just looks like mush. Yeah, there's, I mean, that is, uh, Secret Code made this design for us quite a while ago, and it's a thing that's that's pristine. I mean, it's a takeoff of the Avengers logo, which, I mean, I'm fine with that, because um, that Avengers A is a nice, bold thing, and it's it's easy yeah. to comprehend. Um, I, I can see I can see the dog head shape, right. which is, I, yeah, I think, impressive for I, I I know somebody that used these as, like, party favors for uh like a wedding reception getting custom mm-hmm. dice na- made and they had like husband and wife's name and the date and a bunch of stuff on oh, it 
And it was it was <laughs> like like if it was one of the big like twenty five millimeter dice or bigger, like, like that would have been okay, maybe. But, <laughs> but maybe. it was like even with just like his name and her name and the date. And I want to say that there was like some, like it was two rings or something in the middle of it. Like it was an and arc is, and an and arc, not, and it was, and it was it's like not printed on, right? Like this is being, no, this, this, is, being this is engraved in text. Yeah, God, okay. <laughs> it it was very busy, and yeah. it's a thing that Alfie and I have talked about. Like, hey, when we get married, we might do something like that. But I think we'd probably do like an A and a K inside <laughs> of a heart or something, something that's yeah. much simpler. Like because there's well, not a there's not a lot of real estate on a die face. I think it's really easy to get won over by the look of conceptual vector graphics yeah. without realizing that especially with engraving, right? Yeah. You you can't really I mean you can, but with dice it, for the most part, you can't engrave a, a like half millimeter thin line of text. Right. Yeah. Without it just looking like a scribble. Four so like score in the case of... seven years ago, our father set forth upon this nation. Oh, wait, let me get another die. Yeah, it's like, as so I went to this wedding and I got these cool dice, I can tell when I roll a six because it's the splat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's not the one that the says splat. That's a different die. This is just the, the one that's the visual splat. completely like, illegible. Like, all due respect, it's a good, it's a cool idea. I think it's, it's a really, like I said, it's a really easy idea uh, to to fall in love with and not realize the logistics till it's too late. And that's Uh, the thing that I like about chess X that they, they cut two dice for us. Um, we like the, the red gold one. And then the other one that they cut for us the first time, the color that they had was different than what their sample was. Mm. So the sample version that they had was, purple into like red and the one that they cut for us was like blue into purple a little bit like it was yeah. it was it was bluer than redder or no it was redder rather than bluer because it was getting close like to the red black gold that we had for the other one and so I was like hey yeah. that's not like like the sample images that you had on your website look like this, and you know these came out looking like that. And they're like, yeah, this batch of them with the six face blank ended up more like this. Is there a different one? And we went and we found this other one that was like the the dark blue, like green to purple centered on blue type of thing. And then mm. that one looked okay. And the one that they cut us and sent me an image a while back. And then when they showed up, they all looked good. So if you want custom dice made, go to ChessX. When you get it to a decent quantity, the price is reasonable, and it's a cool custom thing. And now if you donate $5 or more in person, you can get one of these dice, and I can hand it to you. And I think for like an online donation, I'd probably have to have 20 or more in order to make shipping feel like it was worth it. So... You should mm. you should help out sick kids. Maybe you maybe help go donate to Chris. That way he's got to figure out how to get a chunk of dice from me, so that then he can get the dice to you. I mean, you you could just donate to Aaron though. Like I, I don't think I even have my extra life set up this yeah, year. Yeah, you do. Do I, Chris Ho? Right there. Oh, your fourth year playing for Andy Roos Gaming Gang. I don't remember setting that up. 
I, th- I think uh, you did it right at the beginning of the year and then didn't do anything. Yeah. You're not even set up. You're set. You're you're playing for just the generic Children's Miracle Network hospitals, not Sick Kids Canada. Which I hey, think they're one of the wrong... ones. No, it's fine. It's going to it's going to everybody. But you you didn't yeah you didn't pick your your local hospital. There's uh, I mean I I don't have any ties to the local Toronto ones, and I no longer like the local BC one. Okay, so I'd rather just go everywhere. Okay. Uh, I got beef with Victoria BC's medical s- system, and that is not for this podcast, but I yelled about it on Twitter earlier today a bit. So there's, there is that. Uh, anything else on your end off topic you want to talk about? Uh, no. Then I'll just quickly say I forgot three on topic things because they're repaints, but uh, I got Lancer at, at the last toy show. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I like the colors. <laughs> it doesn't feel very good. That mold feels like it's dying. Uh, so I have to tighten a bunch of stuff. And I got Nightbird uh, and Zetar, finally. Uh, and they're both kind of jank, to be honest. Nightbird is hella jank. Uh, that mold doesn't feel very good. But now that we're on the Nightbird iteration, uh, Zetar is fine. He's just a, he's got kind of loose knee on one leg. I need to, to take a look at it. But... Uh, I had completely forgotten <laughs> about those. Zetar and Nightbird was because they were the whole, the whole debacle, but uh, Lancer was very recent. I know I hadn't talked about her, so I gotta. I still have to put together an Orthea, but I'm I'm hyped to do that once I have uh, more of my general life in order. Uh, anyway, that said, off topic. TJ, did you do anything uh, off topic of late you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did a few things. All right. Okay, so. First off, uh, I have to thank uh, the Iron Yeti over at Twitter, because mm-hmm. dude was cool enough to hook me up with, I I think, like half of the old McDonald's changeable line. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. That's, a, that's, that's on mines right now, because they're doing that anniversary run, right? They did that anniversary run. That was a five-day yep. promotion. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's already done. That seems like very stressful for the employees. It probably was. Or anybody trying okay. to get any of those things. That's why I'm saying for the employees more so. <laughs> Stress transfers. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he started me on the Crusade, because uh, those were a big little hidden nostalgia from my childhood. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, a couple weeks later, I've got everyone, like, all of, like, 22 plus the two new ones. Man, I, I I never had a connection to those because the the time they were out was the one time my mom didn't get me a Happy Meal toy, and it's like it, it the ripple effect is I I think they look cool but I feel no draw to them. Yeah, uh, I had some, well I had some as a kid that were like big time play things for me. Uh, I had like clear memories of going to like cousins' houses and they always had ones that I didn't have and I was like super jealous because theirs were neater than mine. Yeah. Of course, you always thought your friends' toys were neater than yours when you were a kid. I was like me and my buddy who had all the Rock Lords, and like I kind of just started quietly inheriting their Rock Lords. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them are like there's like as Transformers, like they're super simple things, like mm. but they do have their own little charm to them. Like they tried really hard not to make them look too much like a Transformer or a GoBot, so they kind of hit their own aesthetic. Uh, some of the ones I didn't have as a kid are freaky. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, they made one in the second run that was just, like, a small fry. And, like, it's the way it transforms is literally just two hands shoot out from the bottom. Not feet. Hands. <laughs> There's thumbs molded in. 
it has no legs, and then the front of it flips up into, like, this really freaky, like, wide-eyed robot face with an opening jaw. That's just like a proto-bot-bot. <laughs> well, I mean, that was the joke bot-bots had, like, as soon as they were announced. It's like, okay, they're... McDonald's did that in the 80s. Yeah. yeah, but like specifically like being like almost purposefully freaky is like there's a decent chunk of bot bots where I'm like this is uh this is not made for a kid. This is <laughs> this is made for a yeah. very strange adult. <laughs> yeah. But like these things hit like this very particular sweet spot for me nostalgia wise. I remember like when I f- it took 6 tries to find a McDonald's here that actually had the two new ones. Yeah. And I do say new because they're recast molds. Oh, like I was they, curious like, about that. Yeah, like they are, re- they, like, uh, like the the Happy Meal that turns into the T Rex, the dopey looking T Rex. Like they fixed like the molding lines around the neck, oh, but wow. they also took out they also took out some of the screw assembly, and it's like mushroom peg now. Oh, weird. So, I like, guess easier you to f- produce, but you, yeah, well, yeah, it's easier to produce. You can, you know, there's less parts, and you can see some thinner plastic on them. So like, it's the change of toy standards over 30 years, but it's it's still like. It still hits the right spot. I got stupidly happy when I realized that the new Burger Bot wasn't actually one of the originals. Oh, it's like a new, new one. Well, well, it's the same robot as the original, like Quarter Pounder, mm-hmm. but it's just a plain hamburger, which oh. is not a hmm. food they ever had before. So I was like, "Oh my god, it's new!" <laughs> it's uh, what's it? it's nacelle. <laughs> it's uh, kind it's of Red Wing. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So those those were a nice hit in nostalgia. Um I had to buy a bunch of lots off of eBay to get a hold of some of them. Yeah. Which meant like I ended up with the I ended up with a ton of spares that I really shouldn't have. Yeah, just like bot bots. <laughs> uh yeah. Well bot bots uh these these are a little bit more versatile because I I've begun I've begun repainting the really trashed ones. Yeah. So I'm creating my own changeables now. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, God. So Sorry, I just saw the logo. Yeah. I'm making evil changeables. Yeah, because they're from Burger King, the worst fast food restaurant. That's well, that's a perfect Decepticon version of the McDonald's ones. Well, he, he's a Burger King. Uh, I'm currently making a Wendy's right now. Ooh, that's, that's more like a mercenary. I'd say it's more like an Octone. <laughs> oh, no. You, no. You'll appreciate this because it's based on the horrific one I just told you about. Oh, this is this is going to be really freaky. So, and then I've got like I've got a spare uh, ice cream cone too. So also Dairy Queen. Excellent. Like I have my own faction going. Dairy Queen's like the zombie version because like they're they're around, but like I haven't thought of Dairy Queen and I never I spend years not thinking about Dairy Queen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's really that, yeah. that's I think that's a that's a great use of the spares. Like you know, that, that's what I wanted to do with some spare bot bots before I just managed to pass them along. Uh, you know, like change change a you know change the colors on one, change the leaves from green to autumn or something. Yeah. Um, cool. It, it reminds yeah. me of when I was chasing GoBots that one year as well. Of like, I just want to I want to complete a certain run of GoBots that I remember. I was going to get all these lots with junker pieces, Frankenstein <laughs> them onto the ones who could use the new parts. Uh, so I didn't customize anything. I just I had a I had a mailer box of the worst of the worst where I'd already harvested all the parts I wanted, and I just put that on a sales table with a one dollar sign on it. And it was like, take whatever you want, give me a buck. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, so uh, thanks, Iron Yeti, for hooking me up with those. Also, uh, I'm going to preemptively thank uh, Bubby1905 over on Twitter mm-hmm. because this promotion had, like, a brand new poster for the Changeables with, like, retro 80s or kind of being Transformer artwork that yeah. like, I love. And he's hooking me up with one of the posters they made for that, so that oh, made awesome. me happy. I can't believe how much work they did for a five day promotion. That's still kind. I'm still kind of blinking at that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you think of all the license they had to get for all those. Just all that Cause work. To... There, like, because there's a Furby, there's a Power Ranger, there's a Tamagotchi, there's yeah, one. Homo- some of those, I wonder if it's a thing that's like, hey, we have this in perpetuity for the toy because it was just like reissues of those toys they right well they were not like new versions no no, no they're reca- they're remolded like they're brand new molds right so like they had to actually put real work into them they're just based off of the originals yeah it's just all but that work like, for a for a 5 day thing though it's like it's yeah, crazy to and me like, <laughs> there's so many toys in that assortment like some of them are going to be like crazy hard to come by like maybe that was part of the intent was to reintroduce the idea of hard collectability to McDonald's toys but like I also wonder then if maybe part of it was all these licenses were okay getting invoked as long as it was only for a week I mean some of them like okay well you think like they did they got Hasbro to check off on Power Rangers and Furby at the same time yeah you know, and then like yeah. they one of them was a beanie baby and like these days like whatever makes us money please yeah beanie baby was like no we're <laughs> in fact we have several you could just start selling too we have more like no no just just the, the nostalgia ones <laughs> uh, i saw some Thai beanie babies at the drugstore the other day and i was like oh man <laughs> i forgot about you guys or whatever yeah. they're called now beanie something else i, just, I saw the Thai logo uh, let's see. On to more complex transforming plastic that is not a transformer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got the uh, the new machine robo, the steam robo. Oh, yeah. the, the I haven't picked that one up yet. Uh, that's the, I guess, the newest one that came out. Yeah. So, like, that was uh, Loco, or the the locomotive yeah. on that line. Uh, like, I was, I was super jazzed on this, because I'm like, I'm not one of, the, I'm not a train enthusiast. I just really like how like that, those old locomotives look. It's just huge, powerful machines. Uh, this is a really nice figure. Yeah, I mean, like that—that's that's the the sad good part about that whole action toys line is after the kind of some rickety starts, like as of you know fourth or fifth figure in, it's just like yeah, these are all aces, and you make one every year and a half now. <laughs> yeah. Like, they showed off this prototype years ago, and I was like, that's the that's literally the only one I want. Just yeah. make me that, because no, no one makes that anymore. Yeah, no, no one makes non- that style of vehicle. Nonwithstanding the countless other prototypes they showed, like, a year or two ago, and I'm just like, any of them, please. Like, I, what do I have to do to get these released? <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that train had had been floating around for ages. I'm glad I hadn't really kept up with coverage of them. I'm, I'm glad you turned out well because they they've been on a roll with those when they do get them out. Yeah. So the train mode does have a couple little gap issues. Nothing nothing deal breaking. Mm-hmm. Just just if you look too hard or actually look for them, you'll find them. Uh, robot mode super clean. Like there's like very little trace of a train left. Yeah, that's a good looking bot mode. Yeah, and there's nothing hanging off his back. There's no backpack anywhere. You know, the only shell kibble is, like, his traditional stuff around his head and shoulders. Yeah. 
And that just looks like armor, so that's fine. Uh, the transformation I did not expect on this guy. Because, like, the, the way that... It's, it's hard to explain how this thing works. So, when you're looking at the vehicle mode, everything that forms, like, the upper half of the vehicle is the robot... Is, like, the robot mode torso going forward. Oh, it's like wow. none of that... Yeah. So that, that all kind of unfolds and extends out that way. The legs end up in the... Like, the pelvis ends up in the middle of this underneath. Yeah. And the legs kind of form, like, a Z shape as they unfold into the actual locomotive wheels and uh. then collapse down together. So it's not... It's not a symmetrical... Like, it looks completely symmetrical, but it's not. That's so cool! I want to know who designed that. It it, it should say on the box, actually. Uh, as, as remember, they credit on the box who the designer was. I wonder if that's a G's-Eye piece or not. I The box is, like, ten feet from here, if you want me to look. Yeah! Do it! Do it! Alright, hang on. Live reporting! I I would also like for it to be G's-Eye, because he hasn't worked on anything for ages with that line. Yeah. But... Uh, Hope he gets to come up with something. But Jesus has been putting some some good stuff up in the last few years, anyway, just on social media. It's all CAD designs. But it's yeah, crazy CAD designs. Uh, so I guess I'm looking on the bottom. Yeah, uh, the product designer is Awaken Studio. Okay, they they worked on a bunch of those as well. Not, nothing wrong with them. I just I get tickled when I see Jesus's name on something. <laughs> Uh, okay, Awaken Studio, good to know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna try to pick that thing up, I think, sooner than later. Uh, it, it sounds like it's great. That transformation sounds incredible. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, the, uh, what is it, the, this, the Blackbird is excellent as well, and the, uh, the Missile Robo, uh, or whatever, the, the, the one who turns into, like, a little boxy missile carrier, um, is super cool, too. Yeah, I kind of fell off of that line for a while, so I might have to go back for a few. Yeah. yeah, the only the only two really that you can skip, I would say, are quote unquote leader one and cycle. Uh, nothing wrong with those figures; they're just worse than the rest of them. Yeah, uh, and then they put and out I'd that rather, DX one. Yeah, I'd rather have the DX one. Yeah, I um, going back to another Lister question. Actually, last toy show I was at, someone was liquidating a couple of those DX ones for a really good price, and I almost bought one just because I like that figure a ton. And I was like, I'd like a spare Psykill. I love Psykill. I have like three Masterpiece Megatrons with the, you know, the the um, fancy knockoffs. Wouldn't mind having a second Psykill. But then I forgot about it because I was trying to sell stuff. Uh, didn't sell. I didn't sell enough to feel like I could comfortably just go and grab a spare Psykill. Um, that's awesome to hear. Uh, anything else off topic on your end? Uh, I'm going to stay in the same vein and say I got the Super Train Megazord. The original Super Train Megazord? The original Super Train Megazord. Like, what other nice. Super Train did they make? Oh, no, they didn't mini-plaw that one with good mini-plaw. That was old mini-plaw. Uh, yeah. That thing's big, from what I remember. thing is monstrous. Yeah. So, yeah, like, this. remember, for those who lost track, this was from Lightspeed Rescue. This is basically their carrier Zord, because every one is big enough to hold one of the normal-sized Zords. Yeah, either or, you know, the regular or the Omega. Yeah, and yeah, it's still transform. It's a simple transformation, but that means it can transform without taking the other Megazord out. It, but it's also, I just want to say this, the Super Train Megazord's transformation is simple, but deceptively complex as far as, like, not literally being five trains slapped together in the visual. Yeah, yeah. like, especially when you get to the third one. Like, the the core one does have, 
you know, a few layers of transformation to him to make his torso work. Yeah. You know, and it's not as, it's not as cut and dry as just take off the front clip yeah. to body. Man, I've almost picked that thing up a few times, and the size is an easy way to tell myself not to. Yeah. Because, like, I ended up at, uh, well, here's what happens. Like, I had to accompany someone out to the other coast where they have the super good comic book stores. Mm-hmm. And uh, my favorite shop in the world, which is Tate's Comics over near Fort Lauderdale. It's the place It's the place I've shown on Twitter where it's like, this is the size of, like, a convention dealer room, and it's just a store. Yeah. And hmm. I, ha- I, got, I got stuck there for a few hours uh, waiting for the other half of my party to get done with their business and come back. So I was I had way too long to stare at this thing. Yeah, he's got attritioned into a super trained megazord. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Like I I stared at it too long. I feel like I have to own this now. I've I have almost felt that way about megazords uh, when I've gone out west to cherry bomb. Like I was there once right after they got a whole bunch of Power Ranger stuff brought in, and they had like they had I, I think like the Lightspeed Rescue Run sitting there. Uh, they had one other one I was really into. They had a they had a Thunderzord, uh, Red Dragon Thunderzord, and mine is mm-hmm. missing a few pieces. And I was like, oh, uh, I, I managed to hold off. But it, it, power Megazords from that era are so tempting in person, like when they're loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're like when they're loose, it's like some some of them are expensive, but often you'll, you'll you'll encounter the one where it's like, oh, it's not expensive because like the stickers are banged up, and I don't care about the stickers because it's a Megazord. I just mm-hmm. want to smack that thing together, and then yeah, <laughs> yeah, like the, like this this one still cost, but it wasn't that bad. And well, but yeah. I do, I it is missing its little antenna, which like all of them are missing because it's so it's it came off so easily. There mm-hmm. must be but a shapeways ca- part for that. That seems like a thing. Probably. I really don't care about the antenna, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh it is it is missing like the top hatch for the third train because like like that the way that one worked is like the little helicopter zord kind of set in there from the top. Yeah. So like I do have to I I do have to get that one again so I can have so there isn't this weird gap in his torso. Mm. But beyond that, like it's actually a really cool toy. Like, yeah, Lightspeed Rescue. If I was going to collect a DX line, Lightspeed Rescue is one of the first ones I would go after for the like between the Super Train and the Omega already. It's like those are really freaking cool toys. Uh, like the Omega Megazord is also like diecast laden, if I remember correctly. So it's like heavy. Yeah, I, I stopped with the Megazords by then, so I don't have. I don't remember how it was. Way back in the day when eBay was was picking up steam and I was in the midst of being in my early 20s and just having a bit too much money, uh, I, I did a ton of research about Lightspeed Rescue and almost bought the entire line several times and managed to not. Uh, and the Omega Megazord is, was one of the ones I thought was super cool because it also had the walker mode where it, it's kind of just spider walking, but like it has a cockpit, so it looks like a, mm-hmm. a Land Rover walker. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I really like Lightspeed Rescue's style. Um, but uh, grats on the super train. That's a, that's a big step. That's the biggest step forward to take with light speed. I think, uh, yeah. Um, uh, I, I guess the question is, if you were going to get, uh, something to fill up that super train, would you go for the mega or the Omega? Um, I personally never liked the aesthetic of the Omega. It's weird. This is a very weird robot. Yeah. But like, yeah, like I might, I might go for a light speed Megazord just 
just for the sake of having like the whole thing like again here we talk about like completing sets yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean megazords right like they, they they're kind of their own thing where it's also often their design where it's like no the more of them you get the more you combine them together they all they all do a thing at the end and turn into a very large cardboard suit and it's like okay i get it like that's <laughs> Uh, anything else so off topic on your end? Um, I'm saving a couple things just in case I don't have anything to talk about next week. For sure. Or next time we record. Never really happens, but we'll pretend it does. That's Um, what I do. That's that's also, it's a mixture of that and forgetting things that I kind of conglomerate into that reasoning. This is why I keep a notepad open. Well, I don't know what those are. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, I will end on Pokemon Sword. I hear that game's good. Yeah, that game is fun. I hear that so, game's good. I hear a lot of people are angry about it, but also it's good. And a lot of people are angry <laughs> about dumb stuff. So you know, <laughs> yeah. Like, like I'm, I'm a, like, trust me, I am just as annoyed as you are. Not you. I'm talking like the the royal you, the listener you. Yeah. That uh, you're no, some, not me. I'm sorry. Are you I annoyed? Are you are you hashtag game freak lied or whatever the hell? Yeah. M- maybe I don't know. <laughs> well, you said game freak lied because. That was because they said that they were redoing the models from the ground up, and that's why they couldn't include every Pokemon. Mm. And then it turns out oh, they just yeah. reused the models from the last game. I got so confused because that hashtag turned into 60% garbage posting. And so mm. I tried to figure out what they lied about, and I actually couldn't figure it out anymore when I saw it on my timeline. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, uh, there you go. They, they reused the character models for the pokemon but guess what it still looks amazing because you've never seen those models off of your 3ds and also the pokemon are gonna look like that like the i saw the bulbasaur model floating around and i was like well yeah bulbasaur just looks like that like i'm a i'm a g1er don't get me wrong but like that makes me a bulbasaur export export expert export export i export bulbasaur it's my side business but like i i kind of get it like why don't you remodel it from the ground up but also like they'd be remodeling it to look like a bulbasaur so yeah maybe i don't i don't entirely slightly more polygons now involved i saw the thing also we're like look at this tree and i'm like in the distance what What about the Pokemon? What who cares about the tree? Is this the puddle thing from the Spider-Man game? The shadow drops off halfway through. Like, look, I know there are websites devoted to to visual benchmarking, and I but I know for a fact y'all don't work for that website. So settle down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, guess what? None of that matters. The game is still a lot of fun. Oh, like I'm astonished. Yeah. Here's yeah. Oh wait, a Pokemon game is actually good. Wow. But here's the thing. Uh, the last game was all about, oh, we're, change- we're changing up how the game works so it feels different. There's no gym leaders or badges. We just have these things that feel a lot like gyms and badges. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, st- we're not really reinventing the wheel. This game does gyms and badges, but mm-hmm. the gyms are stadiums, so the battles are epic. Oh, I see. Yeah, I've seen a lot of video clips going around, and it looks intense. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not as intense as it looks, but it makes for, like, a super cool finish to your gym fights. Well, yeah, but, uh, yeah. But but also, I saw stuff like the giant Pikachu. Yeah. And then the gianter Pikachu, who just says P. Uh-huh. That was, that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, 
Yeah, the giant Pokemon are kind of fun. Well, it's the um, voice actor, too, because Pikachu's voice actor is kind of getting up there, right? If I recall correctly. Yeah, but she still sounds exactly the same. I know, but then she gets to do the giant one where she just goes like, pee. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> There's no effects on her voice whatsoever. She's just going, pee. I love it. I've been saying pee, Pikachu, Pachu. For thirty years, <laughs> in the same general voice, you mean I get to I get to play around? Hell yeah, like, yeah. So it's like not thirty years. Like it's not that, but oh my god, I get to say something else. Yeah, I get to shift tone. The cool thing, what makes the game really cool and feel different is, well, one they have like one big open area that's free roaming camera, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know, there's a ton of different like weather effects and day night effects that happen there change up what you run into the cool thing is pokemon show up in the main world and are just like roaming around yeah Excellent. so like well you're just walking like in normal games you just walk around in the gas in the grass mm-hmm. and things just show up you know yeah like an rpg random encounter you know old school stuff. they're on un- they're under the grass we just can't see them uh no these things are wandering the grass you they will either run from you or chase after you. Yeah. So you can have fun with that. Uh, there are things that hide in the grass, but you can still see where they are. So like how many you run into is entirely up to you. And you don't have to like sit and wander for eons. So it's more like the let's go. Kinda. It, it, where it does where feel, they're just in the world. They're just, yeah, they're just in the world. Like and there's some that are like exclusive to little, to hiding in the grass, but for the most part, you can see if what you want is there. So you're not just wandering mm-hmm. around for hours, going, "Where is the rare encounter? Is this thing supposed to be here? Was the guide right? Am I in the right spot of the grass?" You I've just actually eaten you can see fifty them. pidgeys. I've just started eating them. I have nothing else to do with them. I just I throw a ball at their head and I consume their body. Well, oh. I I have seen a couple people talk about how it's great because like you can. Like juice your shiny odds by chain catching. You can what? And s- yeah, so so like normally catching a shiny is like <laughs> in the games it's normally like one in eight thousand or one in four thousand. What was that verb you just used? Juice. Oh boy. Okay. Like you know, steroids. Oh okay, because I'm thinking about like you're juicing the Pokemon to be able no. to eat them faster. I mean, no. Wh- what do you think? No. What do you, what do you think happens to the Pokemon you give up in Pokemon Go? Oh, no, they, they get, get ground yeah, up get gr- and turned into candy. They ground up That's into candy different. that you feed to their to their brothers and sisters. It's normal. But so, but if you catch like two in a row, your next one has odds that are like one in a thousand. Where it's like, not it, just because you've seen two, you've got better odds. It's the next one's odds well, like get better to a certain point. Yeah, like well, here's a. Th- like the way the system works now, it's like it's like twenty five in a row, which is similar to Pokemon Ghost chain mm-hmm. catching. And basically, if you, by the time you get twenty five in a row, you've got double the chance of a shiny. And then, if you have fought a certain number, uh, your your odds go up higher. Hmm. And then you've got the eye. If you fill out your Pokedex, you can get an item that increases your odds higher. I think you can get your shiny chance down to like one in four hundred. All right. Yeah, I mean, back in my day, I played this on the thing called the Game Boy, and uh, there was there was not enough graphics to have shiny Pokemon. So I'm happy for you all uh, that you're able to engage in this kind of stuff because I didn't have that. 
My my shiny was a scyther because he was in the other cartridge. I'm like leaning. Imagine I'm leaning back in my chair, but also my chin is getting eaten by my throat as I'm talking. Scyther's mm-hmm. uh, uh, Scyther's not in this game, and it pains me. Well, they lied. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag game for life. <laughs> Oh god. Sorry, I, I I've been like how ha- because I how can you not because it's all over the place. I've been like just that's been noise in the apartment next door if that makes any sense. Uh and I have been hearing a lot about that whole thing and it makes me feel really bad for the folks working on Pokémon because it sounds like it's very thankless right now. <laughs> uh but it's good that the game turned out. I've been seeing tons of screenshots and gameplay of, of folks who picked it up. Uh, and it, it it looks like it's super solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's a Pokemon game. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and there's nothing really wrong with it unless you go looking for it. Yeah, just I, I have take one, it for what it is and enjoy. I got one big problem. Yeah. If you're gonna do a new Pokemon game with new graphics, it should look like the Pikachu Detective movie. I think that's why everyone's so upset that they don't have one. <laughs> Because everyone wants the super realistic Bulbasaur with veins in his eyes and all that. Hell yeah! Uh, I uh, I watched that movie yeah, on when, a plane. When everybody has when everybody has like gaming PCs, uh, in in small handheld consoles, then yeah, maybe we can get that level of graphics. Well, it doesn't look like the movie, but you know, just make them all wet and and put some heavy texture in, and uh, and make sure that there's like little puddles. You know they're leaving in their wake. Mm-hmm. I watched the movie on a plane. That movie was so good. I really liked it. Yeah. Did the maybe it's a spoiler. I maybe I shouldn't say it. The thing with the eyeballs was really freaky, and I liked it. Yeah, that was really friggin' freaky, and I liked it. Um. But yeah, I, I'm not. I, I wouldn't expect them to just like turn around and throw those graphics out into a game. That's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous thing to demand. Yeah. From, <laughs> Uh, but I would like it. Would draw me in. Even the toys for that movie, like all the Mega Bloks and stuff, look more like normal Pokemon than than Detective Pikachu movie Pokemon. It really bummed me out. I was like, there's not enough musculature, not enough tongue. I, I can't, I can't see the pores. Um, but uh, congrats. You want hot toys to make you that, Mister Mime? Hell yeah. That's where I would be like, no, I'm fine with you doing your stupid thing with like the the PVC skin over an articulate skeleton. Like, it's, Mr. Mime is stretchy. Although Mr. Mime's dead, so like it would be weird to make a figure of him. I haven't seen the movie yet. Oh, I'm half joking. Yeah, well, you you totally should. It's oh, it's I know. A- it's it's like in a pile of movies that I've just been putting off. I mean, I, I waited till I was on a plane that had it. Uh, and it was still it's still really cool. There's some problems with it that I have seen people cite, and I'm like, those are completely valid criticisms of some of the themes of the movie. But it's it's a really solid kids movie. And it, the other great part about it is it's not two and a half hours long. Like, there's a lot of restraint mm-hmm. in that movie for what they did. So it's very good. And uh, I wonder if I, now I'm tempted to just keep up this thing. Like, oh man, it's crazy when they just when Mr. Mime gets physically consumed by a Bulbasaur. Like I didn't know his blood was that color. It was oh, oh. I I thought that was like one of those common memes coming off the movie. Like you know that like Rodan is Starscream. That's another one, uh, <laughs> which is completely true. I didn't even like that movie, but it's completely true. <laughs> um, but yeah. Anything else, TJ, uh, for Pokemon, or shall we uh, close up shop uh, with my table topping? 
Yeah, close it up. All right, I got some tabletop news for the off-topic. There's a new Keyforge expansion, and all reports are it is way better than... I I just kind of tuned out the first Keyforge, like the second wave of Keyforge. And as far as I can tell, it, that was completely fine. It seems like no one likes it. So I'm like, all right. And then a lot of people are saying the new one, Worlds Collide, is super cool. So I went and picked up a couple Worlds Collide decks, because I hadn't picked up a Keyforge deck in a while. And, like... I don't play it enough to warrant buying tons of decks, but like I still like having a few. It's it's a fun game when I have played it. And I immediately opened the best deck name I've seen in a long time. I opened a deck. It has one of the new houses, the Star Alliance. Uh, and the deck is called The Woman That Occasionally Betrays Joy. And I was like, all right. It's my aesthetic. And then I ran the deck through Decks of Keyforge, which is this weird algorithm to come up with a very basic rating of a deck that is mostly focused on synergy and it got rated pretty well. So I was like, all right, the woman who occasionally betrays joy. I'm going to, I'm going to bring that with me to PAX Unplugged. If I ever sit down to play any key forge there, I'll have, I'll have that in my back pocket. Uh, mm-hmm. and then, uh, I, I was bopping around the local shops and I saw a, a game that looked really cool and it was on sold out pre-order. And I was like, that's not common for a game that seems like it's not very well known. Uh, and then I just found out you could order some of it directly. So I, I read up on this game. It's called Combo Fighter. Uh, one of my big wants out of a tabletop game is like a card game that is a fighting game, but it's a card game. Because I'm no good at fighting games, but I like the idea of being good at them. And from what I read, this one's really good. So I, I uh, basically the game is rock, paper, scissors, but with fighting game tactics involved. It's very cool. Uh, and it has a solo mode that's not bad. It's like uh, you, you sort of have an AI version of an, of an, of an opponent character. And it works out pretty well to try out the game. So I played a little bit of it last night, uh, just on my own. I was really digging it. Uh, the thing is a lot of the, the game's very hard to come by right now. Uh, and apparently there's going to be a reprint like in the spring next year, but I was like, well, I'm thinking about it now. So I went to the site, Colossal Games, who make it, and they were like, yeah, we, we have some of it for sale. They have, so there's a, a main set with four characters, and then three add-ons with two characters each. Uh, like, like, pack one, pack two, and pack three. Pack three is five bucks more because it comes with additional, like, arena rules. And I was like, oh, that's neat, because they have pack two and pack three in stock. So let's get those two, and I'll have four characters to mess around with. And, uh, and then, uh, I, I order them. And uh, they show up in the mail yesterday, and, and it's pack one and pack two that show up in the mail. Uh, pack one is sold out on their site, so I'm very confused. So I send an email going like, hey, I ordered pack two and three, but I got pack one and two. And like the main reason I'm emailing is, is, is because pack three is 20 bucks and all the other ones are 15 bucks. So I'm like, I got overcharged five bucks, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, I get a canned response because their main email person is like, yeah, we're all at this gaming convention uh, for the next week as of immediately today. And I'm like, damn it. And th- But then I get a follow-up where it's like, we're also moving all uh, customer queries to a ticketed system. And I'm like, that's great. So I put in a ticket uh, to get that hopefully fixed up, but also they're apparently gone until the 25th. So I'm like, damn it. <laughs> so I, I still have four characters to mess with. Uh, I just want to, I hope I can get that sorted out. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping at PAX Unplugged, I might be able to track down the, the sets I don't have, because uh, it was a Kickstarter. Um, and the, the Kickstarter version is just the main box, but with all the characters in it. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, it's a very fun game. I was really impressed with it. Like, I, I've played Yomi before. Um, I, I messed a lot with uh, Uncaged by a local developer in Toronto. A very fun, like, card versions of fighting games. Combo Fighter, the flow of the game is just so good. Um, I'm going to bring that with me uh, to PAX Unplugged, because uh, it's also very portable. Um, 
it's just decks basically. And uh, yeah, I, I recommend it if you if you like the idea of what I'm describing and you just like you know card gaming stuff. Hopefully next year it'll be plentiful and you can just get a hold of uh, a set of it for you know basic price. And uh, yeah, real fun to play. Rock paper scissors, but with tactics. I I kind of like it. Uh, and that's my uh, that's my off topic. So that is the close of this episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you guys for joining me for this one. Uh, and uh, I don't really have anything else to announce other than, like, we're going to hopefully in the next one hit some more listener questions to uh, uppercut the new backlog before it becomes a thing. And, uh, yeah, just continue on plugging away at our stuff as we do. So uh, stay tuned for more. Um, thank you for listening. And uh, until we talk to you again, uh, enjoy your robots and stay very, very safe. Oh, yeah, I know what you're thinking. Oh, that's the end of a podcast, isn't it? What's all this extra timeline on this file? Why is it so large? Well, in November, we recorded two of these listener question uh, get-togethers, which were meant to be separate podcasts, but, you know, the last two months have been tricky, so I decided to smash them both together into one giant dribbling podcast sandwich to celebrate the new year, to celebrate the year of 2020, and uh, also that that way it's not like a whole bunch of backlog releases, we just have the one, but also it means you get all these listener questions take together, kind of like the uh, squishy textual filling of a, an audio Oreo um, Oreo um, uh, hoagie. So there's just another podcast after this. In fact, there's even like another cold open. As the old folktale goes, kilohertz um, only means something if you've got a big kilohertz. See, in German, heart is Herz, which is spelt like Hertz without the T. Okay. I'll put these chips down now. Yeah, see what I mean? Another cold open. Uh, anyway. What's wrong with you? They got these Miss Vicky's uh, Applewood Smoke Barbecue Chips. It's, it's my, my constant quest. I'm going to put this out there in case anyone ever hears this phrase and says, oh, I know where to get those. I'm always trying to recapture the specific flavor and texture of the old Thunder Crunch Barbecue Chips from when I was a kid. Uh, so I'm just throwing it out there in case anyone possibly listening, because this is also the opening of the podcast, can ever find me some of that Barbecue Thunder Crunch. That's the quest for uh, all the listenership, as well as you guys. Hello, welcome to the show. Hello, Aaron. Hi. Uh, hello, TJ. Uh, we might be able to find it. It might be a little stale. I, I don't want to eat chips that were made in the 1990s, because I don't think potatoes can hold up as well as like pure chemical syrups uh, tend to. Probably. Like, I, I expect they're going to be, like, razor hard. Not sharp, necessarily, but razor hard. Uh, if, if they're still in existence. The bags were really fun, though. They were bright colors. And then, by the way, they're called Thunder Crunch because they crunched. Like thunder. Uh, it's, <gasps> yeah. It's WTF and TFW. We're here to do uh, another little battle listener questions because, actually, the October listener question backlog fit into our topic list quite nicely. IMO, which, is, as the kids say, means, uh, in uh, my opinion. Before we do that, though. We gotta we gotta hit something important, which is uh, gonna probably just roll up itself in between things in what we got on topic this week, which is really the first thing we're gonna do. But I got something on topic this week, which relates to a small piece of news. Uh, I opened up Studio Series Long Haul, and I, I like him. 
I I uh, definitely see that uh, the the twofold issue of the rear end of the truck mode where a it looks bad and b the there's two tabs on the side of the bed that are really tenuously holding themselves together. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on mine, as long as I press them, they stick until I like you know slap the toy or something. Uh, I have not tried the foot mode. I decided I don't really I don't really care about the combined mode stuff until one of the leader toys are out. Because you can need... have more pieces together of it than yeah, two random I, bits of arm. I just don't know. Like, I didn't do Rampage into a foot either because I was like, I just don't. I did the hand mode for one of them uh, mm-hmm. for um, the the deluxe, and I was like, I just, <laughs> I just don't care. Not, not until I have like an, a limb to attach to. I just don't care. Uh, but I think I think Long Haul's a pretty good figure. Uh, he's he's not the most posable thing, but he looks great no matter what he's doing. They got that uh, heavy set dumpiness uh, mm-hmm. working on him. Uh, cool transformation. Uh, took me a bit to figure it out because because uh, stuff kind of there's a lot of tabs and slots, and with with the Studio Series Constructicons, there's also a lot of tabs and slots you don't have to engage with <clears throat> when you're not doing the combined modes, and it can be pretty easy to get confused. Uh, I've noticed. Right, but. Speaking of that, did you guys see uh, the newest shots of Combined Devastator that were on display where they actually posed him like Devastator? Yeah. And surprise, yeah. surprise, when you pose him like <clears throat> Devastator, he looks good. When you pose him how he's supposed <clears throat> to pose, he looks like he's properly posed? Yeah. Can we go back in time to all the discussion threads going like, oh, maybe he doesn't look very good? And I mean, I think we tried anyway. I'm sure at least I did on Twitter, which isn't really trying. But like, I saw this talk where it's like, the upright, you know, the forced upright devastator. Mm-hmm. Uh, people going like, this doesn't look very good. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it doesn't. I can make a lot of toys look bad by doing that to them. <laughs> uh, but the new shots, he's hunched over. He certainly is a messy looking boy. And, uh, and you know, as he should be. I think that the shapes are working out, though. And I'm, I'm curious about that extra piece on the head that you clamp over top of Mixmaster to make it look even more like it transformed even though it didn't uh, i saw a comment about i wonder where that goes when uh when they're not devastator and i am very curious about that the ongoing mystery of overload that we're probably not going to know until the summer uh but i yeah I, I thought it turned out pretty well aaron sounds like uh you like you were um at least in agreement that he, when he's posed correctly he looks like devastator yeah yeah are you, are you uh, feeling any kind of draw to him now that you've seen him all hunched over and looking big I mean, I've already bought half of them or so. I know, but you could just cut out any time, really. Yeah, you know me, I couldn't. <laughs> you can I, just hit the eject button. Like, like right theoretic, now. I know that theoretically I could, but yeah. I can't. I can't not buy the last of them. Yeah, I realized when I got long haul, I was like, I have over half of them now. I have four, and there's seven, right? There's one, eight. two, three. Oh, yeah! I always forget the double arm thing. It always messes mm-hmm. up my math. So I am halfway through. I'm halfway through. Which is weird to think of, given that I can't identify Devastator out of the ones that are out so far. Yeah. Uh, TJ, how are you feeling about the combined Devastator now that he's all hunched over like he's supposed to be? I mean, it's, it is it is the messy shamble that is Revenge of the Fallen Devastator, mm-hmm. which is exactly what he's supposed to be. Yeah. It, it It's supposed to be a mass of scrap metal loosely held together with sticks and chewing gum. And that's pretty much what he looks like, so he's pretty much on point so far. It's the part where he looks like that, but is full of big ratchet joints and hopefully solid connections that is, like, 
part of what excites me so much. I, I was trying to get a... I didn't really look that close, but I was trying to get a little bit of a, an eyeball on how the arms and legs connect. It looked like the arms are using... like I'm not going to say it's literally just a variation of the Combiner Wars port, but it does look like the kind of T-shaped peg sliding into a rail sort of thing is is present there. Um, given how well the Combiner Wars peg worked, I would expect that like some semblance of its technology exists in this figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, it mm-hmm. just seems like it's a good way to get things to lock up. Um, but I, I said the summer, hopefully in February at Toy Fair, they will do the full reveal and we can just see like the, the grand glory of what all is going on there. But what I just love how this is like a third party company would have made a lot more fanfare about this toy. Instead, they just started putting them out with combined yeah. mode mode, you know, combined form mode things in the instructions. And you're like, are you really? D- are you- Okay. <laughs> Like very little fanfare. There's like, yeah. Also, we're doing Devastator. He's going to take us about a year and a half. Whatever. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Um, but that's that's about all from my on topic. What I got, I got, I got a couple more Transformers uh, that were super cheap on Amiami because I was getting uh, the new Soto Zero One uh, set off Amiami. Uh, they had a couple Studio Series figures that were marked way the hell down, but I have not yet opened them. Uh, one of them is Crankcase, who I never wanted to buy, but he was like 600 yen or something. It wasn't that low. It might, maybe it was that low. He was dirt cheap enough to fill out shipping, and now I can say I have the dreads, and I'm hoping that maybe he's better than Crowbar. Was it Crowbar that was in Wave 1? I can't even remember anymore. The thing that was like Berserker, but worse. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, right. So we're going to see how the the newest version of that turned out. Later on, and World War II Bumblebee was the other one, uh, who I've been looking forward to get for. Un- uh, I've been looking forward to getting him for under retail for a long time, and this was finally my chance. Uh, one other interesting thing, to me at least, uh, when I was filming the packaging for Japanese Studio Series Optimus Prime Bumblebee, uh, the Japanese Studio Series boxes are not our boxes with a sticker slapped on. Uh, they are very similar to our boxes, but there are no stickers. It's actually printed. Uh, and I, I only realized this when I, I realized that there's no numbering on the Japanese Studio Series boxes. Uh, okay. The, the giant blue number is just not there. Uh, instead, the it's written on the front in tiny lettering where it's like SS-whatever. Um so, bit of trivia for you all. Um, I'm sure that uh, variant not UPC code Bendy Prime Hunting Aaron from many, many decades ago would be reeled down with this info. <laughs> that you could uh, you could identify, like, that maybe the tray and toy are the same, but they're fed into different boxes depending on the territory. Um, the cardboard backdrop insert was the same. So, uh, there you go. Lots of trivia for whoever's still out there collecting that. Um Aaron, let's bop over to you. Did you do any hey, uh, any new on topic getting I, of things? I did because it's I not got, been super long, so I was curious. No, it hasn't been. But I got myself a countdown, countdown. and the playset that comes with him, Omega oh. Supreme. Well, you don't need that playset, really. I'll take that off your hands. I know yeah. it's big. Yeah, I, I know it's it's big uh, with the best of the clunkiest ratchet joints that ever clunked to the point of Walt sitting in the middle of the floor gleefully playing with my toy i was told hey can you like not be quite so loud i'm like why look this leg is halfway through transforming yeah that's a uh a non-stealth toy i I got to mess with toy hacks's copy for a day Mm -hmm. and uh 
it like it's exactly what I wanted. It's all the better articulation design of Trypticon applied to a more humanoid biped. Yeah. Uh, um I I've done like two or three cycles of transforming them. My uh it, it's been a lot of enjoyment out of it. Uh I really just wish I had this space to sprawl out all of these uh these command center base guys, though, because I've got, uh, you know, Metroplex and Fort Max that sit there. Trypticons hiding upstairs. Just want to, like, build that super base. You also got all whatever Power of the Primes leader toys. Yeah, you the got. Power of the Primes leader toys in there. <laughs> Our upcoming airlock things that have all the matching ramps so that I can connect things to people's thighs and knees and butts. Yeah. I got to ask you, though. How, how do you uh, how do you feel about that rocket transformation? I dig it. Um, I I currently use the like the command capsule actually to hold all the blast effect parts. Oh, I didn't uh, even realize it came with blast effect parts. I never saw those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it has like if you go and you look at the stock images, like coming out of his claw hand, a big blast thing, that's like four or five different blast effect parts that all stack. It's kind of like the jet fire setup. Yeah. Um, but like the outer, the, like two of them are extra wide explodies rather than just like, like jet fires look like they could just be like, like afterburner flames. This is very much more like outward explosions. Um, Oh, nice. My biggest issue with them is that the ramp apart on the tank just did does not want to come down um, to for transformation. So like, I have to grab it on either side, put my thumbs against the the orange chest piece, and like find the right way to like lever at it in order to get it to pop loose. Is that the bit that fl- is that the okay? I'm trying to remember which part. Is that the the part that snaps open? Yes. Yeah, that thing was a buttock to open up on Toy Hacks' copy, and since it wasn't mine, I was getting kind of freaked out. Yeah, even even mine opening on mine, it's it's like uh, it's got a bit, it's got to go, it's got to go, it's got to. Okay, there it is. All right, because it's a it's it's two friction locks, and yeah. it's on on a loose pin because it's supposed to just open up. So it's like pulling on it just always feels bad. <laughs> yeah. Um. But no, I dig the uh, the rocket. Um, the way that like the the body parts of it collapse around itself and compact into a decent backpack, like I love the backpack. Like that, that all comes together pretty well. Um, the way that the ramps tab into the sides of the back is pretty good. One of mine's just a touch loose. I think it's just like this retention clip spring on the body, like needs a little, another like eighth of a wind just mm. it's just just a little bit it holds standing still but if you pick if i you were to i actually did a little bit of a shake test pick it up and shake them sideways for a few seconds and it's enough that it starts to walk its way over but it's he's a beefy boy um yeah if i was gonna hot take i would say it is the best like modern omega supreme on the market right now for transformation like they just nailed it uh i think that having the rocket not have to split apart adds a special something that i didn't realize i needed till i actually worked the thing yeah it's nice that it's like it's components are its components it parts forms but because it turns into different parts 
Uh, everything transforms. Even those ramp wings transform more yeah. than I thought they would. And with yeah, because really they ha- good, like really each, good tabs inside too. Yeah, each of those ramp wings. Uh, for anybody that hasn't messed with it yet, you take it, you unfold it, and and then underneath them you drop down two more like supports, it, so that you, the ra- so that the the roadway around Omega Supreme is elevated. It's when you turn them back into the wings, I think that the majesty really reveals itself because mm-hmm. it's like those those fold out struts have to go back to get like they both fold only one way. So they make mm-hmm. just enough room for each other, and then the central one on the hinge, when it folds in, the the gray hinge or whatever whatever color it was in the middle, reveals one of the locking parts for the backpack connection. Yeah, like it's a it's a wonderful uh, subtle piece of engineering, and it just makes it makes it feel less like I'm tearing the toy apart. Like I'll I'll always cite what I like the video I saw of how to transform the fans' toys Omega Supreme as like the worst Omega Supreme you could ever make, where he just disintegrates and you put it back mm-hmm. together in a shape. Yeah. Uh, but any any G1 Omega Supreme toy always gives into the to the temptation that I, I didn't realize was a temptation of oh yeah just pop the forearms off and slap them together they're a rocket. This the Siege Omega Supreme rewrites the book on how the Omega Supreme mm-hmm. rocket works. Uh, and, I, and I think it's a place where Hasbro. Like they've said in the past that like when it comes to to components that separate, they always kind of want to have the components be able to be their own thing as well. So yeah. that if if it gets misplaced, that's why they like fought against headmasters. I think for a while, I, I remember seeing in back when we would get like real talks with the designers at conventions. It was like, okay, oh, well, yeah, yeah. what happens when you know little. Timmy loses the headmaster and now he can't transform it. Because, you know, if you've got an OG Power Master Prime and you want to turn him into the big mode, but you don't have a Power Master, you got to sit there and, like, go at it with a, with like a screwdriver to push back the tab. Or is it, no, it's to go back out of cab mode into the small Optimus Prime, actually. Yeah. But, you know, but they, they <laughs> when, you, when you that have by an accessory. Headmasters on their own. Right. So, <laughs> but th- but then it's also like some of the stuff with Armada, where there were gimmicks that you couldn't get to if you didn't have uh, a minicon. Which, granted, there were a ton mm-hmm. of minicons out there for the line, but you know, if you only had Hotshot and you lost his helicopter friend, whose name I'm escaping right now, Jolt, like Jolt, it was a lot harder to get at the the axle cannon thing. So, but by doing it this way where he turns into like three large components and then the two wing bits, like, you know, even if you manage to, you know, lose the wing bits, hey, he's still a rocket and a tank and a base thing. So here's my thing. Here's my one thing, which I mean, and this is, this is something I know it's unreasonable on paper right now because no one's done it, but I, I, this is the last thing for, this is the final thing for the last of the guardians to accomplish. Make it so I don't have to pull the wings off. That's that's my dream. If it, like I know I've already seen rumblings that there are third parties doing like at least new wings, if not other new bits for Omega Supreme as add-on parts. And I'm That'd like, I know you all are going to do like bigger wings to have a bigger base, whatever. If someone wants to impress me, make wings that have an armature so they just are connected the whole That'd time. That'd be some crazy origami. I just wit I mean on Siege Omega Supreme the very fact that they connect using the the universal ramp connector I mm-hmm. think nullifies the ability for this to work. I just wish 
somehow there was because DX9 got real close. Uh, Siege Omega gets even closer. And I'm like, if we could have an Omega where the base is just the base, tank is just the tank, and then from Siege, the rocket is just the rocket. None of it ever splits apart. They just unite. That would be like the dream Omega Supreme for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that very few people have that desire, though, so I, I don't think there's a market for it. But it's, it's like I like that that's my one thing I can level at Siege Omega Supreme is like, oh, I had to remove the wings. They even have a click when you rail them back in. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels good to do the parts forming. Uh it's a good figure. I'm. Uh, I, I would. Re- I know they're giving away. I think four of them as prizes at PAX Unplugged. Uh, I want to see if I can like uh, help someone out by taking that off their hands, so they don't have to use it for luggage. But also, since they got it for free, uh, they they should not make me pay full price for it. Yeah, um, I, I I bet they'll really be going for that. <laughs> I just got to find one of the guys who's really good at cards, who doesn't care about toys, and go like, "Hey, listen, that rocket's gigantic. All right, now I I know secrets to fit that in a suitcase, but you, your suitcase is already full of cards." So I'll just, uh, let me just let me take that off your hands for you. Yeah, you know, I, I won't even charge you for it. <laughs> um, but I, I'm glad that it sounds like you're digging Omega. That's a, I think a pinnacle Titan figure. Uh, mm-hmm. Like delivery wise, I think the only bummer on him is that I haven't actually seen him without the repro labels. So it had to be described to me uh, how the one thing he's missing is basically paint. So yeah, there's it, a lot it of like, is a patchy, lot of like plastic like, stuff, just straight color. Um, yeah, like the rocket, as I understand it, is a little bit asymm- asymmetrical in that like there's red chunks showing and gray chunks. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the the rep label set like disguised that so well that I had to be it had to be demonstrated to me what parts were stickers. <laughs> so okay, I feel like all right, so I have to because I was like I was like what do, what am I highlighting on this rocket necessarily? And they're like, well, this part was red, and I was like, oh, okay, I see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also his face is a little bit plain, and from what I understand, it is incredibly hard to get the translucent dome piece off of his his head <clears throat> okay uh, I, I was checking the the comments on on the repro labels facebook post for their new drop and someone was like oh what, what about face stickers and someone's like no i tried removing that dome it's nearly impossible to do without the dome piece itself like breaking in half yeah uh so i was like that sucks because <laughs> i'd like to replace that dome too um Oh, you know who we didn't talk about, though? The main feature, Countdown. How you feeling about Countdown? Yeah. Countdown's pretty good. He's nice, tight. Uh, I can't recall if it had what it... Because he has a a 5mm peg that drops out of his chest. I can't recall I don't the know what that's for. <laughs> instructions having a, uh, like a way to turn him into a gun. Because he's got his dish. I was sitting there trying to do a couple different things. I'm like, yeah, I have no idea what this is trying to do. So, uh... I think it just lets him sit on things with a peg hole. Maybe. That that could be a good use for it, because it is a good a good spot that you'd be able to slot him in. But, yeah. yeah. It was good. Yeah. It, was a, it was a good, uh... It was actually, um... I had a little bit of Amazon credit and was like, oh, hey, I can knock $10 off of this and have free shipping. Sure! And then I get home, and Alfie's like, what on earth did you get? I got a free Omega Supreme! 
why do you have a giant <laughs> box? I'm like, well, what do you think it is? She's like, it says Hasbro on the side. I don't know. I'm like, take a guess. She's like, wait, you got a Mega Supreme? Why did you get a Mega Supreme? I'm like, because I could. She's like... I had Amazon okay. card. I got it for free shipping. It's Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Anything else on on uh, your end you want to hit up? Uh, not on topic. No. All right, TJ. How about yourself? Uh, any fresh on topic discussions you want to have here? You know, I don't really have anything fresh per se. It has not been long since last we united. <laughs> Indeed. However, uh, I, I do have some slightly stale stuff that I haven't spoken of. Ah, yeah, I love stale stuff. It's my that's why I put my my bread in my fridge so it just gets stale as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. It's the thing I learned when I thought that I was keeping my bread fresh longer. It's like no, that's the freezer. In fact, you'd be surprised the fridge accelerates the wrong process. But I digress. Uh, what's the stale fresh news? So I have a uh, Galaxy upgrade, Optimus Prime. Oh, I uh, oh no, I think I talked about that last time but I, I i got one on sale uh and uh i i so i, I gotta know because you love cybertron optimus mm-hmm. um so how are you feeling about uh this I, i'd call this an homage piece is what i call it oh yeah like it's not a replacement it's not an upgrade from the original it is just here uh we we made a toy that eventually gets to the same design yeah and uh you, you know I, uh, the thing that I didn't hear anyone talk about until I messed with him that I appreciated, there's a lot going on with those hip guns as far as, like, the handles being slidey and with the wrist swivels and everything. It's like, he actually can, he, he can't really grip them, but he can, like, lay them in his the bottom of his fists pretty well, I found. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it gets close enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you can get that proper, like, uh, galaxy force, you know, like, galaxy convoy posture going. Yeah, and also with the jointage on those hip cannons, you can also fast pack them onto his back like a Macross thing, which I thought mm-hmm. was a nice touch. Yeah, so yeah, the the little variants are nice, and that's what I like the original toy for is those little variations you could accomplish with all of the parts. Mm-hmm. I I am like it. I I don't. I guess I should not expect it in any way. But there is part of me is like, oh, there's no cannon mode anymore, and there's no. Flying space truck anymore, yeah. <laughs> which was always hysterical. Yeah, you're you're kind of you're kind of limited as far as like, um, you, like you can't you can't get crazy like like early aughts optimi like that with all mm-hmm. the the mid modes. But I don't know. Like I even found that I wasn't I wasn't feeling like I was messing with an Ultra Magnus toy the whole time either, which was kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. Like he, yeah. It. I had Siege Magnus for a while, and I I don't. I don't really feel like I was playing with the same figure. Yeah. Like, there's enough on it where it feels like, okay, this actually does feel like I'm playing with a new toy, which I think is really good of any remold. Yeah. And strangely enough, like, I, you can't call it, like, a replacement or an upgrade for the original Cybertron Optimus Prime in any way. But it, strangely enough, it does something that I actually have a problem with with the original. Mm-hmm. And not... Not not with the original, just like with any combiner itself, where it doesn't actually show much on the front side as far as the change in the combination. Because mm. with, with that Galaxy Optimus, right, you get like you, you get uh, the changes to the helmet, the wing pack, and like the boots. 
That's mostly it. Like, the yeah. core robot's still all there, and nothing really happened to it. Here you do have, like, a very distinct uh, layer of armor across all of the toy. It, to and, the point where I didn't... I, I was met trying to get him into his base robot mode truck mode, and I didn't know that I had not removed shoulder armor. Because <laughs> it, it just blended in so well. I was like, yeah, just why doesn't this fold back? And it came off. I'm like, oh, right, the Magnus toy did that. Oh yeah. Oh, oh right. This is this is faking making him look like he has galaxy convoy yeah. shoulders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh you you look at the uh production photos for that figure and they made the exact same mistake. Most of the uh, most most of his armor bits are still on him when it's supposed to be like standard prime mode. Yeah. Mhm. Yeah, it's it, like I said, it's weird because it, it is transforming the same way as Ultra Magnus, but somehow because of the visual delivery, to me it just felt very different. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, 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 and, and even the, the circular peg clip things involved in the truck mode, like all of that's off of Magnus. And I'm like, yeah, this is the same toy, but everything is retooled and the, and the end delivery isn't trying to hide the inner robot. And somehow it just comes off different, even though it's doing most of the same thing. Well, when it's not trying to cover most of the inner robot, it does present, you know, a, a different feel from the original version. I also, yeah. th- I also think less reliance on folding panels it helps a lot. Yeah, I was, I was trying to remember. Did those like on the the boot parts? There's that thing that's on a pin hinge, but it doesn't fold out. Did that fold out on Magnus? I haven't messed with oh, them. Oh, the, that remember? Let's the Magnus had like this whole accordion thing to get. Basically, the legs had the entire side panel from the vehicle mode. Yeah. Yeah, because this one is, I mean, this one uses the big black leg, can- quote-unquote, leg cannons to kind of hide some stuff in the truck mode. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, it's just kind of, I don't know, it, it, it felt different going together. Um, how are you feeling about the, uh, this, this This is always the kind of thing on the back of this toy. The it's It's the combined symptom of the front bumper splitting and connecting to the forearms, and then that kind of just space where there isn't another set of wheels on the front of the truck mode. I mean, it's a little awkward. Yeah, I'm already eyeballing that DNA Designs add-on kit because it's like one of the pieces they made specifically uh, fills in that space, and I'm like, I kind of yeah. want that now. <laughs> um. I don't know if I'm in love enough to pay for the upgrades, but like I'm, I'm happier with the toy than I expected to be. I, I, I was, I was over the moon with that thing. Granted, I, I got him for thirty percent off, but like, just how poseable he was, I was like, I was like, the one place where this feels like a, a slight upgrade over Galaxy Convoy is the fully combined mode is a tad more poseable and also smaller, so it's easier to mess with without being that like teeny tiny hybrid version. Mm-hmm. Um. It just it scratched a certain itch that I didn't know I had, and I was like, no, I'm 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 actually quite pleased with this. I would be a lot less happy if I'd paid full retail. I think, but yeah, yeah, I should know. I should know. Uh, I grabbed mine when Amazon had it on a good discount, so I didn't pay full either. Yeah, that that was me. It was on one day deal on Amazon CA, so I was like, all right, <laughs> I guess we're welcoming you in. Hopefully, by buying this toy, I will pull the card version because it's a super rare. Uh, which they did not call Galactic Convoy, which also or Galactic Prime, which also bummed me out. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad you picked that one up. It feels like that's something for the Cybertron folks, even if you have the more or less categorically superior 2006 toy. Uh, this it's such a neat homage piece to do. Um, 
like like you were saying it's no replacement but it, it's still really fun to, to to mess around with yeah yeah it's in general it's uh i still think it's a really cool looking optimus prime so it is nice to see them revisit the look also the the individual unarmored robot uh came off a lot less kind of fat in person yeah like mm-hmm. honestly like i i think it's just something about being more colorful that makes him look a little less dumpy than magnus did when he was missing his armor yeah like i was i was rolling him around in my hands a bit and i was like e- even this red version in photos like looked like you know politician optimus before he he you know went to the gym and became the voyager i guess but like in person it it just comes off like no this is just a normal somewhat bulky optimus like there's nothing sticky outy about the stomach or the chest on this guy um also he still has the flippy groin but the instructions don't tell you which side to use for either mode so i was like does the the instructions tell you to flip it but you never know which way is forward so it doesn't matter because the instructions are horrible garbage yep because they just showed that it does a thing and then you can't tell which side it is because they darkened the cad or the uh the vector image so much that you just see a big like red t and you're like oh okay (laughs) so i don't know which side i like to use the most for which mode yet uh because, like, one side is smooth, the other has a divot. I think all the packaging photos only use the smooth side. Um, anyway, what a what a minor complaint. But still. <laughs> Casey, we're going to say it one more time. You know, as many times as we can before the year closes out. These instructions kind of suck. Uh, actually, there was another part on them. Sorry, I don't mean to keep going on about this. But, like, the shoulder armor as well. It it doesn't it's not clear in person how the shoulder armor goes into the leg pieces. Uh yeah. and I had to stare at the instructions until I could see a certain detail. And I was like, okay, so it is this way. <laughs> Why is this picture that is very critically important so tiny? Uh, yeah, that is that is definitely one that uh like, I don't think I needed to do it when I first handled him, but when I came back to him at a later date, I had to just go find somebody's video. Yeah. Like, this is such, I, I, was, a... I was sitting there, like, poking at it. No, try it this way. No, but... Wait, yeah, is it, like, it's... left goes in right and right goes in left? No. Um, it's not even that. It's, like, it's it's not incredibly clear what the locking mechanism even is. It's not, like, just a tab in a slot. Yeah. It's like it kind of just seats itself in there, and then there's a sort of light tactile feedback. Uh, it's just tiny, Im- tiny, greebly pictures in grayscale where part of it is then darkened with a fill-in color. Is like this doesn't work. Sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, TJ, anything else uh, on topic you want to hit up? Um, no, I'm bone dry. All right. Uh, let's tune in next time for my hot take thoughts on World War II Bumblebee, I guess. Uh, spoiler alert, he's probably, like, good robot mode, very unpainted looking. Basically what everyone else has already said about him the whole time, but we'll find out. We'll find out. Maybe the Japanese version's way different. It's not. As I said at the top of the show, we got a little pile of listener questions, and we're going to start hitting these up. First one here is from XL Hedge. This says, ever get seller's remorse? And then for context, a while ago I sold my MP10 uh, and instantly regretted it. Then BBTS had the Shattered Glass one on sale, made the regret worse. Uh, so now XL Hedge owns both Shattered Glass MP10 and a rebought MP10. You ever get that feeling? Uh, I have come close to that, but 
Actually, I haven't yet. Like, the, I, I thought I would with the Guto Kuru uh, figures uh, that I sold off, but I, I just haven't really. Um, I, I thought I'd feel that way about some other stuff too. And I, often I find like that's a, it's almost like a, a nice test in an emergency where you need the money. It's like well, I'm going to sell this, but I might, I might get it back later. And then some things, it's like, hey, I don't actually want it back. Hooray! That's just me, though. Um, TJ, I know you've you've clearanced a lot of uh, shelf space out in the last year and a bit. Uh, have you mm-hmm. hit that yet, where you were like, oh no, I need to get that back? Uh, not to the point where, well, for the for the stuff I've been selling off over the last couple of years, not really. There, every now and then, I'll get reminded, oh, that's a really good toy, I should bring... Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it turned but into that's money. A, but that's about, that's about, yeah, that's about as far as it went. It's so, like I, I never went to go like, oh man, I was an idiot. Oh god, why did I do that? Uh I think that like the closest I came to that recently was I had the uh Oh god, if I can remember remember what even what they're calling the hang on. I need to pull it up because they just released another one. Uh the Gliosynth. Because I oh, had the build yeah. man. I had the build man. I decided I didn't need two, so off he went. And God, I wish I had kept him now. Did they release another Gliosynth? There's right now. Oh, Gly Ninja Dark. I I got him actually off of Tenacious Toys. Uh, okay, because he was he was at a convention, and then he was at NYCC. Tenacious Toys said all their Gly, all their new synth um, leftovers will be on their site. Um, so this looks like it's part of that stock, except with way better Matt Dowdy photos. Holy crap, these photos are better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of I wanted the original one in the V three colors, but I really like the black. I mean, I'm 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 going to be the bad influence here because it's thousand toys. It's like you should just get both. No, uh, like for like all out like sellers, God, I would I would pay to get that back someday. Uh, I like the Shogun Megazord because mm. one of my first conventions, I sold off a bunch of my old Megazords in order to afford it, and. I am most of those Zords. I really don't miss. I got I regained some of them from a thrift store and had no problem selling them off again. But mm-hmm. I getting the mini plot version, the Muteki Shogun. It kind of scratched an itch, but it also is like a mosquito bite where like it just made it worse. It's like this could be bigger and with less parts coming off. This, this could be rock. This could be huge and rock solid and all that. And like, because there's always part of my head is like, if I get a shot at the Muteki Shogun for not a fortune, I'm taking it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's probably that's probably the worst case I have. I've had. Sorry, I'm I'm uh I'm now trying to identify if there's anything different on this Glen Ninja Dark, but I don't think there is. <laughs> whenever whenever there's a new synth drop, because that line is so hard to get a hold of, it's like it activates a muscle in me, and I'm like, I'm here, but also I just need to assess the situation. Uh yeah, I uh I, I also think in my case, like I haven't gotten rid of enough stuff yet. Uh, that I'm also attached to, like, I'm still able to mostly sell off things that I feel kind of tired of before I sell them. Um, although that reminder thing, you know, it does happen. Like, with the, the Guto Kuro ones are always the ones I think of, because, like, there are no other figures like them, really. Um, and I sold them all off. 
But uh, I digress. Aaron, have you ever had that seller's regret? Um, a little bit when I had to sell off a bunch of stuff for uh, Andy Rue and mm. uh, cancer treatments. Um, like a lot of a lot of the like coolest of the BotCon exclusive stuff that I had went because uh, well, it was cool and had value. Um, yeah. but you know, that was, there was a reason for those sales and like, I, it'd be rough to even get him back at this point. Um, cause it was like, I had the, the, um, pre beast wars, um, oh, the 06 uh, oh, set? it was that, yeah, that Oh six set, the, uh, Megatron and Waspinator that were sealed as mm-hmm. I sold them. Like, I sold that for a lot of money because that is a very good set and is worth a lot of money. Um, stuff like that. That's like, man, it'd be, it'd be cool if, if I had that again, I kind of wish I had cracked it open because, uh, you know, it was a neat thing, but I, I, some of the, some of those things would be nice to have just for like the memories of those conventions as well. But I, I hear you. I hear it, you. It was a thing that got sold for a reason, and yeah, would it be nice if I hadn't had to sell it? Yep. Am I going to go back and rebuy them at this point? Uh, no. G- given that they're Volcon exclusives, and this is speaking from my own experience, I think if you were ever to rebuy them, it wouldn't feel the same because they wouldn't be tied into the memory of getting them at the event. Right. And I found like the one time that I went for a BotCon exclusive for the, one of the first ones I ever wasn't able to make it to with the, the, the Transmetal Megatron, Gigatron, and those the reflector shockwaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was neat to get them. I think it's I, I like them, but they, they had they had so little allure to me other than like like the most the most interesting part of them was the story of uh someone grabbing them and then selling them to me who was at the convention like that part yeah. was important to me but i was like yeah i was like yeah like like without being at the event and i'm lucky in this way cuz i know folks who who want to collect like you know botcon and and uh, fun pup exclusives and i'm like yeah like without without the the souvenir aspect to them as no matter how cool they look i am okay and not sweating if i let them just pass me by yeah it's just another toy at that point yeah and doesn't have the same the same kick to it that like yeah this was the show where you know we ended up at the bar until three in the morning when they were like look we've already kept that open an the hour show late. the show yeah. yes the one the the one where that happened. Well, it's the, the second part of the story. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just the, that's that's a the, great way to the, open up this the unique Botcon memory when we went drinking late. <laughs> the the Lexington show where it was that bar in like the lobby that was a a great locate. You know, stuff like that. Otherwise, it's like, oh, I remember when I bought this on eBay. It's not going to be the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my, my own Megatron and Waspinator, they were opened at the show, and I did surgery on Waspinator while very inebriated. I always will remember. My Waspinator's, uh, automorph, you know, flip change gimmick works. A lot of them didn't. And then I tried to explain how I fixed it, and it didn't help anybody. I was like, I don't know, I just used, I used tools on it at, like, two in the morning when I couldn't sleep. (laughs) Uh, but yeah. Uh, there's one other question here from Excel Hedge, which is, with Unicron fully funded, 
Uh, do you think a crowdfunded effort would work for Power Rangers? And what would you want it to be? Something like a Mighty Morphin Megazord that is Unicron big, uh, Command Center for Lightning Collection, Zed's Throne Room, etc. Um, I think there's a chance that they could, like, you know, you, if you have something that's got enough people interested in it, you could, and, and, you know, with Unicron and Star Wars, Transformers and Star Wars being able to do it, I think it's doable. Uh, R.I.P. Cookie Monster. Um, I think Power Rangers definitely could do something like that. I don't know if they would have the traction to do a Unicron scale thing right now that would be like an entire Megazord. Uh, I think that like a command center seems very reasonable. Uh, I think like the rest of these teams as a crowdfunded thing might be very doable. Um, as you know, as they're building more and more of these base suit bodies, they might not want to do the rest of entire Ranger teams in retail ways, but I feel like that would be a really cool crowdfund thing where it's like, Hey, if you want, uh, the first three seasons of the power Rangers, whatever, or first three teams or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. mighty Morphin and Zeo and, and the, the ninjas, uh, and we've done a couple of them. If you want the rest of them. Do this crowdfund. Like, I feel like that's a very doable thing. I think that would also be really cool because I'm not holding my breath for completed teams and lightning collection anytime soon. And, uh, that being an answer for that question, I think would be, uh, more satisfying than five years of them sprinkled throughout waves, if that makes any sense. Um, but, uh, TJ, do you, do you have any ideas about like a Power Rangers I mean, crowdfund? I mean, a, a thought like that would come would come to me if lightning collection were to tank and you just had a ton of uncompleted teams mm-hmm. no, so that that's where that's where it kind of comes into mind starting this off with unicron as an example kind of puts my mind in a certain little frame yeah <laughs> and yeah shogun uh, megazord <laughs> no no my, my thought no my head went to serpentera oh yeah oh yeah because the original one was tiny. Yeah, and, and Serpentera is not an intense transforming piece. It kind of just stands up. Mm-hmm. So that that seems... I mean, that doesn't mean it's it's instantly more doable. But yeah, it seems more reasonable to me than like a combining five-part Megazord. Uh, yeah, and like you could still load it down. You could have like little mini Zed and... Uh, little mini Zed and Goldar for the cockpit. You could yeah. have like a little little zords for it to stomp on yeah that'd be cool although serpentera like serpentera is the kind of thing that like rides a line where i'm like they could also just make it (laughs) just just make a 200 hundred dollar serpentera as a holiday piece once the line has like really settled in uh that i mean you know it just doesn't seem unreasonable to me I mean, uh, if you're going to have a holiday item like that, I think you'd do, like, Lightning Collections Megazords. Just, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, I, just just make articulated Megazords like everyone has been asking forever. I just think, like, like when I say fill out Ranger teams, it's not so much, like, because the line's over, but it's because I, I, I truly don't see the room for any teams to finish anytime soon. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. For Lightning Collection, I could see like, okay, what have they done for like original Mighty Morphin? They've done uh, the, a, gr- a Green Ranger like, in variant colors. They did mm-hmm. uh, a Red Ranger, which means they have the male suit. They've got a Pink Ranger, mm-hmm. so they have the female suit, and they've had the Dragon Shield done on red and black and green. Mm-hmm. So they've got all yeah. the parts other than helmets and weapons. 
I think. Yeah. So, think, so it'd think, be easy uh, enough to churn out the right rest now. of the team like that. And you can say, hey, it's a whole team in case you missed one of the first ones. And be able to be something that's like premium size and costs and would then also be the value. I think that'd be about the easiest way mm. with like with a minimum of like Hasbro value input to it. I mean, it's Mighty like Morphin you, is just going to... I think they're just going to get the team done. Right. The, <laughs> but, yeah. okay, that, then Zeo or, you know, <laughs> yeah. some of the things are a little bit further down the line where it's not... Because what, it was the Mighty Morphin outfit for... Or uniform for the first what, three seasons of Power well, Rangers. It was literally those suits. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. forever it was that suit. So, like, you, you got a little bit more time with that. I mean, what I'm saying is, like, Mighty Morphin is very likely just going to be in the main line, but I think anything after that, they're hitting popular characters first, mm-hmm. and in every Ranger team, you're eventually going to run into the thing that I think the Bandai Legacy stuff ran into, where it's like, there's two or one, one to three other members who people are only going to buy to fill out the team, mm-hmm. but to have them take up a space in a four-figure retail case is going to create a nightmare. Yeah, because uh, wasn't that well, part of the whole problem? like build a Zord? Yeah, wave they did yeah. that in multiple. They did that in multiple waves, which really threw things off if your store didn't get them in. Yeah, yeah. Like and what happened was they tried throwing out like entire teams at once, so you had like three in space rangers at the same time, which mm-hmm. were virtually identical. Yeah. So it was hard to get people to buy all three. It's hard to get kids to buy more than just the Red Ranger. Yeah. What you're doing with lightning? What you're seeing with lightning collection is they're selling all of these waves based on the mighty morphin figure that's in them because that kind of guarantees that the wave's going to move. And mm-hmm. then by then you've got all these little seeds planted that increases the demand to complete the other teams. And, and they're doing a lot of cool stuff outside of mighty morphin with their exclusives as well. Like the the you know in space red psycho red two pack is a genius move in my opinion because mm-hmm. it means you don't you probably won't have a single pack in space red. So you you then have some other single pack in space where it's like oh it's um I was about to say cat I can't remember if she was in space I'm probably mixing her up with someone because she was uh, a different cat, cat was cat was season three mighty morphin yes. Mm-hmm. Who am I? I'm thinking of the one who died. Kendricks. Kendricks. They both start with a K. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, like I mean, and they're they're also hitting they're hitting sixth suits constantly, which I think is also very smart. Even though that's not not like banking as much tooling, really. Uh, but you know, they're able to say like, hey, you know, we've got uh, Deca Master, we got Magna Defender. I'm just going to mix and match my Eastern Western names. I don't care. Um. But yeah, uh, I, I think Power Rangers Lightning Collection is going to be the place where a crowdfund thing could happen, and I, I truly think it's dioramas or f- or like a mass drop of team fillers would be the first thing that would be on the whiteboard, or the first things that would be on the whiteboard. Uh, I would. No, love I got it. I, I got it. Twenty pack of putties. I would buy that you know? in a second. I. So I would just, I. Yeah, I opened up. Maybe this is a spoiler for later on. I opened up that two-pack with uh, Fighting Spirit Green Ranger and the putty, and I was like, I need, like, three more of these putties, like, yesterday. Like, the, <laughs> the putty is a good figure. Uh, the accessories are t- just spot-on. Like, goon five-packs 
as a Kickstarter thing. I would be like, I'd all, I'm all over this. Just I, If I give you some money, I'll wait a year as long as you make me my five-pack. Fill out my goon squads. Uh... I saw well, some... you could do you could do the same thing if you like if you like fan vote monsters from the first season and oh. then just like mm. put it up like a five pack of the the five winners. Yeah, yeah cause I'm already putting that putty with Fighting Spirit Green Ranger and and Goldar because Fighting Spirit Green Green Ranger for whatever reason has the big evil sword. Uh, even like that, I had to read up on what Fighting Spirit Green Ranger was. That suit has a weird history. Uh. But I was like, I'm so hyped to have Goldar, and then I guess another evil green, an evil Green Ranger, and a minion. And I'm like, I need more minions to surround Goldar. And yeah, if they did like like any of those uh, like monster suits, and it's like, we'll balance this out by giving them like two putties as well. I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> then we can get those Zed putties too. Oh man, I'm getting too excited about things that don't exist. Any other thoughts on Power Rangers crowdfunding? Um, Aaron, you were kind of just like there with us the whole way through, I figured. No, I'm, I was fine. Yeah. Uh, it's a good question. Uh, Lightning Collection, I think, is the most exciting non-Transformers thing I'm seeing out of Hasbro. So I'm I'm hoping that we get we, we see some of that Pulse stuff going on as well. Um, next question from Requiem Prime says, In recent years, I noticed the rise of upgrades for official toys uh, after what certainly felt like a long time in the background of the third-party scenes. There's always been Dr. Wu and Perfect Effect went nuts with them in Combiner Wars. If you set aside Combiner Limbs, upgrades only came for select cases. Uh, until they said you were doing it, you weren't expecting it. Or until they said they were doing it, you weren't expecting it. Now a trip to TF Safari reveals uh, gap fillers, weapons, other upgrades for Siege. Um, just got the new Nightbird, and today set of ninja-themed weapons up for pre-order. I also, this is my own thing here, I just saw Non-F a couple days ago put up three different color options for a huge swack of Nightbird parts, including a nunchaku with, like, actual chain links. Um, and uh, Requiem Prime saying wholeheartedly expecting someone to make a roller for Earthrise Prime. Um, something has triggered a lot more desire to add more magic toys we already own. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, there's some more here. Um, like ideas of what it could be, uh, but I don't want to go through all of these ideas uh, out loud. Uh, thanks for years of amusement and discourse. Click, uh, like reading through the ideas. I think like absolutely siege has figures that are covered in peg holes, basically. <laughs> but I think I think part of it is just like there were more companies that were uh, like I'm, I'm thinking Shockwave Lab is is one that comes to mind, where the studio series. Uh, you have these just really decent movie former toys, like so, ranging between, me, like, m- I'd say medium mediocre to decent, and then some really good ones as well. And it's like, in a lot of cases, what kept any studio series figure down was like, oh, I wish that the hand did this, or I wish that there was this one extra part. Um, and, uh, and there's also a mention of 3D printings, which I think Shockwave Lab stuff is actually 3D printed. But, uh, I think that studio series more so than gener, than, uh, not generations, but more so than, you know, the trilogy series is, uh, it just opened doors. Movies, movie stuff is very popular in Asia. So. Uh, you just look at the first wave of studio series as we hit like the first leader toys. You have Grimlock come out, and then there were like three different takes on how to, f- you know, fix him up, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas before, like with Combiner Wars, there there was uh, a sort of rote theme to the whole thing, which meant everyone's making hands and feet for the most part. As as we moved into lines where the gimmick was a bit more wide ranging, uh, it just makes more room for it. Like the 
War for Cybertron trilogy, it seems like, at least going off of Earthrise and Siege, the gimmicks are very accessory oriented. So, yeah. So, like, you know, gap filler stuff. I think, I think just quick production and not, ha- not necessarily having to use, uh, steel molds for some of this stuff has, has let smaller creators and companies come up with just these, you know, pieces of color match plastic that just stick into holes. Uh, I think it's lovely. Like DNA Design, I think is is a company that really pushed a lot of this, and I'm not sure if they're getting sufficient credit for some of the ideas they've had. Because uh, I feel like they were one of the first companies to really like do stuff that isn't combiner pieces or just weapons. Like we're gonna do ankle tilts for Fort Max and Metroplex. Didn't turn out perfect, as far as I know, but uh it's it's still like pushing you know it's like and, and uh doing that set for devastator i think dna design did the most exciting set for devastator uh by far so i just want to give them some credit anyway you got what about you guys uh aaron how do you feel about about our current state on add-ons like there yeah, are definitely more i them. i really feel like um the fact that even you know that uh, 3D printers uh, for home, especially, are are getting good enough of a quality that in the past it was, you know, you had to put some effort into it. And sure, you could make like a styrene version, and maybe you could get that molded, and maybe get something to come back, and and do something like that. But you know, in in the case now where you, I could sit there and you know get a, a a cheap pair of calipers, measure out approximate size of this hole, print out something, 20 minutes later, come back, test fit it, go change my model a little bit, and do that. You could do two or three iterations in, in a couple hours worth of work and then be able to say, like, bam, now I can sell this. And, you know, some people that maybe have, you know, they, they've got the time to sit there and get four or five prints lined up and can do it on demand. For some of those, it'd be easy enough to, to have a, a side hustle of, of doing that. And, you know, for some people, you know, the inside of the arm gaps are, are, are horrible. And, you know, yeah, I was just sitting here kicking through and saying, okay, it's a $10 kit for, you know, 12 pieces of fill-in plastic that, to me, I'm... You know, I got no beef against it, you know, but it'd be easy enough for people that do, you know, you go and you find this, the guy fires up a print run and away they go. Also, um, those filler pieces don't have to be finished all nice necessarily, right. which works really well with one of the inherent flaws of 3D printing for mass production, which yeah. is that, uh, that, that clearly 3D printed finish. But like filler pieces and also coupling pieces like stuff where it's like this is really just to tie some you know this is a female to female for five millimeter pegs or something like that right like it doesn't have to look super nice uh to accomplish a a pretty big effect yeah so i i think that that's one side of it i think the other side is just that you know we're we're now more in a place where you don't need to be you know well, I mean, Fans Project, their first three or four things were small little, you know, upgrade kits as well. So oh, yeah. Everything I, started with, I, with add-ons for the I, most part. Yeah, I, I think that it's, it's I really got to say more so it's now just that, you know, it's a whole lot easier to get started on that <laughs> and yeah. to be able to iterate a lot easier and, you know... That in the world has gotten to the place as well. You know, I wouldn't go looking for these upgrade kits 
because they it's not really a thing that that you know that I have a need for but if somebody does have a need for it it's a whole lot easier to find that and again because I think it's it's easier to make and create them it's easier to to do it so it's it's the ability to find you know the for the the audience to find their their place yeah and we're, as I as I will always say we are uniquely uh you know quote unquote blessed mm-hmm. uh when 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 talking about transformer stuff in that we have just the widest array of the most varied niches of unofficially made stuff uh in in every direction mm-hmm. that it's it's not unlikely that you might say like oh i wish mirage had even just like i don't know a gun that looked more like his g1 gun it's like oh 15 people have made those mm-hmm. uh you kind of have your selection of materials and finish basically uh or you know gap fillers you know every every figure that comes out some it seems like anyone with where the gaps are a talking point Gap fillers are on the market again from multiple different uh, producers in multiple different levels of quality and finish. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, gap fillers, I think, by far easiest thing to make and make money on. Yeah, just geometry, you just have right? To, yeah, you just measure out the shape. I mean, doesn't get much easier than that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's let's let's. Uh, I'm I'm worried now. I want to say it's a lot of work getting that geometry just right, but once you have it. Uh, there's a whole lot of people, myself included, who would never want to do that that work. <laughs> so if you just tell me, hey, for 10 bucks, I'll give you pieces of plastic that geometrically solve your problem. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Just color match it, and I'm all good. Because then, like, the one talking point basically is, like, does it color match well? Mm-hmm. Um, and more so, that's where I find some of these impressive, that they're able to be, to, you know, lock in and get... Uh, exactly the same color or or you know again close enough that uh it doesn't you know it's not obvious you know it's, so, uh, I remember, a I remember lot of those materials on. it's just it's not like hey it's purple i remember early yeah. on one of the discussions people were having when we didn't quite know how things work uh as far as like plastic production uh was like are they just melting down like discarded copies of the toy <laughs> <laughs> just using that plastic since it's the right color uh which as far as i understand would not work um yeah that, generally the, remelt plastic becomes black or black yeah or black S- sometimes a very dark brown basically black bordering on uh, black yeah dj any other thoughts on your end on uh, on the add-on discussion uh how many there are and etc I mean, not especially. I mean, you pretty much nailed it. It's the rise of the 3D printer and how you know accessible they are becoming to have good ones. It's mm-hmm. just anyone who you know anyone who's good at 3D modeling and you know has a pair of calipers to start measuring things out can produce basically whatever they want. Well, mm-hmm. even if the piece, the final piece, isn't 3D printed, like as I understand it, at least 3D printers also have just allowed for early stages of prototyping to be way less uh, intensive yeah. uh, on on budget, on time. I mean, ti- well, I say again, time. I mean, it's that's still the a thing long time is, 3D printers, print, but 3D printers generally, you know, the the various early versions were called rapid prototypers. Yeah. You know, the the whole concept was you can just sit there and, and turn over prototypes very quickly in order to get to where you need to go. Mm. 
Yeah, and I mean, that, that, that's helped out people who do resin cast stuff. Uh, that's helped out people who do make their own injection molding. 3D printing allows you to prototype that stuff before you start cutting into metal, basically. Uh, so yeah, I, I just it, it's it's a it's a neat place we're at, and I uh, I'm hoping that it expands even wider. Um, you know, now now that it's been around, this this whole scene has been around loudly since 0708, uh, even though it was around before then. Uh, I don't see it going away anytime soon, so just let's keep going outwards. Expand outwards, much like our uh, Transformers card game expands outwards with its power creep. Thank you for the question, Requiem Prime. I'm going to move on to one here from Rocket J Mox, because this one's got a bit of setup. Uh... Hello, Evangelist and crew. Uh, an internet rabbit trail led me to learning about the original MicroMasters. Uh, that trail is clearly Chris McFeely's basics video, because that's what Rocket J. Mox says next. Uh, got me thinking, what would have happened if we had imported the Japanese MicroMasters? Even better, what if we had imported all of that early Japanese uh, 90s Transformers content? Could we have extended G1 out far enough to obviate the need for G2? Would this new content have been popular enough to have precluded the need for Beast Wars as well? I see two possible histories. Uh... History one, the history where helicopters exist, but there's something people eat rather than fly. Uh, the Japanese toys and content would prove to be a hit with American kids and have precluded at least G2. That much is a near certainty. Did Japan even get G2? Uh, it did. Uh, but would it have cemented the vehicle-centric nature of Transformers so deeply that Transforming Animals would have been unthinkable in that context? In that case, it could have been possible to get the Brave series as the Bridge series until Robots in Disguise. We could take this further, but let's leave that branching right there. History number two, the history where helicopters don't exist, but jet planes have four moving wings instead of two. That's doubly uh, horrible. <laughs> the, the Japanese toys fizzle in the American market because 90s American kids are ready for something else. Ninja Turtles prove too strong. Power Rangers right around the corner. And having expanded, uh, having expended significant resources importing, marketing, dubbing all this new content, Hasbro's left wounded and they allow the series to lay fallow. G2 obviously still doesn't happen because kids are, quote, done with transforming robots, but the future of Beast Wars is very questionable. Alan Wood would Hasbro be willing to put the license to work? I don't know what the market was like back in the mid-90s when G2 had ended, so I don't know if that was worse than what I speculate here. Maybe Beast Wars happens anyway and history returns to normal, with the exception that adult collectors don't have to go bankrupt uh, completing the Takara MicroMasters. What do you think? As always, keep it the fine broadcasting, Kerchunk. A couple quick things I'll throw in here before someone else does. Uh, We got some of those MicroMasters in the mid-2000s as part of uh, one of the Universe series. I believe it was the second one with the red cards. Uh, But we got a couple of those in Mm -hmm. multiple colors. Um, I believe they were KB Toys exclusives at one point. Uh, They did... They did like all the MicroMaster combiners as KB exclusives. Yeah, yeah, and then they like did one of them in Devastator colors and etc. Um, also, yes, Japan did get G two. Um, that's how they got stuff like the laser rods. Uh, they had, I think, they were boxed uh, in Japan. But uh, yeah, I, I what I would say my my main take on this is regardless of how the history continues, I think as a marketing and naming scheme, G2 still would have happened because at that period of time in the mid nineties, generation two was just very on topic and on aesthetic for the era. Uh, Uh So like, even if, if transformers were coming out, you know, up, up until the year before G2, I think they'd still be called G2 just because it sounds cool. Um, it, it makes the kids think it's something new. Right. Uh, I think in Europe, they actually had that happen. Um, cause Europe had transformers in the lingering years where Japan and America didn't. So, you know, that, that kind of did happen in real history. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot in here you can, you can really dive into. I, I think that that is an interesting question though, because like, you know, less so 
Master Force and 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 Vic- less so Victory, I guess. But like MicroMasters was like a curious thing for me to learn about as a younger fan. Like the parts of it that we didn't get, even though it all kinda looks the same. Uh, and I had a knockoff six combiner when I was a kid, and it confused the heck out of me because I couldn't I couldn't identify like what transformer had been knocked off. And it was a knockoff, but I was like, well, what transformers was this? Did some company just invent this torso jet thing with legs? Like, what's going on? Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Do you guys think that there would have uh, like what, what kind of differences do you guys think would have been there in the history if we had just stayed in sync with what Japan had? Um. Uh. <clears throat> The reason we kind of fiddled out, fizzled out is because a lot of those toys just didn't market here anymore. Like, you saw Transformers get smaller and smaller because kids didn't want to spend as much anymore. You know, and that was, that you know, things like MicroMasters was us, cap or Transformers, I should say, capitalizing on the trend of micro-sized toys. Yeah. You know, where mm-hmm. it got to the point where Transformers created the toy trend, but at that point, the market for Transformers was failing so much, we were copying other trends, just yeah. trying to stay relevant. Yeah. I mean, and... monster pretenders, right? Like, we're going to have monsters. We're going to have this. We're going to have, like, yeah. If, it... you, if you look at it from a distance, you can see it. It's definitely something where I, I, I don't know if maybe, you know, they lost the, the helm a little bit of just trying to follow where the trend was rather than you know, go forward with their own thing and like they didn't really have media the same way that they did before to kinda like, hey, we need to focus on a few things and so let's do let's do teams and go really wide but not have a a thing that locks it in quite as well because, you know, we didn't get any of the master series over here that maybe could have helped you know, like, oh, well, we've got pretenders, and here's the whole deal, and here's the TV show kind of about it, and things of that nature to help, like, feed each other. Yeah. And then, I, mean, it, I was going to say, then as far as, like, that came back on the U.S., when did it kick back up again with Beast Wars, where they sent to Kenner, and they said, hey, you guys try something with this we're we think we're kind of tapped out on it and then they started from a blank slate and came yeah. up with beast wars and i think i think beast wars happens no matter really what the history is in this kind of limited scope because beast wars beast wars was was in a way built on the back of like and this is kind of simplifying it it was sort of on the back of machine wars being a bunch of fresh new vehicle transformers that no one cared about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Beast Wars was kind of like, all right, if, if people don't want them to be cars, then let's, let's try this. And I think that, I think it actually would, would have just happened sooner if we had had a whole bunch of vehicle transformers that whole time, like, like without fail. <laughs> well, with Machine Wars, like the story always was that they accidentally promised that. That was and the, yeah, that was the just, guy at that yeah. BotCon who said way too much. Yeah, because <laughs> like, they had they they were doing Beast Wars at that point anyway. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, but Beast Wars I think happens no matter what, just because the marketplace shifts and someone at Kenner was smart enough to go. Animals are really big right now. Yeah, you know, so let's take you know take a risk and just you know at that point uh, you you had Transformers at a point where we're kind of tapped on ideas for gimmicks and how to make a transforming robot car interesting. You know, whatever works, because if we keep going at this, it's dead anyway. Right. So, yeah, might as well do whatever looks good. So, 
On yeah, the, I think we would have gotten a complete reinvention no matter what. We're also, at that point, like, Jurassic Park is big. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, hey, we're going to have a T-Rex. We're going to have a Velociraptor. I feel like that entered into yeah. it to yeah. some degree. Well, well you, you think of, like, the cartoon marketplace of the time. Like, you know, you were, we were, like, coming off the heyday of the Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had things like uh, like like Warner Brothers were going nuts with shows like uh, Animaniacs and Tiny Toons, where everyone was an animal. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you know, it was just it was just the thing at the time. You know, yeah, I I I think that like when it comes to theorizing on on the alternate history thing, like it's it's real. How do I put this? Because I I like this idea a lot, and I don't want to sound like I'm poo pooing it. It's just like when the alternate history includes like does Beast Wars even happen? I'm like I think that no matter the history. Either Beast Wars happens or something else that is similarly left field aesthetically happens in the 90s, because otherwise it is just vehicles turning into robots for a a decade straight before we have fandoms, before we have the internet there for younger people, before we have all these things that inform people's tastes to, to make them have any opinion that is not driven by what they see on a shelf and what they see on TV when their parents let them watch TV, basically. Uh like that's the, to me that's kind of the weird spooky wild west part of old toy history is that like nowadays you can kind of you can seed stuff based on people's nostalgia for things they learned about on the internet that they didn't necessarily even have in their country whereas in the 90s for the most part most kids you're marketing to don't get to use the internet much at all if they even know what it is until like at least the the late 90s um i guess depending on your era or your area uh, and then it's it's basically, is there a cartoon or is there at least a cartoon-looking commercial that we had? Like, Transformers had all this original animation for MicroMasters for the commercials, and that was it. Right. So that there would be the illusion that the show is still going on. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just not on the channels that you're watching. You, you gotta watch it, because those episodes are coming back around. Like, how long, how long did uh, some of us, at least, I know I did, and I know I'm not the only one, spend years thinking, like, man, I never saw that MicroMaster cartoon. I just saw <laughs> clips of it in that in that commercial. And then you find out later, like, no, they were just masquerading as having a cartoon. <laughs> like, oh, that worked, I guess. Clever. Very yeah. good. <laughs> uh but yeah, uh, there, there's so many different twists and turns Transformers could take. I mean, to me, like the even bigger one is like the 2000s because that was like this this exciting and uncertain decade, basically that had its. It was like, what do we do? We need we need we're gonna do a dub. We're gonna bring a line from Japan over here for a second. Then we're gonna rework what Transformers kind of even are for mm-hmm. what becomes a trilogy. And then we're gonna have the we're gonna take all that technology and we're gonna do. 80s Transformers with modern tech. We'll do at least, like, six of them while we figure out what happens with this live-action movie. And there's, like, the aughts. There are so many different directions the aughts could have gone. So many different things just kind of thrown together that, like, made, you know, the robots in disguise of, like, we're going to import this line. And, I don't know, we got all these other toys that are, like, that never came out. We're just going to toss those at the wall, too. And... Like, yeah. neuter a gimmick out of them, and what about this? I don't know. Let's just keep going. And that's not yeah. even mentioning like, like, trans tech. Like, that's oh, yeah. a whole thing, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, then you, you get into things like, well, you know, after R.I.D., it just kept going in the universe line, where it was the Wild West as far as what came out. Mm-hmm. Oh, the universe line as well is such a, like, a, a weird 
thing that like I don't think would would ever happen again. Like just yeah. a line of like we have oh. some molds. We yeah. have yeah. some molds. Yeah. We maybe made a few of these for it. We I don't know. Because it was Bob whatever. from accounting came like, up with that one. Yeah, like we okay, we don't even have a price point for this. Screw it, throw a bunch of like mini cons in with it. Why not? You know. Yeah. And then we'll have versus two packs, and then we'll also I don't know Tiger Hawk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like on the same sh- at the shelf at the same time, you had things like King Atlas. So you have like like Euro G one molds and Beast Machines and Beast Wars and like just randomness on the on the shelf at the same time yeah mm-hmm. with, with with really crazy color schemes like it was it was a very this isn't the right word i guess but like to me it was it was a very 90s but through the lens of the aughts kind of line of like we're just gonna use these molds we have and we're gonna put some wacky new colors on them and uh everyone knows what transformers are now so they're, they're fighting that's it <laughs> uh but yeah there's there's a lot of twists and turns i mean I think the Bumblebee movie is going to prove to be one as well, uh, depending how the coming years go. Uh, like where you know the 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 O seven run of movies had had finally hit its its real fizzling point, and then we have this fresh take on what a movie looks like, and then the, does does that inform some stuff? You know, we'll we'll know I think in the next couple years. But uh, yeah, never never take for granted like how Transformers went. It is it's it's also why it survives. Is it just constantly takes massive risks and keeps uh, doing whatever. Like right now, we're in this era of like you know we're gonna we're gonna use Evergreen and see if we can cause cyclic eighties nostalgia in the children of the two thousands. And I'm like, I guess we'll see how that turns out. I mean, <laughs> the uh, the downside is we have a lot of predictable character design right now. And if that so if something stops working, what's the first thing they might change? Stop having predictable character design and it'll you know move in another wild direction. Uh, anyway, I can go on, but, uh, that was a good question. Uh, Rocket J Mox, thank you for sending that in. Uh, next one here is from Triceradon, who says, uh, this is a singular question. Repaints and retools have been part of Transformers since day one. There have been no shortage of them to come out, just as there have been no shortage of them to not come out. Infamous examples include G2 Defensor and Menasaur, and a good chunk of the unreleased waves of animated. Are there any particular repaints or retools that had been hinted to be coming out, but never did, that you would have loved to get your hands on? Uh, for Triceradon's part, they would have loved to get their hands on that solicited thrilling 30 night beat from reveal the shield jazz and reveal the shield downshift. Uh, that was, oh, I remember this is all becoming old enough that I'm like starting to remember it. Uh, but yeah, there was that, uh, that kind of aborted set of 2010 transformers. That was mm-hmm. where like, what was it? Blue frenzy or rumble was going to be in the tank. Yeah. The tanks um, were going to be in that line. Yeah. Like well, one of them came out. The other one didn't. Uh, I'd forgotten about Reveal the Shield Downshift because I was uh, I was looking forward to that one because that was a cool repaint of one of my favorite basics. Basics Scouts. That was that was a size class. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, there's there's plenty. I mean, the animated stuff I think is the stuff that I crave the most, and maybe it's because a bunch of it had been on eBay before anyone knew it wasn't coming out. Yeah. So there was like this window that that hurts now. Uh. I think I think that's a big one for me because uh, G two color schemes are neat, but like animated's like I was there for that, and that line felt in an odd way more so than a lot of other Transformers lines. Animated felt like it ended just a touch prematurely. 
Yeah. Uh, whereas, like, even Prime, I'm like, no, I mean, there were characters to do, but Prime felt like it had a full cycle. Like, animated felt like they were hitting a brand new stride with uh, with Rodimus and RC. And it's like, that's also where it kind of just went, no, but no, we're done. And, uh, yeah, th- those ones are, are going to be the ones for me. That, that are just, like, if there ever had been a notion that Fun Pub was going to do Omega Supreme out of something, that would have been it. But they never once made the overture, and then in fact, but like, oh no, if we were going to do any of them, it would be uh, the friggin' Scorponok, whatever his name is, it doesn't matter. That that uh, that invalid uh, action master, I'm, I'm just sour about that. That uh, I remember I was talking to someone who knew some stuff, and I was like, yeah, like that... That um, uh, Cybertron Menasaur kind of looks a little Omega-ish, right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's gonna, that, that would probably make for Shattered Glass Omega Doom. And I was like, yeah, but no. D- d- no! That's not that's the wrong one! Make the, the good colors first for your, your thing. Anyway, uh, I'm making hand gestures no one can see. Um, Aaron, do you have any that, that popped to mind of, like, uh, retool or redeco that you, you were kind of waiting for? <sighs> Retools and redecos... Man, I mean, we we've seen a lot of stuff almost come out along the way. I, I I can't think of anything that we haven't touched on. The stuff altogether was wasn't there um, in alternators? Wasn't uh, what was the Megatron was going to be? Uh, oh, like a full size SUV. He's, he was going to be very bi- a very big car. In yeah, that scale. like a Cadillac Escalade or something that they had done up. Yeah, and, and was it not that they just couldn't like the, the fact that he would have been that large was kind of the thing that also I think ended it, that, I think that, it was the idea? size and it was like that and what was it there was another one that they showed off that they were like basically this one was ready for production and oh, then Megatron uh, would have been was that like the Rumble Frenzy or no 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 the one that was the original Jazz wasn't it like the no. the, the Porsche Jazz but Porsche nixed it no. I, rem- I, I remember of? there was one of the bot cons where they had some of that stuff on display, and they had another one that was like, "Hey, this is." It was like a a mid size retool, and then like Megatron, and it was it was like right after they had announced that Alternators was done. This is uh, I I can't remember I mean, anymore. I can remember I can remember seeing like cobbled together prototype. That yeah. was this from, is how big it would have been. That was from 07. Uh, yeah, that was... When... Yeah, 07 at the Hasbro Tour, because they had, like, Bumblebee w- that was their first, like, um, like their first concept thing, because they had put together yeah. a Volkswagen Bumblebee, and were like, hey, this is what we can be doing. And yeah. then Volkswagen was like, uh-uh. Because that, that was the thing Alternators always ran into, was it, it had the most problems getting approval from uh, car companies, and also it had precisely one price point that was not able to move. Yeah. Like, they couldn't shift the price point. It was like, everything has to fit into the same price point. Um, that 07 thing is reminding me of another couple figures I wish had come out, which was the unmade 6-inch Titaniums. The mm. uh, RC and Cosmos. Oh, yeah. Because uh, that Cosmos especially looks really freaking cool. Uh, as I recall, anyway. And I, I want to say there was an RC there. Maybe I'm wrong. I feel like there was a G1 RC with those six-inch titaniums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, re- I remember a G1 RC. Okay. Because that, yeah, those two at the time were extremely exciting. Like, better, probably better toys of both have come out since, but I would have really liked those two to have happened just to, to be part of the timeline of those characters. 
Um, TJ, what about you? Any uh, retools or redecos that, that never came out that you wish had? Oh, we kind of—it sounds like we strayed into just like what anything didn't come out. The the titanium was kind of yeah flipped right into my mind when when someone said it was, well, when we started talking about O seven, but yeah, uh, like like figures themselves that didn't come out, I would kill for someone to actually make that Marauder Megatron from animated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that that was a, such a like a such a smooth, beautiful little triple changer. I'm upset we never got anything like that. Uh, yeah, but like closer to the original, um, there's a lot. There's a lot of those that I kind of feel like if I wanted them to come out, it was kind of as a goof. Just mm. like I, I, I just would have found. I would have been amused if it made it to the shelf. Uh, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think now. Like I, I remember back in the day. I saw that they were going to do uh, one of the Universe two packs of Smokescreen and Drench. Yeah, using using hot using Armada Hotshot and Wheeljack. And I actually liked what I actually liked how they looked in those colors. And like, there was part of me that was really upset that that pack never happened. There was another universe thing. It might have been universe. Maybe it was a year of the. Remember, there was going to be. Um, I think we all called. There was going to be an, uh, from Energon Optimus and Energon Megatron, and we called the Optimus one Santa Prime when it showed up on eBay. But the mm. the Megatron oh, the black was black all... and green. Yeah, yeah. That black and green was Megatron, right? The black and green one. Yeah, yeah. I wish to hell that thing had come out because I think that's the best color scheme that mold ever got. That also never came out. Uh, the Galvatron colors are cool. But that color scheme was just like, you know, it was sick. It was it was wicked. It was uh, it was tubular. It was lots of other '90s words. It was just very cool. Um, and I wish that had happened. God. I'm looking through like all the unreleased stuff, like the unreleased gallery on TF Wiki now, and some of that, some of the stuff they came up with was almost just why, how, also give me, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like they came up with like. Like there was a weird things like like the Megatron triple changers that became Skywarp. Oh yeah, like, with that weird vehicle stuff. mode. Yeah, uh, like um, they you know, like they designed a Megatron that could become Galvatron. Uh, I'm looking through now. They wanted to do Universal Horror Monsters, which is hysterical. I don't like that. That would have been fun. <laughs> Like oh, a Dracula who turned into a bat, like just literally. It was just too soon because now they have the system in place for all the crossover stuff. Well, the system, you know. Oh yeah. I think the one I would have loved, like if we're talking like revising history here, would have been the Chrome Dome repaint for RC. Yeah, that would have because that would have changed. I think that would have had a big ripple effect because we would then, when the fandom was formulating into what it is now, we would have had an idea of an existing RC toy in mind. And and that might have changed even just in a subtle way, like a whole lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm looking at that page too. There's a lot of the live oh, action... Li- live action redecos are the, like because uh, I was gonna say this this is it's in here and I was gonna throw this one in at the end. Remember Unite for the Universe, that Optimus who was gonna come with uh, a jet like Jetfire armor and then like the Crab Megatron but in normal colors. Oh yeah, yeah. And they they had gotten oh, yeah. as far as doing artwork for it and pushing there was gonna be fiction and then at the last minute it just ceased to exist. And it was like, what the hell happened? Uh, 
and I think we know. I think we actually we all looked it up way back in the day. But yeah, that was that's another one. Uh, Unite for the Universe. Uh, oh, I, oh, I forgot. I forgot about Buffalo Dump. Buffalo Dump sounds really familiar. It's it. Look down at the concept art in that unreleased toy gallery. All uh, right. It was a it was a concept called Motor World where the vehicle modes had animal parts. Oh right, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is one of those ones where I kind of wish that some third-party company had just gone, like, when Fans Project was doing the retro future stuff, I was like, Buffalo Dump, let's go. Yeah, I would have loved, I would love a third-party company to just go through this page and just start making the random stuff. Yeah. Like, there's Mm -hmm. a triple changer in here with a dinosaur mode. Make that. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, a couple companies jumped all over T-Beast, unfortunately, you know, in in a way that made people who worked on T-Beast get uncomfortable, which was sad. Uh actually kind of put me off of some of those toys um but yeah all this all this kind of like concept art stuff like i was just it it's ripe for the picking if it's stuff that's like old enough that it probably will never get made <clears throat> like it's all still ip infringement but like you know if you're gonna make buffalo dump or, or big bang like that that seems like less of a thing that you're gonna be treading on uh I, I mean, the trans tech designs, I would love to see more of those realized in the physical. Like, yeah, yeah it's been oh, long yeah. enough. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, at some point, we're going to just start, like, narrating this entire page. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of cool stuff. That, the, the, the nice thing is a lot of it still eventually finds its way out there. Like, uh, that uh, the brawn from first edition uh, Prime Bulkhead eventually found its way to Cloud. Yeah. Uh, so you know, these things, some of this stuff will find a way. We're never gonna get. Um, what was the redeco of Voyager Bulkhead from anime? I was gonna say Banana Attack Bulkhead. That's not what it was. <laughs> it was the Bulkhead who had brown stuff on him. Uh, like the mud, like the mudslinger Bulkhead. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That one's never coming out. Uh, I'm gonna. I, I would. I would. I would stake a, a solid dollar on that. Waiting for Goldfire Grimlock. I forgot about Goldfire Grimlock. <laughs> Wasn't there a period where there was no D, so it was Golf Fire Grimlock or whatever? I don't remember. That's been a long time. I remember saying Golf Fire Grimlock on a podcast at some point. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, some folks out there have some of those animated toys because they did go for the eBay auctions. So, you know, grats to all of you, you bastards. Uh, but also, thank you, uh, Triceradon, for the question. We've got one last one here. Uh, from Arufonsa, which uh, which opens with a very sweet anecdote, um, which is uh, to say, once again, I must thank you for responses to my previous questions. They were heartfelt, respectful, but very good advice I intend to follow. Today, I have two new questions, both of which I think will be very positive. As of sending this message, both my significant other and I are off to TFCon. This was sent in uh, late October, so that would be TFCon DC. Uh, 2019. The convention where we both met. We had both met at the TFCon bar, and it was after my friends had left to go pass out in the room. I stayed behind hoping to spend uh, a bit more time decompressing and enjoying the atmosphere when I needed to use the restroom. I didn't want to leave my drink unattended, so I went to a nearby table full of people and asked if anybody would watch it. A small form stood up proudly with hand raised high in the air, followed by an assertive declaration, I will! Uh, I left my drink with this bright pink-haired guardian and returned shortly. I sat down with the group and watched as this drunken goblin took shot after shot of tequila and their arms flailed in the 
air with every other sentence. It was a fun night with good people, and as we parted ways, my alcohol protector grabbed me by the face and complimented my nose. Uh, the next day in the dealer's room, I was looking through a bin on the floor when suddenly our hands met, and we noticed one another on the opposite side of the bin. Immediately, their arms flail as they look at me. It's you! And I say the words that I am told are the words that made them fall in love with me. Oh, you do that when you are sober. Uh, we are celebrating four wonderful years together, surrounded by the things we love most this year. And uh, I was wondering if uh, any of you had great convention memories or stories of meeting friends you would have you would have forever or cementing friendships you already had. So I just wanted to read that story because I thought that story was tremendously sweet. Uh, I, I also like the various different descriptions in there. Um, I need to remember Drunken Goblin and uh, uh, Alcohol Protector. I like those two. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have I have bajillions. We've all been to a number of conventions over the years, so I'm sure we all have a bunch we can throw out there. Off the top of my head, I would say uh, getting to know Aaron by just being at the same bot cons for a number of years. Yeah. Because uh, still hard. haven't shook him. Yeah, it's hard to remember a time before podcast Aaron now because there's so much of podcast Aaron. But uh, we we've been hanging out since like what oh three. Um, um, had to be the TF Gen 3 thing. Yeah, probably. Because, uh, 2000, 2001, and 2002, I was uh, not very social because I was also a baby. So, uh, yeah, so 02, I gotta, I gotta sit here and go and look at a list. 02 was Fort Wayne. I just kind of dropped in on that one. O three was oat fuck doing those two. Hey, it's a good thing you didn't swear that you were just reading phonetically yeah. a bunch of words there. That's why um, I didn't have to go bleep it. And then uh, pa- the Pasadena Botcon in O four. Yeah. That was the big one because that's when Peter Cullen was there for the first time, and it was the best ever. Um, yeah, this was baby Peter Cullen. And then, yeah, I wasn't in Frisco at 05, but then it was, yeah, Lexington, Rhode Island, Cincinnati. That was wonderful. Um, totally didn't almost get shivved 8,000 times at that convention. And then, yeah, Pasadena, Florida, where everybody almost died due to Florida. Uh, yeah. Babies. We weren't hey. born there. We didn't yeah. know how to deal. Neither was I. You adapt. <laughs> we only had a few days. They yeah, we, made us walk through the Florida to get from the hotel to the convention center. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's. I, I'd say most of the people that I know through Transformers have more so come about from conventions. I mean, my fiance has. You know, I mean, we. We chatted some around the boards beforehand, but like it was really at the conventions that we'd become friends and then post other relationships going away that that was able to become a couple. So, yeah, it's hey, it turns out that when you go to a convention based on a common interest, you find people with common interests. Yeah. But also, Transformers conventions have one common interest. TJ, you've been going to MetroCon for, like, uh, what, 80 years or so? Uh, Approximately. Yeah, and that's one of the... And and I I have a small parallel to this, and I've been going to Con Bravo for a little bit, which is a much more open-topic convention. And uh, in those ones, like, I feel like those ones you have... 
how do you put this? You have stories that are a lot more based on the people first, if only because you don't necessarily have that identical touchstone. You're just all there out of enthusiasm, if that makes any sense. Mm. Uh, something, yeah, because it's not, oh, we're all here because of this one thing. It's, you know, it's a general convention for anime, gaming, and such. So everyone's a nerd, but everyone's there for different different things they nerd over. Yeah. But uh, have you got a? Have you got a? I mean, I know you have lots of Metrocon stories, but uh, yeah, I feel like I'm <laughs> cheating here. Uh, like we had just talked about, what was it? The one where you interviewed a sex pest voice actor who got angry that you didn't remember how to pronounce his complicated last name. Uh, no, no, no. He got angry because I made a faux pas and got his main character's name wrong. Oh, right. It was actually more petty than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was after it was after that where he like the insistence was say my name, say my name right now because he wanted to make sure I actually knew who I was talking to. Well, I mean, hey, guess what? It turns out years later he's a dumbass who had a crowdfunded internet lawyer, and now he owes someone else a whole pile of money. So, <laughs> what goes around comes around. Don't tell people angrily and for serious to quote say my name. Uh, that's just poor, poor form in general. I mean, like, you're you're right. I have a truckload of stories and good memories. You know, I've like I've gotten to talk to Kevin Conroy. Batman. That mm. was amazing. Like, I got to walk on the stage and have my name announced with my theme music. That was one of the coolest moments of my life. Mm. Uh, I don't know. There, like you said, like, there's hundreds I could rattle off. Like, this... Like, this, this Metrocon... No, this Metrocon, I talked to a girl for... Like, I've, I've talked to her for a few years now. Mm-hmm. Like, because she was, uh, like, she was staff, she was staff, so, of course, you know, we ran into each other, but I, at Metrocon, I'm always, like, hi, bye, because I'm always running off to do something else on the schedule. Mm-hmm. So, I finally had a chance to sit down with her, because she's been trying to get me to just sit down and talk for literally five conventions in a row, and, yeah, she's, she is absolutely amazing. Mm. Like, genuinely one of the most inspiring girls I've ever met. Yeah, that's the thing about about regular conventions. Like I, I find that with Toronto TFCon, where it's like there's people that you only see the one time, but you've seen them the one time so many times, it becomes a like, hey, we got we got to meet up. Okay, maybe next time. Uh, yeah, and it, and it gets really weird when you realize, like, man, we've been saying maybe next time for like three three years in a row. We got to do this. We got to. T- mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I am trying very hard to be better about that. If I've run into somebody, you know a billion times i was like no 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 we we got to sit down and actually talk like human beings this time you hmm. know like you know like we're clocking out at this con at like six can we go get dinner before the staff party or something yeah like just we, we need hangout time so i know you as a human being for once and that that's the unique thing about a convention that's in the same location uh or at least same city uh, every year is you you can have those that different kind of friendship and and relationship form where it's it's just it's familiar faces it's like we're, you know when you if it was botcon if it was uh american tfcons it's like we're all converging on these different locations and there's a different energy to that like you're kind of wondering oh i wonder if everyone's going to be here this year or i wonder if you know uh yeah. or, or part of what's on your mind is the travel getting to this new place and it it, it can kind of it doesn't mess up the social interaction it just it adds another thing that can distract i 
find. Yeah, like it's a very different vibe when it's the same convention hall every year, and you know, you you, you get the same atmosphere, you get the same people, you get the same general like, oh right, I'm here again. Like mm-hmm. I will I will joke like I will joke with uh, some of the people at the con going like this is this is this is home for me. I just sleep somewhere else the rest of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Like at TFCon, there's staff who's like, like I just I know them as folks from you know TFCon staff, but I've seen them so many times. We're basically pals, and it's like I'm like we mostly just talk like in hallways or <laughs> or uh, if if I'm if I'm doing a panel thing, uh, and it's like all right, Michelle's running the panel room, so when I go in there, I'm gonna say hi, what's up, Michelle, and we're gonna have some banter, but I'll, I'll do it in front of the crowd because I think that's fun. Uh, yeah, there's, there's obviously like the more conventions you go to, there's so many, so many stories. Um, like, yeah, the, like I think that off the top of my head, like one of the the longest lasting uh, friendships I got out of conventions is definitely Aaron uh, and several other TFW people too. But uh, Aaron was was there early on, and Aaron did not disappear at any point uh, for any prolonged amount of time. So you got lo- you got was it tenure. Yeah, uh, you got you got that fandom pal tenure. Uh, I was thinking of any other like like goofy stories. I got I got a I had I had one pop into my head from Disney World from Florida BotCon, which was uh, that venue was just really it wasn't weird. It was just kind of surreal. Like my mom and I, my mom came for that one. We got in kind of late. It was like after midnight, but the cafeteria was still open. So we just like went down to this cafeteria, like kind of didn't really see any. We kind of avoided any crowded areas. Just went to this, this deserted cafeteria and had had like uh, a, a half past midnight dinner because it was open. I was like, all right, this is a really weird start to this botcon, but I'm into it. Uh, and then there was what was it? There were all those roving areas because because there was no centralized lobby because it was two different buildings. Yeah, and I remember at one point uh, I had been stalking around, just meeting up with whoever, hanging out with whatever crowds, jumping from crowd to crowd until it was way late at night. And then I realized, like, at some point, I was like, wherever I'm going, eventually, about 20 meters away, I see the Scott McNeil pile, like, (laughs) move through. But the pile keeps growing the later the night gets. And I'm like, it's interesting. And I never, I didn't really talk to him at all. I just, like, at one point was, like, tip of the hat. But I was like, yeah, I inadvertently followed you around all day either that or you followed me around all day uh something watch your social watch your your social your social uh mass uh consume more people as it went by <laughs> uh oh that See, was, that's hard sorry sorry good good i was gonna say that's a surreal one because he because of metricon he has so many people in florida that already know him right so it's like he just he was dragging chunks of metricon around with him Essentially, uh, like he he's literally back in Florida three weeks after that for Metrocon. <laughs> yeah. Also, the clothes he was wearing in Florida, I was like, "How are you wearing leather and a hat in this weather? It's, it's oh, impossible." He, oh, he came to Metro one year, like the year I decided to cosplay the one time I came as Baron. Yeah, like with the the red and the black long coat. He was wearing a leather long coat. Yeah. For like an entire day, and I'm like, how are you not dead? I got, I got, I think we, I got evidence that Scott McNeil doesn't actually use his pores anymore. Like, there's no way that those things are in use because they, he would be dead from them filling with ooze, <laughs> wearing a leather hat and a leather jacket in Florida summer weather. But 
you know, science will will answer that question. I had one other one that I, I was thinking about this a couple days ago because this is this is a weird anecdote. This is from an earlier botcon, uh, but after two thousands, it might have been oh seven or after 07. It was when I was legal age in America. And I was hanging out at the bar, and I was, I'd was i already drunk a whole lot, but going to Bacons early on was funny because in, in, in Canada, you can start drinking at 17 or 18. Uh, in Europe, same thing. So me and the Europeans, when we were between the ages of 18 and 21, were often left outside uh, because it's like, we're like, but we want to go drinking. And it's like this, this country we're in is like, oh, you're too young. And we're like, but I... Okay, we'll go to the room and drink then, I guess. Yeah. Uh... But there was one time when I was hanging out at the bar, and I'd been I'd been getting getting a lot of leftover pitchers from people, which is to say, like I'd get handed a pitcher that someone had half finished because they were about to pass out, and they're like, "Take this," or uh, "This burden someone, is now upon you." Someone like got me a pitcher. I barely paid for any drinks, so I was just hanging around the bar, and then eventually I re- I was just jumping from crowd to crowd, and I realized at one point I was like, I don't know who any of these people are that I'm sitting with. And they aren't talking about anything that I know about. They're certainly not talking about Transformers. And I, like, looked around, and I was like, nobody in the bar anymore is from BotCon. It was, like, one thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all the Transformers people aren't in the bar anymore, but I'm stuck in a crowd. How did this happen, and why are they looking at me like I'm supposed to be talking to them? And so I basically got, I was looking around, eyeballing the room, and then the moment no one was looking at me, I very over, I was overdoing it, because I think I was like, I don't know, I was trying to stealthily leave the room, so the moment no one looked at me, I kind of like, got up and like, Looney Tunes crept out of the bar. And then, like, ran up the staircase to the elevator, and and I felt like, yeah, I escaped! And then I went and fell asleep, and I woke up the next morning, I was like, why was I fleeing the lobby? Because there was no one there that I knew. That was a weird thing to do. Anyway, uh, that was my story. Uh, I, I somehow I somehow transplanted from group to group enough, I ended up with a group of people who were there for, like, a sports event or a wedding or something. Uh, and they had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> uh, anyway. Our last question for this podcast, second one from Adufanza, is about the anime Quad S Gridman. Uh, quote, both me and my partner saw the truly ridiculous amount of Transformers references in the show and thought, well, we have to watch this. Sadly, neither of us are big anime fans, so while the show was very good, I found I just couldn't get into it and was disappointed by something. I guess I was hoping all the Transformers stuff would pay off in some major way that honestly would never make sense for the show to do. So my question is this. You are given a TV show or anime or something. The ability to put in heavy Transformers references, how would you go about it and would you have it pay off somehow? Also, were you kind of hoping Gridman would do something with all his Easter eggs as well? Uh, thanks as any as always, Click Deru. Uh, I still haven't watched Gridman. Uh, I really want to, but I'm waiting for the hype to die off in my brain because I talked about this before. It's a thing. If everyone tells me to watch something too much, then I have to wait for a while. Or when I watch it, I'm just thinking about how everyone wanted me to watch it, and it starts to feel like work. Um, so I, I actually I, I have not seen it yet. I know a lot about it because of Twitter. Uh, I wasn't expecting that Transformers stuff to actually result in any kind of Transformers things, um, just due to who owns Gridman. Uh, I thought it was cute. I thought it... I, I was of two minds about the discussion I saw of, like, is there too much Transformers stuff in Gridman? And I was like, I was like, there's a lot of it, but also it is all color schemes. So, like, at, at what point can we call that too much? Because then you're starting to say, like, make sure your color schemes don't homage too much stuff. Which is honestly how I would do Transformers references, I think. It would be color schemes. I think it's a great way to do it that's like, 
it doesn't it doesn't stop the entire show to say like you know on a meta level hey audience member i know the transformers it's just like you know here's some color schemes that are familiar maybe if there's a character who's a lot like a transformers character you give him a that transformer color scheme maybe even give him like a i don't know a hat or something that's kind of in a certain shape just to make people go like hey is that supposed to be skids and you're like i don't know who that is but yes uh i think that's how i do it i wouldn't have it pay off or anything because then my show would have to be transformers i think <laughs> but uh i don't know what about you guys how would uh, did either of you watch Gridman yet i can't remember anymore because so I many haven't. people watched it i i watched a little bit of it i am up on all the tr- the transformer elements that they crammed into it yeah uh i, I, I still really want to watch it it sounds like it's up my alley it's my kind of thing yeah like i love well i love samurai squad as a kid and mm-hmm. so, like, I absolutely want to sit down and just go through Gridman, but I've got so many other shows that I have piled up that I haven't really watched. I've got games piled up that I haven't played through. It just keeps kind of falling to the back burner over and over. I'm just waiting for that moment where my brain's like, I want to watch something, and I want to watch Gridman. That's when it's going to happen. Yeah. Like, uh, I like I didn't expect any kind of payoff from all of that because, you know, legalities of it. Yeah, just Optimus just walks in. But, it's like, what's up? I'm here now. <laughs> no, he, like, all I would have done, all I would have done if I was in control of that situation, the one girl who was based on uh, Shattered Glass Starscream mm-hmm. and actually had a hair clip that looked like a force chip. Yeah. Like, the only thing I would have done would have been, like, some scene where Gridman's just getting, just getting annihilated. Just take that out of her ca- hair plug it in like a USB drive, and that's where his next upgrade comes from. Oh, yeah. yeah that, would, that would be cool. Like, that that's another thing that, like color schemes, it's like, they're doing a thing that is in theme with the show, but hey, if you know what that thing's from, then hey, we're nodding at you. Yeah. Uh, I saw a lot of people who were like, I don't want to watch this Gridman if it's just a bunch of Transformers references, and I was like, I, as far as I know, it really is just color schemes and then, you know, excited fans. And the excited fans aren't in the show, they're on Twitter. So, like, that's that's not really a valid reason to want to not watch a show. Is that the color schemes remind you of Transformers? In my opinion, anyway. Yeah, uh, but you'd really you'd really have to know Transformers to actually have it distract you in any way. Yeah, and and like, like, I there's, was, like there's literally nothing about the show that has anything to do with any of it. I was saying to someone at one point during all that, I was like, I was like, listen, I haven't watched the show, but I and I did. I asked someone because I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to assert this. So tell me if I'm wrong. And they said, no, you're right. At no point in the show does the show like stop everything to go like hey i'm in the colors of shattered glass optimus prime Mm -hmm. anyway it's like it's just those are the that's the color scheme that's all um tj if you were to stick transformers references into something what would you do i mean it's a hard like it's a hard line to cross between like to between like Okay, what's too far and what's subtle that you're looking at? Like, I think Gridman did a good job going for something super obscure, especially in Japan. Hmm. Uh, yeah that that's a great little that's a great way of doing it. Um, there's part of me that would want it to be something a little bit more overt, but then you get into legal territory. Like, yeah, it is. It's an interesting dance of how far is too far, as far as like what you can work in, right? I thought of I mean, something, but I'm going to save it for afterwards. I just I just thought I, of something while you were saying that. 
Uh, a payoff, I should say. I thought of a payoff that legally works and would be would be maybe cute. Uh, it couldn't be the actual plot, though. It would have to be a no. side thing, like a, a kind of a gag. Yeah, like, like literally, like, color scheme is about the best way to do it. You know, because we have a lot of Transformers who are defined by a specific color scheme patterned a certain way. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean the number the number of times that a game or a show has had a truck cab pulling a trailer where they're like, what if we make the cab red and the trailer gray with a stripe? Yeah, all you the know? time. Yeah, and it's real messed up when it's a game where you can blow the truck up because then someone blows it up and you're like, you just kill. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Aaron, what about you? Any, do you uh, do you have any other ideas of how you would homage Transformers? Were you in the creative leadership position? Uh, just keep pitching Transformer shows. Yeah, you're just like, hey, this is a real fun show to work on. Anyway, yeah. I got this pilot. <laughs> yeah. Keep talking to uh, Jim Hasbro, uh, and eventually... You know, hey, Jim Hasbro, we're doing some good work over here on uh, Real World Season 28, but I also I got this pitch for Transformers. Yep. Like the, like the Real World, but it's Transformers. Hello? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we've apparently got a cartoon coming from the same people who got their start using a video game for animation. Yeah. So, you know, it's not impossible. You just got to know the right number, and you got to know how to how to woo Jim Hasbro. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's I got an idea. This is how you have a payoff: is you have something because I was I was thinking the other way outside of color schemes. It's still kind of color scheme related, but if you're going to have like any vehicles or objects in a show that happen to have been a transformer, you just make them the transformer version of the object or yeah. vehicle. Uh, but what if you have a show, right, where there's always like, for instance, a red truck pulling a gray trailer that's always kind of kicking around the background, and you, you just always have people like, kind of like looking at it now and then, and not really acknowledging it, but clearly also acknowledging it silently. Uh, that at some point in your show, in your story, there's like a, 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 a t- the town is under attack or something, or someone, something bad is happening. And then some side character, some other side characters who don't really, maybe they have names from the credits and they've had like two lines, but you see them like, oh no, they're in the line of fire. Then the red truck comes pulling in and you cut away. Uh, and then when you cut back, like they're fine and they're waving goodbye to the red truck as it's driving away. And so you're just implying like, yeah, maybe that was Optimus Prime or maybe that was just a heroic truck driver. Whatever happened, it was off screen. <laughs> and it it happened entirely <laughs> to background characters, uh, but those those are the most endearing uh, ones to do that kind of stuff with. I think. Um. Anyway, thank you for the question, Arufansa. Uh, I hope you had a good time at TFCon DC. Uh, and uh, we're gonna do uh, our closing topic, which, as always, right now is what else we got this week. Uh, I had a thing. I'm turning my head every time I'm talking to look around. I thought I had an off-topic thing I really wanted to talk about, and now I don't remember anymore what it was. So uh, while I think about that, Aaron, any off-topic stuff on your end you want to talk hey, about? Hey, I did. Um, actually, so our uh, um, audio receiver for the Entertainment Center had kind of been giving up the ghost. Um, it just, like, no matter what we were... Like, listening to, we'd only get, like, three front speakers. We'd never get our surround uh, sound going. And, like, we've got 4K consoles and a 4K TV, but that, you know, wasn't passing 4K through, so it wasn't really working. 
And, you got that one uh, K sound going on. Yeah. Well, no, it was to the point of like we could, you know, if, if you've got 4K coming out of uh, the PS4, but it's going through something that's only HD, it can't push 4K out the other side. You know, mm. it, 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 the the PS4 goes, oh, you're slow. Here's the slow version, and then. Aww. You know, the TV's only getting HD. So, uh, we'd kind of been talking about it for a bit, and um, with the pre-Black Friday sales, uh, one that we was in the range of what we were looking for was on a decent sale. So, we went and got that, and I installed that last night, and I hate whoever wired my speakers for this one, and I see them in the mirror every day. If they're uh, a listener... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he's on the show. He snuck in, um, oh. but it's 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 an issue of um, two of the speakers were wired so that the striped uh, wire was in the positive, and two of them were wired so the striped wire was in the negative. So it was a case of like go to each speaker. Okay, where's the stripe? Okay, the stripe's on positive. All right, now I'm sitting here like halfway jammed behind the entertainment center because I don't have enough slack because uh, it's like running down into the basement, across to under the basement, back up through the, the basement door alongside the the trim underneath the carpet. Like it's run so that it's not a trip hazard or just like I have one friend who wired his rear speakers where it just goes up to the ceiling and across the popcorn ceiling and back down. Um, yeah, so, like, I did it, like, you can see all the wires, but it's much more contained, and so it was a matter of, like, okay, get that one in, and try and trim up lines, but got all that done, got everything connected, turned on the Xbox, and the Xbox sends a signal to the receiver, and the receiver goes, oh, I should wake up, hey, TV, wake up, and so then it all, like, comes up together on one button push, rather than having to hit three different things, because HDMI can communicate like that when you have modern stuff that'll communicate like that and so then also like I can turn the volume down on the TV and because it communicates even though it's not sending audio to the TV the TV says hey I, I got told to turn it down and pushes it back through the entertainment center mm-hmm. through, through all of that so it's all like technology working the way it's supposed to so you're uh, all caught up to the year 2015 with your uh your connections and everything? Uh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, actually. <laughs> but no, but we've got seven point one sound again. So sound comes from all around us. Um mm-hmm. it was it was one of those things that was like long overdue to get, but had always just been like kind of back burner. And uh I've I've not worked less than forty five hours in a week for three months. So it was like, hey, this that and Omega Supreme was like let's just kind of like upgrade a few things that needed upgrading and reward myself some so away we go. Oh uh, yeah, I, I think you did well. Like if if uh, if the person who reviews people upgrading their cabling was going to ask me, I'd be like mm-hmm. that. Aaron, that Aaron did a good job. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, I remember the off-topic thing I got. Uh, I'm trying to find you guys 
a nice image of it so it's easier to talk about. But I, uh, I've been, I, I'm always getting, uh, you know, candy toy stuff from Bandai, but, uh, I, uh, I, I got my, uh, Shodo O Common Rider Wave 1 in. Uh, I'll put this into the podcast thing. Um, the, uh, the, the, the thing I did that I, I didn't realize I did until it already had gone through and was paid for is I had actually pre-ordered it twice because I forgot I'd pre-ordered it once. So I have a lot of extras to get rid of. <laughs> uh, but Shodo O uh, is Shodo Outsider. Uh, so this, they, they've got a second one of these actually that just came out already. I'm going to wait for a bit because it doesn't seem like it's moving that fast. Uh, but it's like a bunch of just uh, antagonist Kamen Rider characters in the current Shodo style. So you get another Agito, you get Kaiza, you get Shadow Moon, and you get the Gel Shocker President. Uh, and then an accessory thing. So it's kind of done in the style of... Um, the Shoto or Chodo now Ultraman stuff, where there's a fifth box that has a bunch of extra parts for all the other figures. That's neat. So you get like you get like Kaiza's uh, active weapons. You get another Agito's uh, an alternate set of scarves that are billowing. You get the RX swords that Shadow Moon had. You get another alternate head for the Gel Shocker President. So he has three alternate head or three heads. And then, uh, and then you get uh, <laughs> my favorite bit is little diorama pieces. You get these two pieces of white. Um, railing with uh, different parts you can peg onto them to interconnect them or have them end in a, a kind of like curved piece. And it's the railing that's like on the side of the road in Japan that is often seen in the background of shots in Kamen Rider shows. So it's just some stuff to, you know, to, to decorate your display. Anyway, uh, don't order two boxes of these because one box comes with two sets. So I have three extra sets of them now that I am planning to part out and sell at my toy table when toy shows happen. Except for the Gel Shocker President. I'm going to sell one of these as a full set, but then the other two sets, I'm just going to take the Gel Shocker President so I have a copy of him with each head. Um, all ready to go because the Gel Shocker President is just a plastic robe with a collar that you plug heads into. Okay. Uh, I'm I am okay with a lot of decisions in this line. I'm okay with that as a decision. I think it I think I'm not okay with the robe and two of the heads just being packaged as a figure. I would have much rather seen the Gelshocker president as the thing with the bonus diorama pieces or something because he is just a stick and uh the the idea that that he is the same cost as any of the other figures it's spread across the wave obviously he just really is hard to digest <laughs> there's nothing else to have done with him uh, i just wish he had been presented as a large accessory rather than a, an actual figure um the other ones are all kind of cool like like uh, shadow moon and kaiza both have different hip articulation systems uh that let the hips get some extra motion another agito as far maybe i'm missing something he doesn't seem to have it so he's got kind of limited leg articulation between his hips and uh the things on the back of his his legs preventing his knees from bending very deeply um he's the nicest looking but probably the the weakest of the posable figures but uh it's a good wave second outsider waves already out it's got horse orphanock and, and oja in it and other favorite antagonisties um so i'm gonna grab that sometime but i'd like to just grab that off mandarake when i can get the set of five because i don't want to get a box again because then it's another like splitting a box even is like all right how do i split the combined shipping like i don't just let me buy it for cheaper in the first <laughs> place uh i also got in my my first set of uh of zero one um 
Soto figures, but I haven't cracked those open yet. So I, I'm not sure. I'm expecting them to be a categorical improvement yet again on the last year's thing, because that's just what they do. And I've been following the candy blog, so I know there's improvements. Uh, so I'm very excited to put those together once I get the chance. Um, but yeah, I feel like I said spoilers for something else earlier on in this podcast. Now I can't remember anymore what I said spoilers for something else and then talked about an off-topic thing I got. So uh, I'm just going to pretend like it didn't happen. TJ, let's get over to your end. Any off-topic stuff you really want to talk about uh, in this episode? Man, I, I don't know why I knew I would need to hold back a little bit from last week, but I did. So I do have one thing that I can talk about. All right. And I have prepared visual aid. So a couple of weeks ago when I was over at my favorite little comic book shop on the opposite coast, among all the random things I found, uh, I happened onto a Valkyrie from Macross 7. Ooh, yes. Who this... looks way more interesting than usual. Is this the, the kind of DX Bandai one? Like the plastic toy one yes. from when the show was on the air? Uh yeah, this yeah, this is like the the full size plastic one. Yeah, this, so. this was I think when the show was airing, this is this was put out. Uh Macross 7 is where this is from. Yep. So, uh the, what caught me was that it's called a stealth Valkyrie, but the vehicle mode does not look anything like the usual jets that they that I know them for. Mhm. Yeah. So it's just like this super beefy stealth bomber looking thing and it looked absolutely awesome. Yep. Uh, that is, that design, have you seen Macross Plus? I have not. Okay, uh, that design became, or it's it's related to the VF-22, if I recall correctly, from Macross Plus. Um, I'm trying to remember what the name of this thing was, if it was a 21, or was it the YF-21? Anyway, yeah, it's from Macross 7, uh, and I, I have heard that that old Bandai toy is neat. I have I haven't actually messed with one before. Yeah, uh, it's mostly the same as a lot of those older Valkyrie toys where you get decent enough articulation above the waist and then below you you get knees, you get thigh swivel, but you desperately need something in the hips besides forward motion. Mm-hmm. So, oh, it's a VF-17, so it's not directly the 22. It was like it was... Um... It was alongside the 21, or the 22s. The 21 is the one from Macross Plus. Okay. Uh, I, I educated myself in all this last year when I suddenly had an interest in Macross toys. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the uh, that one that you got is the, I think, Nightmare color version. Or no, Night- Nightmare Plus was a different one. This is the Nightmare. Yeah, the 17S Nightmare. Um, there's also a bright red one. Uh, and a, I believe a solid blue one. But yeah, uh, I still have to yeah, watch like- that show. <laughs> I know this is one of those toys where it felt like the box was kind of beaten up, and it was just kind of sitting in a random spot that had nothing to do with anything around it. So I was just like, "How? I want to know how long it's been sitting here," because it just seems so out of place. And it was a really cool design, like like even like even in transformation, like there's a lot of stuff that's kind of typical for the Valkyries. But, mm-hmm. like, the chest transformation's a lot more involved. So, uh, he had those those little points that put him just, like, above my standard, like, oh, well, that's that's what this does kind of feel for that toy. Yeah. Um, being a Macross toy, would you believe me if I told you there's a really complicated, expensive version that Yamato made back when they were still around? Really? 
in multiple color schemes. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll send you a link in case in case you ever want to pursue this. The thing I should mention though is I believe one of the I believe one of the seventeens had a problem where like the shoulders explode. Um, oh, that's not good. It might not have been the seventeens. I just know that when it comes to this era of Yamato stuff. There's like a certain, sometimes it's even just certain colorways where you don't want to buy that one. Uh, oh, right, the two triangles. Uh, that was a thing. Um, I think this one, if this is the one that has the super fragile bits, uh, there were shapeways replacements made for it. But basically, it's like the one you got, but way fancier so it can match the line art. It's probably not as fun as the one that you've got. <laughs> No, I do. I do find that when they get overly complicated, it does uh, does get a little bit frustrating to play with. I, I don't want to play with anything where I feel like I need to be very careful because this goes beyond just a play thing and crosses into the line of investment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, especially if you get into into the scaled macro stuff. Like it's all really cool, and I, I'm I'm happy to have, have picked up some of it, but. Uh... You need to do some research, especially when it's Yamato stuff, because Yamato slash Arcadia, like, sometimes there are just inherent things that you should know about before you start looking into them. Because um, in your case, like, you're looking at it as a, as a toy first, but, like, I think from the show, it's, like, with the line art, the show would, like, mass shift stuff a lot, and the Yamato version attempts to accomplish that um, for the sake of, like, a sleeker jet mode and etc. cetera. Uh, but I always thought this toy, like this, the the old plastic Bandai one, like looked like a playable, fun toy. Like I, I, I always wish I'd picked one up. I just never saw one for the right price. Um, but you got the good color scheme. I like that color scheme a lot. Yeah, color scheme's really nice. You got the nightmare color scheme. Um, do you think you might pick up any more? I know there's at least one one other colorway of that figure specifically that you got. Um, not particularly. I think I've got the color scheme I like best out of all the other ones I've seen. Hmm. So I, I don't, I don't feel like I'm going to be upgrading or multiplying this one anytime soon. Macross figures for me, like number one, you have to get beyond the he looks like Jetfire thing in my brain. Hmm. And then you have to do something a little bit more interesting. Like I've had a Macross figure before that went outside the norm. Yeah, and I I did li- I liked it well enough, and then kind of got bored of it. So it's it's one of those it's it's one of those purchases I make when I have to be like really into what it is doing. You got to just go for like the really weird ones. Like I I ended up really liking the look of the VF four. That's a super weird looking thing. I'm gonna find you a picture. The VF four is like. It's from a video game, if I recall correctly. It's either from a video game or from like a music video, but. Yeah, here it is. This is the kind of thing I like to pursue. Like, the 17 is kind of a, one of these sort of things, too, where it's like, it's a weird-looking Macross thing that doesn't look like a VF1, or it doesn't look like a VF30. Uh, this thing has, like, it turns into a robot with gigantic shoulders, and, like, his arms are not part of the gigantic shoulders. He's just a weird mecha. I don't know, I like him. Um... I also, I, you, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to, but I think that I am on reflex trying to send you lots of pictures of expensive, rare Japanese toys relevant to a nice thing that you found for an affordable price. What are you do? What, what are you doing to me? I'm just trying to share, share the, the love, share the Macross love. 
uh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, I love I love the seventeen. I, lo- I I like how it's like a VF one, but it turns into a triangle. Uh, there's there's going to be a day where I just have to declare bankruptcy, and when someone asks me a reason, I'm just going to say a Canadian made me do it. <laughs> yep. Well, you know those Ford brothers were never very good at what they do, and they they wrecked the budget. Oh, you're talking about me, right? Um, I will uh, accept that uh, that kudos. <laughs> Uh, anything else off topic on your end you wanted to hit up? Nope, I'm done. All right, then uh, that will bring us to a close for this episode 576 of WTF and TFW. Thank you all for tuning in. When next you hear from me, uh, I will probably either be at or have been at PAX Unplugged. So look forward to the Omega Supreme Transformers TCG card that I'm sure is going to be in the making. Uh, also, I haven't practiced at all. And I have four decks I'd like to practice, and I have less than a week left to do it. So that's going to be interesting. You got but this. I got this. Uh, I'm really set on a major shockwave deck. That's going to be one of them. I just don't know if that's going to be the main main one. But uh, I got to try a couple other things. I built a thing with with Hot Rod and Springer and Daring Escape before I found out that that's becoming a thing. Daring Escape, at least sometimes with Springer. So I might I might just nix that deck. It seems like it's already. It's already that that whole concept is getting shredded to pieces. Uh, so I might just leave it alone. But I, I have decks still that I'd like to try out. Uh, anyway, yeah, we will talk to you again later on. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Aaron and TJ, for joining me as always. And uh, to all of you listening out there, until we meet again, until we speak again, uh, enjoy yourselves and uh, stay safe. Yes. It means, but you got some badass perpetrators that are here to stay. What's in disguise? I don't know what that beat means, but you got some badass perpetrators, they're here to stay. <laughs>